guys. Welcome to another beautiful episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 205. Hallelujah. Thank you, DC Fandom, for giving us everything we ever wanted with the Snyder Cut. Thank you so much. All of our dreams have come true. Thank you, Zachy B. I love you. Zachy Snyder. I don't want to say B. Hey, guys. I don't mean any of that shit. My name is Ryan Eliopoulos. I'm joined by one of the best buds in the world, Sparks Witty. Hey, hey. Brandon T. McClure. Hello. And Benjamin Magnet, the DC Hello. Fandom biggest fan. So did you guys hear the uh, the secret chord that David played in Please the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll talk about Boy. that in like seven hours. Boy. I knew I recognized I knew I recognized that from Watchmen, but I wasn't sure. Oh, I recognized Boy. it like immediately. And I'm like, oh Zach. Boy. I at first I thought it was a fake trailer. So we'll okay. it, we're, we're not there yet. We're not we're there not yet. yet. Yeah, we're not, there. we're not there yet. Two hours. But we are talking about DC fandom for the topic, but we've got a bunch of stuff to get through. Real quickly, before we get into kind of what we did this week, I want to say there are two links in the description below that you guys should be looking at. Uh, Ryan did his downright annoyed. I did. We talked about Dark City, the director's cut, one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. And to punish my friends, I picked one of the worst science fiction movies ever made, Gods of Egypt, which is directed by the same person. So you get to see how someone makes the best movie ever made and the worst movie ever made in their same career. And it's just like, it's glorious. It's glorious. Is the Gods um, of Egypt is that the one with Gerard Butler and uh, yeah. Jamie Lannister? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As Egyptians? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I also I also wrote an article for our website uh, that is up right now. That's just about my feelings about the Earth One line that DC has been putting out for the past uh, eleven years. I did not realize because I read your article because I was curious about oh, Earth you. One. I did not realize that that first book came out that long ago. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been. That it doesn't long. feel like that this long, but they really are. They're not really. They're like it comes out when it comes out. Who cares? I'm like right, yeah, about right. Um, so that that that. That article is down there. That, uh, and if Ben gets his article up tonight, uh, that'll be in the description below as well. Um, take a look. See if it's there. Who knows? Um, and I continue to have nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You're just, you know, you're reading comics. You're having a good time. I'm, I, I'm existing. <laughs> there was another thing that I Isn't wanted that to bring up. I'm doing right now, Sparks. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was another thing I wanted to bring up, but I totally forgot what it was. So who wants to get into their week first? I'll go first, because it's another banger of a week, you guys. Uh, let's just talk about the comics I read, because that's basically mo mostly what I did. So we're all reading a bunch of X-Men comics. Um, I read Wolverine and Cable. Did you guys read Wolverine and Cable this week? Yes. Those yet. are the only two I didn't read this week. Shame, because both stellar books. Um, what else came out? Empire X-Men came out this week. That was a fantastic finale to that book. Uh, emotionally impactful in a way I didn't expect. I love it. Yeah. Bringing characters from uh, other other books that have never been introduced in the 616 into this book. Very cool. Um, I would I love well, that book. I would, I would go so far as to say that's probably the best event tie-in I've read in, in years. It's, it, it's so fun. Like, it's just like, it's aliens and zombies fighting each other. Like, it just, it sounds I was so wondering... I was wondering if they were going to do the whole thing with the with the zombie meeting the dude. I was yeah. wondering if they were going to do that. If like they were like had the foresight to know that this person is resurrected on Krakoa, what would that be like? And they did, yeah, right. and I was like, yeah. "Hell yeah!" Yeah, and I can't I can't believe that the whole concept basically came from someone in the X Men writers' room being told they needed to make an Empire tie-in, and they were playing Plants vs Zombies on their phone, and then they just <laughs> yeah. went, "I have an idea." So. Uh, <laughs> I told about I told him this in the in the comic store, but the the way that this four issue um, Empire Time was written, 
every 10 pages, they would pass it to another writer without telling them what they were doing with the story. So it was, an, it was just 10 pages of buildup, of buildup, of buildup until you have Ileana becoming a demon lord. And then just it keeps getting bigger. And like the event's over and Ileana's still this demon lord. She's like, I'm going to rule the world. And then, psh, oh, never mind, back to normal. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, comics are so fun. Um, X-Men is great. I'm loving all of it. Um, there's a new vault comic called Shadow Service coming uh, that just came out. It's about a um, a witch private investigator. It's about a world like a world of magic, and this lady is a private investigator while also being a witch. Like Jessica Jones meets like magic shit. Um, it's really cool. I definitely recommend checking that out if you want a new number one. Um, besides that, I don't think I did much with you. If we did, I'll talk about it. You'll talk about it. Um, the the DC fandom got me in the mood for the Batman because you know what Batman's pretty cool, you guys. So um, I I a couple weeks ago I downloaded all of the Arkham Knight DLC that I never played, and there's two years of really good DLC that they put out for that game that I never touched. Um, so there's like there's all these AR missions which are just combat challenges. I love combat challenges, and then there's the like Arkham episodes which are there's five actual story missions of like Batgirl, uh, Harley Quinn, Dick, uh, uh, Robin, and Red Hood. And they're like two to three hours of just like story uh, before, during, and after Arkham Knight. And those are all really well made. I only played the Batgirl one and I got kind of into the Harley one. Um, but they all play differently and they're all fun. The problem is I haven't played Arkham Knight in five years and they don't mm -hmm. give you a tutorial in those DLC things. Right. And they already start you with the hard enemies. So the first encounter, I have dudes with the blue things and the red things and the yellow things. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I died immediately. Because uh, that's some hard-ass combat. You got to do the the blocks and the parries and the misses. And um, I got it, and I got back into it. It feels great. Um, I'm really excited for that Gotham Knights game. We'll talk about it later. But like that stuff Arkham Knight, where there's dual takedowns and dual playing as characters, you play as multiple characters. That stuff is excellent. So in the um, one of the DLCs, I forget what it was called, but it adds levels to the main game with Killer that's Croc, Mad Hatter. For me, so that is. That's in the main game. So yeah. I think I'm actually going to replay the whole main game again because it just it adds it to the regular story intertwined. Yeah. So I kind of have to play the game again to get no, that you story. Can, you can start it. You can start it now. If you went in and oh. start new and start uh, from the uh, from the end of the game before you did Nightfall, you can still play those levels. My uh, my save was deleted. I have to start a new game. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, no, I was going to do that. But also, like, the combat is so fun and like i'm just really feeling a batman game and i'm not getting one for a year so i'll probably just replay it again um because man that still looks great that's still like a good looking ps4 game i'm i'm when i'm past last of us it, there may be a time where i decide to go back through the arkham trilogy yeah um i played asylum and city a lot those i played both of those games multiple times and arkham Knight only played once so i don't feel as bad going back into this one because it's not as fresh but uh yeah man like that DC fandom really got me in the mood for some Batman, and there's a lot of good Batman stuff out. Yeah, man. I think that's it besides the downright nerdy thing, uh, and I don't even know if I did anything with you, honestly. That's me. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. I didn't have a lot to, to contribute this week. I did play the Avengers beta uh, just a bit. I just played the first mission. Uh, that's all I could get through. Um, did you beat the, like, the, just to beat the first story, or, like, you play all the yeah. characters? Okay. Yeah. Like, um, uh, you played up through, like, a day, but not the part in the next part of the story where you take over Hulk and Kamala, yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. Like 30 I, minutes, yeah. I started that, but I didn't finish it because we had a birthday to get to today. And so I just sure. didn't get there. Um, I really quickly want to talk about my thoughts. I had a lot more fun with it than I thought I would. Just like, well, why don't you uh, play it more with us? Cause it's actually fun. <laughs> I, I uh, found the only character I just didn't enjoy playing was Iron Man. 
everyone else I had a really good time with. Yeah, only yeah. because that one section is you're it's on a camera. You're not actually yeah. playing as Iron Man. Once you actually play as him, he's my favorite. So he's the, great. Uh, I, I think this is a good time to talk about because Ben's going to bring it up too. Um, uh, I was talking to Ben about it while Ben was doing the solo campaign earlier today. Uh, I was doing some side beta missions uh, while he was doing it. And I was telling Ben, because Ben's like, man, because uh, he got to the part past A-Day and he was playing Hulk. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't really love Hulk's jump. And I'm like, you got to run. You got to run and jump. And he, and I explained how you have to run uh, in the game because they don't tell you in the beta. And they that's don't. what mm -hmm. is, uh, uh, it, once you get far enough, the end of the beta before the multiplayer stuff is actually opened up to the you harm is the harm room where it teaches you how to play. And I'm like, this is bad beta construction. It's two hours into the beta before you because, get tutorials. Because yeah. then I'm like, oh, I know how to play Iron Man now. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. how to play all the characters now. <laughs> there's like there's parries and there's shield stuff that they don't teach you in in that first mission. Um, that you have like you you aren't gonna be a good player. Like once you get to difficult stuff, you have to be more tactical. Like it's a lot more tactical game than people are giving it credit for, including me. Because like I watch the videos of people who are like level fifty. Uh, there's not that much content in the beta, but people are playing this beta like it's crazy, right? So people are getting like level fifty, and the combos I'm seeing are like I didn't know that was even possible. That's really cool. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. super cool. Uh, Iron Man is straight up doing like Devil May Cry combos in the air where like he shoots, 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 punches the guy in the air, flies towards him, punches him, knocks him to the ground. I'm like, that's great. I want that. <laughs> Just beta doesn't give you that initially. Right. Yeah, yeah, I want I, I really enjoyed playing as Thor. I thought he was a little clunky, but I did enjoy it after I kind of got the hang of it. Um, Black Widow, Hulk, and especially Captain America, I had a really good time, really good time with playing. That's what um, Batman comes and oh, now yeah. I got now I got to say uh, to those of you saying that Captain America is dead, they wouldn't build an entire character model with a new fights with a completely different fighting technique just to kill him. They wouldn't show, show you. He's so obviously not. They wouldn't not show dead. you ten alternate costumes that you can purchase if that character exactly. Was I, in in, in it, like in defense of the game, I don't think they've ever tried to tell you that Captain America is like dead, dead. It's just the incident. Yeah. I don't happens. think they've been trying to trick you into that. They're just the Avengers believe he's dead. Yeah. Yes. He's definitely um, going to show up probably at the end or midway yeah. through. Yeah. I'd say midway. Yeah. I would say one third, maybe. You think so? Yeah. I mean, yeah. for Captain America, they're, they're, I mean, that's going to fill out the roster. Either a third or halfway through the game, he's going to be a playable character. This game also looks like it's going to be a lot longer than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. By, by a decent margin. Um, ben, share some of your thoughts from the beta since yeah. we're talking. So I, I, I enjoyed the beta for the most. There were parts of it, like at Furka's. My uh, my bias or not my bias, but my little dislike of playing as Hulk actually came through through the eight day sequence where you had to jump on the trailers and it was like those jumping parts. But oh, I had a really good time with those, honestly. I had, I mean, at first I'm like, okay, this is cool, but then there was this one jump for some reason I just couldn't land because I didn't know where I could land and where I couldn't land. I, and I know exactly what you mean. That did happen once. Yeah. And I just and, kept and, falling and through part the problem thing. is you didn't know how to run. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then later I, I on, had the same problem. So. Yeah, and then one later on, uh, Sparks and I were talking. We're on a, a voice chat party, and I was and he told me how to run. I was like, "Oh no, John Hulk is actually pretty fun." And the boss fight with Abomination was actually pretty fun. I had a Dude, really Taskmaster uh, and A Bomb. Like that's what yeah. I'm excited for. Like I, I love Taskmaster and fighting him is cool because like he just like that Spider Man fight. He learns your abilities. So you can't keep doing the same moves. Mm -hmm. uh, that A Bomb fight turns really cool. Uh, where he like he's exploding radiation. You can't get near him too much. Like it's cool yeah. stuff. Like the only part where I was like really like sitting there just like shaking my hands like yeah, this is a beta Ben just this is a beta they're gonna probably gonna fix it is during the Captain America fight scene because I was having a fun time playing as Captain America but when the dudes with the shields came out there was a prompt saying 
hold L and circle so you can vault over. And I'm like, I was doing that, but I kept dodging instead of vaulting over. So I'm like, how the frack do I so you have to You have to hold circle yeah. to go over them, not press it. No, uh, I was holding it. Okay. The, you, have to, you have to do the directional, like, on the sh- like, you press yeah, on. I, once I realized how to do it, like, you have to, like, go right into the shield to, yeah. to get to, to start. I was like, okay. I just felt like, because I was trying to to try and vault over to these shield guys and not, like, shield, like, dudes holding shields. Yeah. To try my and only complaint, my only complaint about Captain America is that you just can't free throw the shield. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Every character has a left trigger, right trigger throw ability. Yeah. I tried a couple times. It wouldn't let me, but I, I probably just did it wrong if that's the case. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if like parts of the beta just got like screwed up because yeah, I've had that problem. Ryan's had that problem. So like, I played where the... we tried to do things and all of a sudden it's like that didn't go the way it's supposed I've to. I played that opening three times, right? The first time mm-hmm. on PS4 was completely broken. It was a beta. Every five seconds a game of chug or freeze. Uh, and that was the stuff I recorded for the podcast. So I had to delete my save and restart because it was unplayable. And the second time it was great. I did it again on my PC because my PC is much better than my PS4. That game looks stunning. Also, the beta runs like shit because it's a beta. And that's unfortunate. I That's my biggest fear is that there's going to be millions of people playing this game at launch. And if the game runs like it does now, that's a serious problem. There was one two weeks. There was one major glitch that I encountered in my playthrough that I had to restart a checkpoint is right after I went from Hulk, I took control of Iron Man and Iron Man did like his big arc reactor blast. And, and then Maria Hill pops up and says Avengers, except now the gameplay was working fine. The audio on the other hand kept clipping. It was like a yeah. broken record, and all you could hear Maria say was "Avenge, Avenge, 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 Avenge" over and over and over it again. All the time for me too, Bennett. Yeah. Uh, if you watch our multiplayer beta, there's a part where we're doing a mission for Maria Hill, and at the end we beat the guys, and then we're just wandering around the room because the game doesn't actually go on to the next part. It acts like there's still enemies in the room, but there's no enemies it's a beta. anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't trigger the. Oh wow. Yeah, so so I replayed that by myself, and literally, as soon as you beat that guy, the mission ends. So we walked around for ten minutes, and that mission was should have been over. Like it's a beta. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, like you guys said, it was a beta, and I knew I was playing a beta. It's not done yet, but I really hope that they do fix it because I was having a good time. Like I actually, I really enjoyed playing as Thor. Once I got the hang of Hulk, I really enjoyed playing Hulk, and Kamala was actually really fun to play. As. Kamala, dope, dude. Uh, yeah. so, I never got, uh, I never got the chance to play as Kamala. She, yeah, she, I think you're really going to like her, Brandon. Um, Kamala is my yeah. highest level uh, mm-hmm. in the beta when I was playing earlier today. I gave her a whole lot of new combos, and she has so much uh, variety in the way she can use her moves. Um, I, I'm wildly entertained by it. I, I think that the game has problems, but overall, I think that the game's potential for cool combos and, and the the way you get to use the characters your way, your choice mm-hmm. uh, matters a lot and plays really well. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, doing, uh, like doing the sorry, like doing a thunderclap when you're the Hulk was just so satisfying. And even when I was when I first started playing the beta as Thor, um, there's like, hey, you can throw Mjolnir, but you have to hit L two mm-hmm. to summon Mjolnir back. So I'm thinking, right. hmm. So I threw it, I punched a guy, and then I summoned it back and it knocked another guy out. I'm you like, can leave oh, the hammer. Yeah, that, that's freaking fun. Yeah. That is Just cool. You could throw it. You could leave it behind for minutes. Because I, I, because again, I replayed that for you. Don't play Thor for a couple minutes, but like when yeah. you throw it, I left it there and I beat all the dudes. And I was just like, will it come back to me if I don't do anything? Nope. You got to call it back. I'm like, You're hell cool. yeah, great. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I 
I'm really enjoying it. I, I think that the multiplayer experience will be really fun for you guys when you're able to get to it. Um, yeah. I think that, that you guys will really enjoy it. I think it's something that we could all enjoy playing together mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I will say like uh, another cool like combo thing that I got with Hulk earlier today was, uh, you know how he does like the charge smash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I upgraded that thing two more times, which leads to if you hit triangle multiple times after that first charge smash, you just pound the shit out of all that's around you for, for, for a did long I, time. Did I talk about the pin particle stuff on the podcast? No, you did not. Okay, so I talked to him about this. Um, again, one of the cool things like you, you have to get further into the game to know, if you equip enough PIM technology like a uh, gear that has pim tech your enemies shrink so oh. so yeah so uh i was doing a, like the hardest harm room challenge and i just got a bunch of new stuff and i was punching a robot and a little meter's building up with a little uh, pim particle thing and i beat him and he goes zoop and he shrinks to like 25 percent the size and i'm like oh ah! <laughs> <laughs> like hulk has this radiation thing where like if you hit him with enough radiation they'll, they'll bleed radiation damage like all those characters have stuff and there's a lot of depth mm-hmm. it's just you can't show that stuff in the beta because it's the early game. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is like late game stuff, and they can't show you that because then there wouldn't be much of a game if there's not much in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I think this was a smart way to do the beta. I think more people are excited than before before this. I know at least most of us are. Um, yeah. We'll we'll see. I think I think it's gonna the, the launch might be rough. Most of these live service games are rough, but the thing is, it is a live service game. It's going to be supported for years. In in a year from now, we're going to have like five new heroes. And the nice thing is, like, you always have the choice of going at it without. Yes. Without engaging the online, without engaging the live yeah, service. You can, do so you all, can just all do it solo stuff. Your characters, your team, your way. And you you do not have to engage with the multiplayer. You only have to engage with it if you want to play with your friends yeah. or whatever. And if you that do it all solo. That actually sold me on a game we'll talk about a little later. Cool. cool. Um, if you do it solo, all the all the level stuff of your character, like those characters, come into your single player game too. So it's not just like a random Hulk. It's the Hulk that you've been leveling up. So right. It's not just random. Yeah. So like it seems like, hey, if you want to do the solo, like it's a multiplayer game, but you can totally do it solo. It's totally yeah. fine. It's just like I definitely want to play with some friends because I know a live service game gets kind of boring after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's be clear. Some parts of it are solo. Some parts of it are oh, yeah, designed of where course. you yeah, cannot like, invite. Yeah, like again, like the beginning of this game, like there are specific solo missions that you have to play by yourself. But um. This is this is made to be multiplayer. It's supposed to be going for years. Um, let's just let's let's hope it's good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, um, I'm still 100 sold in it, but I did enjoy it. I'm probably gonna wait a little while after let's once more reviews get in, um, and if like the reception is still good on it, then yeah, I'll probably save up some money and get it. I, I don't people- think. Even though Ryan and I pre-ordered it, I don't think either of us are going to like dive deep into it in week one or week two. Because I don't want to, distra- I don't want to get rid of all the content immediately. Because I, right, I did that with Destiny and I beat that game in a week. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, me, I can't do me that. personally, like if you guys are going to be interested, in it, I'm cool with like kind of battering around with it, but not doing a whole bunch until you guys are ready. To like we do Dead by Daylight, we just yeah. play together every once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, um, so Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, so I also, I did this last week, but I totally forgot to talk about it. Um, and I feel bad about that. I watched the remake of Fright Night again uh, last week. I hadn't seen that movie in quite a while, probably since theaters. Uh, but I recently bought it on DVD and I, I decided to pop it in. We watched that last October. For a Halloween thing. Yeah. We watched both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that movie is awesome. I think that movie is I... really good. Uh, this is Anton Yelchin, David Tennant. Uh, Harold, I... Imogen Poots and, and uh, it, Tony Collette. Hell yeah, Tony. Tony Collette. And it, it sucks that David Tennant didn't get like a, a fun little movie star role out of that. Not like a big A-list star, but like more movies would have been fun uh, after that role because he's really good in it. 
I, I honestly wish that they had done like uh, the true proper sequel, not the straight to DVD thing they did, mm -hmm. but a true proper sequel that brought back Anton and, and David Tennant. Yeah, uh, because because Fright Night Part Two, the original, is really cool. Uh, I it's really his, really isn't like it. Like it. the vampire's wife? It's the, no, it's his sister. His sister. It's the vampire yeah. sister, and she recruits an, uh, a team with like a werewolf mm -hmm. and uh, like a necromancer on it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this is dope. And she's like specifically targeting him now. Uh, it's it's good. Fright yeah. Night could work as a TV show, I think. Fright Night could work as a TV show for sure. Oh man, yeah, that's a cool franchise. And speaking of cool franchises, I finished Saw 4, 5, 6, 7, and Jigsaw. Oh I have now seen all of the Saw movies. I am ready for Spiral. Bring it now, on. Saw, Saw. None of, those, none of those movies are two hours long, right? They're all pretty short, right? Oh, pretty short. Okay, I, I remember. I'm like, I'm hoping they never got into like crazy territory. Like, this one's now three hours. No, so the the uh, final film, not Jigsaw, was Saw 3D, now exists as Saw, Saw the Final Chapter, uh, which is Saw 7, was supposed to be a part one and a part two uh, as, as this like finale to the Jigsaw saga that the um, the writers have been building since four because they there were new writers after Lee Winnell left and they, and they wrote all the movies after. Right. Um, so you can definitely tell because the way Saw 7 ends... With the whole, like, actually, Carrie Elwes has been there the whole time, even though he hasn't been in these movies since one. So, so yeah, so, so Ben, the, the guy who escapes getting killed at the end of one turns mm -hmm. out to be the villain for the whole franchise. And it, yeah. oh. for me, for me, fucks that whole thing. It, I, it, that, that is, that is such a, a out of left field, like, wow, this is such a twist, huh? I'm like, I, I I'm lost. It ruins it ruins the first movie. It ruins that first movie a lot, and I mm -hmm. like that. I, that first movie is excellent. First movie's um, great, but that's 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 how I feel though. Um. So four. So after. So at the end of three, the replacement Jigsaw is dead, and Jigsaw is dead, and that's the end of three. And then four pops in, and you got that detective guy. Four reveals that the detective from the last two movies is actually one of Jigsaw's accomplices. Yep. And he's going until and now it's just him until seven. And then when it's revealed that Carrie Elwes was responsible for the whole thing the whole time. Yeah, the guys who came in for Saw 4 clearly wanted to make Jigsaw a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like one of this one of the weirdest things about four is that four actually takes place during three, but it doesn't make any sense if it does, because then it just complicates Jigsaw's plan wildly out of control. Again, it ruins that 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 first movie's like central premise of like this dude's trying to get he's trying to make people understand that they've done some bad shit in their life and maybe yeah. he's not doing the best thing either. But right. like it's it's hey man, it's like a it's like a morality play, like the worst type. And the further you get, it just becomes gore. Like it loses it loses any type of of premise or like reason that this was happening. No, that was at a point when nobody who makes horror sequels gave a crap about like logic or continuity <laughs> or sense they're just trying to go scarier and bigger and grosser but here's the thing about saw is that it actually is continuity obsessed because yeah. they are they are are like damn sure going to feel everything it's fast and furious for real right it's like what was that envelope that so like the amanda gets an envelope in three and she starts crying and you're like oh it's probably from jigsaw and blah blah, blah. and then four you revealed that actually that letter 
was written by Hoffman, the de- detective Hoffman from the third movie. And that's why she cried. And then in five, you find out what the letter actually says. It's, then, it's a lot of, it's a lot of retconning to just fit whatever they want to do at the moment. Yeah. Um, and Hey man, people, it has its fans, but it like, does. and my girlfriend is one of them and she loves them. Yeah. And then, um, man, like I, and th- those kills again, like those saw kills, they're all still dope. Like they're all still yeah. really inventive, especially the three D one. Um, that stuff's really fun. But like it the story, I don't care the, anymore. The issue with the saw films is we stopped caring about the people in the traps. Yes, they were. They ended up becoming the B plot, and so you don't care because they're not characters we care to follow, which they are in one and two at least. Um, and then six, all of a sudden, remembers like, oh shit, we're supposed to care about these people. Um, so then six kind of tries to rectify that. And then seven again, tries to rectify that. Now jigsaw the reboot or the, re- it, or the, what is what? it? What is it? What is it considered? So, Cause that's the one I haven't seen. It is, it is considered a, a reboot in the same way that Jurassic world is uh, okay. force awakens is like you're restarting the franchise with a new installment. It was supposed to launch a new franchise. Um, however, the twist in that movie is that this other guy was also a jigsaw informant from before the first movie. No, that's that's weird. That's so bad. I hate that. <laughs> so bad. And they did that because they didn't bring in anybody from the previous films. That's so bad. And so the, he was supposed to be that guy was going to be the new jigsaw, going to be, do another, and then they were going to do more. So I'm like, you know what? Honestly, that would have been all right if I hadn't seen that same twist three movies ago. That's unfortunate. And then <laughs> so, Spiral. I know, I'm so excited for Spiral now. I hope it's I'm, good. I hope it's as good as the first one. I don't remember. I don't remember that trailer at all. Do we know? Is this taking place after all those movies? Yeah, Do we it's know after. That? Okay, it, it is, is after. for sure. Yeah. I thought it would be I more really... if it was like a side story of like it happened during the first movies, right. and it's just some detective going like, "What the fuck is all this? This is crazy!" But no, no it doesn't sound that interesting. Now, Carrie was being an, uh, an accomplice to Jigsaw the whole time. It would have actually worked if they had set it up at least a movie ago. Yes. At least before before the reveal. But they didn't because Carrie Elwes hasn't been in the movie since one. So, Brandon, there's a fantastic uh, YouTube video where this guy interviews all the people from Saw about the stuff from the movies. And uh-huh. not a single actor can remember anything from any of the movies, showing that none of them know what they're doing or care at all. You should look it up because it's Carrie Elway's never getting a single thing right about any of his character stuff. And it's just like, oh, wow, that's a paycheck. All right. Great. <laughs> I really hope Carrie Elway is in, is in Spiral, especially how because because Jigsaw would have also worked if it was like Carrie Elway was the was the the villain. Uh, yeah. I called the twist coming like halfway through the movie, though. Um, but then uh, so that would have worked. But then Carrie Elway being in. Spiral would just be really cool because it's like, oh, there's a cult of Jigsaw, and that'd be interesting. That could redeem Carrie Elway's story if if he's in this new one. I'll allow it. Yeah, um, that's but that's all I did this week. I was just watching Jigsaw movies. I got a lot to say about Jigsaw guys. <laughs> I got a lot to say about the Saw movies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all, that's all for me. Was that first one James Wan directed? Yeah, it's really good. Man, what what a good what a guy what a good guy. Yeah, I like the movie a whole lot, especially okay. considering how bad the sequels are. Yeah. Uh, who Who's wants next? To go next? Ben, I, I guess it's here. here. I guess me. I have been voted to, to go next. So my I went back to work a uh, full week of work this week, so I wasn't able to do 
hardly any of the stuff I was when I was uh, under quarantine. So like no Animal Crossing, very little video games. But what I did manage to knock out, I was able to finish all of Umbrella Academy. So I'm completely 100% caught up. So woot woot for that. We're going to do a fake nerds watch. So I'm prepared, ready to go. And on Wednesday, and also been watching uh, more of uh, Legend of Korra. Fan oh, and I are on episode sorry. Real quickly, Ben. You said Fickner's Watch. We have a Lovecraft count- Country oh, Fickner's yes, Watch right, right, right now for the first episode. That is up now. You can check I, that out I on the channel. I if it didn't come up before then, but yeah. Yes, we have that oh, yeah. up. Check that out. That's right. You, that's, a, you guys, that's a great uh, show. It's a episode great show. two came out today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, yeah. Ben. Go ahead. No, no. So, fan, we're on season two of Legend of Korra. We're about halfway through. I'm still not ben, the same. How do you feel about bloodbending. Yeah. No, but no, that's actually more season one, but no, blood bent. No, because you finished season one, I mean, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. But yeah, Legend of Korra, I'm loving it. Fanny's enjoying it. There, it's, it's one of my favorite things is that we're watching this and Fanny's asking me questions. Same with when we were watching Avatar Last Airbender. And she's like, hey, what happens there? I'm like, can't tell you. It's a spoiler. And Brandon left. Bye, Brandon. I'll come Bye. back. He'll be yeah. back. Yeah, he's probably it's probably just a internet thing on his end, but yeah. So, uh, who's the villain right now? Welcome back, Brandon. Who's the villain of season two? I forget. Um, Sparks, you're on season two, right? Uh, I finished season two. Okay, yeah, it's um Korra's uncle, the chieftain of the Northern Water Tribe. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It's, did, I'm you guys, have to... did you guys not disconnect at all? No. 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 It was just you. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else? What, else, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Korra, halfway through. It's awesome. I love it. Fanny's enjoying it, which makes me happy. Uh, on Wednesday, another show, because I was trying to jump between Umbrella Academy, Korra, and a Netflix documentary series that just dropped on Wednesday called High Score. I watched so bad, man. Tell me it's which good. Which is all about, oh, it's good. It's good. And actually, it ends at an era of video gaming that I didn't think it was going to end. I, so, saw the, I saw the episode title, so I think I know what it is. Yeah, you think you know what it is? I think I think yeah. I looked through... It's 10 episodes, right? Uh, six, actually. Six? Oh, six, okay. It's it's fighting yeah. games, right? Uh, No, it's not. Oh, just kidding. Never mind. I'm a liar. I'm a liar! You're, you're Damn it, Ryan. Get, Ryan, get off the podcast. Um, But the funny... The thing I actually did do enjoy about High Score is that... I mean, they go through the, the big notions. Um, One of the biggest omissions that they didn't talk about was the... Uh, Magnavox Odyssey because even though that's widely considered in the retro video game community as like the first console that's not the first true console ever home console ever made because if you brought home a Magnavox Odyssey back in 1973 or 70 early 70s if you brought that home it also came with uh, peripherals that you would have to put on the screen so it was like hey let's play the hockey game you have to get the hockey screen and put it on your TV which would yeah. stick to a stat clean and about other games that you had to use along with it so even though it's technically a video game system it wasn't really a video game system pong either cuz pong just had the one thing the first ever true video game console was the Fairchild Channel F and that was also due to the fact that um, oh, I had his name committed to memory. It's the gentleman who first created um, video game cartridges, and it's Jerry Lawson. And he's uh, he's also a person of note because he's also an African American engineer, and he's the first one to create uh, video game cartridges for the Fairchild Channel 
for the Channel F, but the thing with the Channel F is that it failed because their parent company had no idea what to do in the video game market, whereas Atari, because Atari came out a few months after it, and they had a 2600, and that flew off the shelves due to name recognition and essentially better games, whereas Fairchild didn't know what to do with it, and unfortunately, Jerry Lawson's story was lost to history until recently. Because they actually bring his family, his son, his daughter, and his grandson onto the show, and they show the a Channel F console. So they're giving him his due. And they, he straight up says, like, yeah, after Atari, after Fairchild went under, that story went un, went went by the wayside. Because even though he is a father of modern video games, because we would not have cartridges without Jerry Lawson. And I thought that was a really good thing. And throughout the show, um, they also mentioned some other neat little tidbits that I never realized like i never knew that it wasn't until sega genesis's madden at football 1995 edition where the players you actually had black players because beforehand they're all white because there was reason why is it was due to the limitations of the technology at the time all the players had to be one skin tone madden 95 changed that so now you have african-american players as well as white players that's dope that's yeah. that's it's documentary like they say that that's nice yeah it is um, so, uh that Fairchild bin came out in, in 1976 mm-hmm. it cost 196 dollars today that would cost 885 dollars <laughs> oh, i still remember okay so fun little fact when i was uh i went to frankenstein's as well on saturday and adam and i were just looking also i caught up on i i didn't catch up i got all the x-force books i was missing so now i have a complete x-force collection up to today and I was, when we were looking around, one of the video game uh, um, booths that we like had a Neo Geo console. They're selling it for 1500 bucks. Yeah. Bro, I can play that for free on my computer. Don't do I know, that. I know you can't, but this was an actual SNK no, Neo Geo I- console they had. And I was talking to Adam because I was like, yeah, well, I mean, well, now it's, of course, it's worth 1500 because it's a rare console. Hardly anyone has it. It's, it's something that diehard collectors go and nab. But then I just keep on remembering what Brandon uh, said when, uh, due to inflation, how much it, uh, that console would have cost back in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah. Um, also, keeping on to the high score, um, something that gave me a little bit of a of a spirit boost, if you will, was that I tweeted about it. I also I tagged the narrator, who's also the voice of Mario, Charles Martinet. He uh, liked and responded to my tweet. And then I sent him another tweet, and he liked that one. So I was like... Charles Martin, like my stuff, yay! So that, uh, gave, me, that gave me a little boost of uh, confidence. Martin is super dope because back when Vine was a thing, he had a Vine and he would carry Mario and Luigi figures around and just mm-hmm. make Vines of Mario and Luigi talking at just everywhere he went. And it's like, yeah. oh, would you like some linguini? Just like just just doing that all the time, and it's just like, thanks, bro. Yeah, even though he's as famous, he is the voice of Mario, but he's also the voice of Luigi, Wario. Uh, he did Donkey Kong for a few years. He's, he's a Mario people. Wait, yeah. Wait. yeah. Who's Luigi? All I know is Green Mario. I'll get you a book. Uh, green Tall Mario, thank you. Vegetarian you Mario. You've seen you that. Scared. You've seen that comic book, right? Where it's just like, Mama, why yeah. don't you ever remember my name? I'm a Sonic Green Mario. Green Mario. <laughs> a good one. Yeah. So, um, if you love video game history just as much as I do, it's also a really, really fun um, documentary that doesn't just dive into how games were made or what this, what the, um, how games impacted people's lives. It also gave you insight or to how the Nintendo world championship ran back in 1990, how the Sega rock the wizard. Rock. Well, I mean, they mentioned esports, but they really don't mention blizzard at all. 
No, The Wizard, the movie. Because oh. Super Mario 3 was... They actually don't mention The Wizard. They should. Yeah. That's hilarious. They There's should. a 90s movie called The Wizard starring yeah. um, the, guy, the kid from uh, Fred Savage. And it's a bad movie, but it's about it him is. competing at this Nintendo tournament. Mm -hmm. The movie was product placement for Super Mario Bros. 3. It like, was. Or Super Mario World or whatever. And no, so no, the, Super Mario Bros. 3, you're right. Yeah, so the, the movie introduced what the game trailer. It was a movie that and gave us... And, and like that, that is, it wasn't just for Super Mario Bros. Three. It was also a way for Nintendo to um, show off the Power Glove. Oh, the Power Glove! It's so bad. Yeah, oh, it was like, and because the Power Glove really was bad. It was an god awful peripheral. The Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, that kind of is like the thing. Although, if I ever see a Power Glove in the wild, I'm gonna ask to try it on. I'm taking a picture with it because I've never seen a Power Glove live before. Only on a. No, man. That thing is that thing is so cool. And if it only works, because that is like, yo, dude, like, yeah. hell yeah, Master Chief, whatever. Like, well, that would be so Nintendo cool. tried motion controls way back in the 80s and early 90s until the Wii came out, and that was long later. But yeah, high score is only six episodes. Each episode's about 45 minutes uh, long. It's really fun if you just, it's a fun ROM just to get, just to like, oh, hey, that's cool. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I would, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's really fun. And I, I, I know it's a limited series. I hope they do more because where they end, it's like you have so much more content to do with or with, with video game history to get up to like current games. Ben, did it? Does it go from like you know like 1970 to 1990? Yes. Or, okay, it, good. It, it, it goes from um the it goes from the 2nd generation up to I want to say the fifth, which I think that's the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Okay, cool. Yeah, they can definitely have another season. Yeah, I, I hope they do. I hope they do because there's so much more to go. Um, I don't want to spoil it that what about what exactly happens, but it's a really fun show. Highly recommend it. I'm gonna write a um, article about it. Hopefully, it's gonna go up tonight. And uh, like Lucas quote from The Wizard. I think he's like I think Lucas is the guy who who does oh. the power glove quote. He's like I love I the love power, power glove. glove. It's so oh, bad. That's an it's a it's a really bad quote. Yeah. That's a classic. But, but, Fun fact, they do mention Monsters and Mazes, which was the anti-Dungeons and Dragons movie that has Tom Hanks. Yeah. They mentioned that in their RPG episode, and I'm like, what? That movie's great because um, because it came out before Tom Cruise was famous, and then they repurposed Tom it Hanks. for the DVD. Tom Hanks, sorry. They repurposed it for uh, with a DVD that has Tom Hanks huge on the cover, and he's just like one of the characters in it. He's not the main character, but it's like Tom Hanks in this D&D &D movie. And I'm like, actually, it's a religiously funded anti-D&D &D movie about God. Ooh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I, I would uh, still like to watch that movie just, just for hilarity's sake. Yeah. But yeah, um, high score... They mentioned the big ones that a lot of people know. They also mentioned stuff that not a lot of people do know. They put limelights onto certain games that should have gotten the limelight. It's really, it's, I was enthralled. I was taking notes the entire time. There are times where it was really hard for me because I wanted to just keep watching. I had to rewind so I can get the names right. Excellent miniseries. Definitely give it a watch. Hell yeah. Is that it? And what else did I do? My internet I decided to be bad today. Oh. Uh, let's uh, see. Now, now they played some Bloodborne, played some Avengers. Yeah, that's about Dead it. Dead by Daylight with your did, homies. Did I play Daylight by No, I didn't. Oh, I wasn't okay. able to play that. Not this week. We did. Sparks? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, Brandon missed a couple things. He also watched a movie with me called The Spy Who Dumped Me. 
That was good. Yeah. It was better than I thought it would be. Um, we also watched uh, The God of High School, Brandon. Oh, yes, we did. I, I'm, I'm new to that. On The God of High School. Is uh, that the anime? Yes. Are you on, are you in on Anime Night, Brandon? Yes. Hell yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Proof. Uh, God of High School is really cool. The animation is... Brandon, how would you describe the animation? Awesome. Yeah. It's crackle yeah. acting. I, I really like the animation. What? No, 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 no. I was talking to you about, like, this is the type of animation I like to see in anime, not whatever they the did with Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, God of High School is really cool. Um, it's a Korean-made anime, but it is uh, it is essentially, it seems, though this it has, I have not confirmed this with anything, um, but to me it seems like this is very much into other people uh, online, that this is an adaptation, a modern adaptation and interpretation of uh, Journey to the West. Hell yeah. Uh, which is the tale of the Monkey King, which we're actually going to talk about more later in the episode, which is a Chinese tale. Um, but it's uh, it's really good. Um, so obviously, Dragon Ball being what it is, the main character is very modern, similar to Goku. This mm-hmm. is, to me, this is what Dragon Ball Evolution should have been. <laughs> At this moment in time, that's what I'd say. This is how you do Goku goes to high school right. <laughs> Um, uh, revolution. Yeah, uh, we did watch Lovecraft Country, Ryan and I, uh, and we talked about it on Fickner's Watch with Brandon. Just real um, quick, excellent show. Yeah, please, if you can watch it, please support this show. Yeah, you, please, you, please, please be support the show. Please go watch us talk about it. So I'm not going to say anything more here. Go watch it. That uh, I read comics. I read X Men. We covered X Men. I read all the Empire stuff that came out this week, so I'm completely caught up. That event continues to impress me. Uh, the Swords Swordsman one shot was really, really good. I just want to talk about it real quick. Yeah, so, yeah. This, so um, I forget. I forget the writer's name. I apologize. His name's like Alex uh, um, Pankerndell. He's got an interesting last name, but he wrote the the um, Celestial Messiah tie-in and the Swordsman tie-in. And the Swordsman is the father of the Celestial Messiah. This event, Empire, is all about um, Koi. This Alex, Alex, Alex Pacnadel. Pacnadel, thank you. It's all about Koi, who is this plant guy being destined to be like the leader of this civilization. But also, there's Doric, who is who is Hulkling, who is also destined to be the emperor of space. So you have these conflicting emperors, but also with conflicting ideologies. But what makes it so interesting is like, especially that swordsman, man, that stuff is so good. Yes. It's about this character who was once human and is now an alien, and the alien is fighting his humanity. Because, like, it, he's a dude torn between his people and who he naturally is as a human being. And how that leads him to become a villain, it's just so sad. It's so sad, and it's so real, and it's so beautifully written. And it's about a dad trying to save his son. But at the end, like, he turns his son into a villain in a way. Like, man, this empire just continues to f- rule. It rules. And one day you guys will read it. I know it's a huge event. One day you'll pick it up. Uh, it's really good. It's All of it's so good. I love it. I, I, I'm very impressed with it. I wish I had the room. No, no I get I, it. I, I, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, there is some really good stuff. The only other issue related to it that came out this week was the Captain Marvel tie-in. And the Captain Marvel stuff is extremely good. I'm about to pick um, it up. Yeah, the Captain Marvel stuff is extremely good. Uh, She's I, an accuser now. She she picks up a, a Kree uh, accuser hammer, and she is now an accuser for like Emperor Hulkling, like Ronan. Uh, and that is something. But she doesn't totally trust the hammer, so I don't know if you know this part. So what she does is she goes to Doctor Strange and she says, I don't really trust 
something in the hammer. It's just a, a, a uncomfortable you. feeling. And so she does something that Hulkling's like, why did you do this? Because if the Kree find out you did this to one of their favorite things, they're <laughs> going to be so pissed. But she makes it so Doctor Strange distributes the equal amount of power and thus influence between her and Jessica Drew, Rhodey. Oh, I saw this. And, uh, and um, oh, it starts with a, it starts with an H. I don't know. She basically yeah. a bunch of people get a bunch of superpowers now, and I saw. And the so cover. they're all carrying like There's they're like all now heroes. carrying like spectral copies of the hammer. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Anyway, um, I started watching season two of Killing Eve. Uh, that show is not going the direction I thought it would in a good way. Yeah. So just real quick, if you could see it, uh, that looks super cool. Everyone's got a cool ass hammer. What's up, Brody? You alive again? Well, that is cool. <laughs> um, Killing Eva continues to be a very interesting, solid show. Uh, I watched Impractical Jokers when I wanted to laugh. I read Death Metal, so I'm caught up on that. Specific, oh, yes. yes. Uh, I read Death Metal 3. I read... Uh, uh, I like that more. Um, I read I read The Legends. Uh, Brandon, Ryan, and I actually had a whole hour conversation about that this after, nice. after we did our Fake Nerds Watch. Um, it was nice to gab with you guys again. Yeah, uh, but uh, I I also agree with Brandon and Ryan more or less in the execution of the Batman Hatton, which makes me want to throw up every time I read that name, uh, <laughs> is really, really bad. And I'll just say really quickly, it's fundamentally bad because the Batman who laughs essentially gets equivalent power to Dr. Manhattan, but in having that power, it doesn't change who he is which fundamentally having the power of Dr. Manhattan should. So that's the thing. But I did enjoy Death Metal 3. It's my favorite, I think, of the main titles so far. Of the three? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guidebook and, is and my the favorite. Guidebook the guidebook is the best thing. necessary yeah. and very good. Yeah. Um, uh, Jaro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Jaro. I, I liked that a lot. Um, I really liked the guidebook because I feel like I'm much more aware of what's going on. I'm much more tuned in than I've been up to this point. I'm honestly, I'm really curious because I'm not, I'm not fully caught. I wasn't fully caught up on Justice League. If that guidebook came out first, I really wonder if I would feel the way I felt about metal going into it. Sure. Because this explains everything that you need to know. Right. It is so essential if you aren't, if you're not doing my empire approach where you're reading everything, if you're just reading just the main event, you are not getting everything. And that sucks. I would say in empire, you can get everything from reading that main title and all the tie-in is just extra goodness where this is that justice league five issue tie-in. If you don't read it, you're not going to get the story. That sucks. Yeah. I hate that. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, don't want well, like to feel like I have the tie-ins. I don't think the Justice League tie-in is going to be as necessary. And he has, he has tweeted that multiple times that this is necessary to the story. Joshua, uh, Joshua, uh, whoever, uh, uh, Williamson, Williamson. He's tweeted multiple times. This is important to metal. You have to buy it. He's tweeted that multiple times. I mean, it's about what happened to the Legion of Doom after Justice League. So, um, truthfully, I'm excited for it. But I think yeah. the only like really like super important necessary book to come out uh, that that regardless of everything else is just guidebook i think yeah you can get a story from just reading dark uh De death metal uh and not reading any of the tie-ins but if you don't read guidebook you're you'll be kind of lost yeah yeah it, and it, we, we, we are both we read lots of comics like we're not the we're not we're not the the casey casuals right 
I was still kind of confused on what the hell is going on in the story. And look, mm. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Any event, whether the tie-ins are necessary or not, if I if I'm able to get more out of uh, reading the tie-ins, then I do want to do it. Um, it. I just I, I just wish that uh, it it I just wish guidebook had come out earlier. That's really fundamentally all it is. Uh, I don't mind tie-ins to an event. Um, in my experience, they usually some of my best my favorite moments from an event usually come from a tie-in. They they almost rarely come from like the main the main series. Like my absolute favorite moment, it's usually a smaller story, like the one in guidebook where uh, Poison Ivy tries to escape Wonder Woman's prison. Vita uh, by Vita Ayala, uh, which I thought was beautiful. I like um, that Zdarsky Harley thing. Like like again, just these all these stories that aren't like super important to the story. It just shows you what the world's like, and that's what I like about. It. I think for me, I think for me, Sparks, I, uh, what we, what you're saying, I also agree. Um, you know, I go back to Flashpoint. My favorite moments from Flashpoints came from those tie-ins, not the main book. I like the main book, but those those tie-ins are some of them are really good. And I would say I would say this is even kind of true of the original Death Metal that like I'm pretty sure some of my favorite shit was in the tie-ins. Yeah. Yo, you had that you had that Stefan Sedgwick like um what was it like the was it the Suicide Squad tie-in? Gotham Knight the Gotham Knights or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like that beautiful like all the villains got a bunch of superpowers and like it's not important to the story but it's it's really cool and like that's what I'm into like I don't. That's what tie-ins should be. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have to be read. Mm-hmm. They sure. shouldn't have to be read. Sure, um, I, I I agree. Like I, they shouldn't have to be read for you to feel like you got something from reading the main event. Yeah. But I'm almost always in the place where like, they're usually where I go for like the really good content because yeah. I don't. I I never. I don't think I've ever once read an event that was just the event and felt like it fully satisfied what I was looking for. Secret Wars. Okay. I'm not there. It's, no, I know. Like, but Secret Wars is honestly maybe the only event I've ever read where the event stands on its own so hard and the tie-ins, because you've read the Civil War tie-in. That sure. looks dope. All those tie-ins are also equally dope, but none of them matter to the story. Sure. Like, that is my perfect... That's why I'm loving Empire. Because, yeah. like, it's all these side stories. I'm like, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's just Cap dealing with plant people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think back to, like, uh, when we did um, the, the Hydra Cap uh oh yeah event. Yeah. and uh and i went hard on all the tie-ins and i even read all the captain america build-up from sam wilson being captain america that led all the way into the hydro cap stuff and i'm like the event landed better for me because of having that stuff yeah I, I i have a hard time truly being sold on on main story just just events and again if uh, we if if we were reading justice league to up until the point this came out then we would be i probably would be way more but it's just yeah. it's an unfortunate thing where uh we weren't at the time for sure um anywho uh so a lot of that that kind of stuff um the rest that i have to talk about is reading comics so uh before i dove 100 in on the last thing i'm going to talk about um i'm going to talk about how i reread and then caught up on the current running dr doom title yeah yes, yes. <laughs> the current running yeah. dr doom title is really really good really 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 good uh, Brandon in particular, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, it's all about Doom uh, basically being... Uh, no, he's framed. So he's, he's framed. He's framed for a, a heinous attack. Uh, specifically, Latveria itself is framed under his leadership, and he's forced to abandon Latveria, and he's looking for something at the same time that he's having these visions of the future that he doesn't understand where he's happy... 
and he's having a dialogue with Kang the Conqueror who keeps, about the future. Who just who keeps showing who up keeps randomly. keeps randomly appearing and then blipping out. I love it. Um, while another country moves in to take over Latveria. Uh, and it's choice. It's choice. Um, this is the guy who's, who's writing the new Iron Man comic, which is why I'm so excited. But besides <laughs> that, I read 85 issues of Batman this week along with four annuals and the Pennyworth R.I.P. special. I Again, I said it last week, I didn't tell him he had to do this. Because our book club were was seven issues chosen from the Tom King Batman run. And I'm like, I read about half this run. I'd like to go back and just finish it. So I did. So I did. <laughs> That's a really good run, guys. Um, I, wanna, I want your honest opinion, because everyone knows here I love it. I love that run. That gives me a Batman that has never been experienced ever in the DC universe. This is the most human Batman's ever been. Uh, and a lot of people like that. A lot of people don't. So I'm, I'm really curious about what you think. I, I genuinely think that like the first uh, four, the first uh, 35-ish issues uh, are just like, they're, they're really solid work, yeah. right? And then once you get past that, I think it's very difficult. It's hard for me to picture how well I everything would have resonated if I didn't read it in somewhat concise time. Maybe not a week, but it I has was to be. A monthly. But it has to be in your mind. Oh, sorry. This book came out bi-monthly, so I read this twice, monthly. twice yeah, a yeah, month. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think that the the what's happening in the story has to kind of always be in your mind for where it goes to pay off. Uh, I think that if you sat down, either of you, Brandon, Ben, uh, and you had the whole Tom King run in your hands like I do, um, and you just read it uh, in whatever amount of time you felt comfortable with, but you just went through it, the whole thing probably feels a lot better because it's it feels like long-form original graphic novel storytelling. That's what it feels like. Uh, it's It feels like Tom King had a direction and a plan he was going with from the beginning of the run, and everything, every single issue is contributing to some part of that story. Even if it's minor, it's always building to some particular point. So, um it's very yeah. John Hickman in that way. So may I may I say I've been I've talked about it. Ryan, you know, Ryan knows I'm not a big fan of the Tom King Batman run. Yeah. How much so, did you read? Because I don't think you read of it. You I mean I don't why okay, how, did you read 30 issues of it before you gave it up? Because that's a lot of money not to like a book. I read three volumes. I read them in okay. volumes. Okay. Um so I realize reading this book club what it is that I don't like about it, what it is that doesn't like resonate with me. And it, it is how it's written, not what's happening, not what's being let up. Because I like a lot of that, but I, how it is written, how he writes dialogue, isn't work. Doesn't just doesn't work for me. I I can understand because I will say like there are chunks of time where um I I don't even want to say like it's it's pretentious, mm -hmm. uh but there are chunks of time where I feel like songs or um, pieces of poetry are used in a way where I'm like, this feels like this is supposed to be very weighty and lofty, but I don't know that it's going for the one-for-one -one connection to the material that we're supposed to be absorbing visually oh, I agree. at the same time. No, I 100% agree with um, that. And, and I think that uh, having read the whole run in a week, uh, I do think there's a, a little bit of an over-reliance on that at times. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, I also do respect that at moments, uh, one particular song uh is used like four times, I want to say. Um, and the first time is Alfred singing it out loud. And then it's used as like kind of a song representing not only the love of Thomas and Martha, but also the love of Bruce and Selena. Uh, and I found that effective. 
Um, but then there's other times where I'm like, I feel like this is weighty because it feels weighty, yeah. but it doesn't exactly know why it's weighty. Um, no, yeah. And I want to just I want to just say my 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 thing about you know uh, not enjoying how it's written. It, you know what? So sometimes a person's writing style doesn't resonate with you. You know, some people the writing style of Brian Michael Bendis doesn't resonate with some people as well. Like you know, it's it's just kind of me just it just doesn't work for me. Whereas other people do. I like what's being written. I just don't like how, you know, I, I just find it interesting because you like vision and you like Mr. Miracle, right? Okay. So I did go back to Mr. Miracle. I don't like it as much as I used to. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> but, and I get the same thing. And I went back to vision also because I was curious about that. It works for me for vision because it, he is a robot and everyone around him is a robot. And it kind of like, it, it kind of works for me a bit more, but, and again, not saying he's a bad writer. It's just, it doesn't work for me, you know? No, that's fair. I mean, yeah, he's one, I think Batman got him an Eisner actually, uh, but that, that awards don't mean anything. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but uh, I like this run because Batman has never been written this way. Uh, Batman's, uh, I could argue kind of, uh, We'll get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We got uh, a whole I, show. I, to I, I will just like uh, give some broad strokes over over the course of like what I experienced reading the run is just um, it. I know that I didn't fall in love with the run. Uh, at, at I don't know that I fell in love with the run at all. Uh, but I didn't like get sucked into it until I was past the War of Jokes and Riddles. That's in um, the 30s. That's that's in the 30s, heading into the 40s. Um, because right about there is where the the broader picture of what he's doing becomes more clear the plan uh and it's not even necessarily like the semantics of where it's going or anything i'm like oh i see this really is going to be through and through a story about bruce accepting that he wants happiness and love with selena and i mean like you can take that at face value at the beginning of the run that that's something he's coming to but it's not until about midway where it becomes this is actually like a thesis statement about Bruce Wayne accepting happiness. This is actually a thesis statement about what other people think about Bruce being able to do it and what he himself thinks about him being able to do it. And, and that does ultimately lead to a satisfying conclusion about the choices he makes um, while rushed. Not his fault. No, of course. Uh, but, but certainly like those last five issues, all of a sudden, Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Uh, you you really race towards something. Um, I will say specifically because I don't want to spoil uh, in the potential that you ever finish the run or that Ben reads the run. Um, but a villain who has a kind of super mind predicted a whole lot of Bruce, which should be really hard because he's Batman. Um, that aspect of him being so clever to outsmart Bruce ultimately kind of gets thrown to the wayside at the end of the run. And that's probably my biggest knock against it is that it's just kind of like, there's no moment. It's just like, and now he's not able to outsmart him, I guess. If, uh, if he had those extra 15 issues, I bet that would I'm be sure. Problem. But, but, but that's how it reads. And it's like, oh, no, ah, I, that's, I, I feel it. That sucks. That sucks. It's that's sure. a knock uh, yeah. on it for sure. Um, but I never feel like the, the core uh, is violated. I know the issue is not one of the issues you picked. But I will say, I think my favorite issue Dude, of all... there's so many issues I want to pick. My favorite issue of all is when uh, the Joker finds out about their 
their impending nuptials. So if you guys remember, it's that issue 49? Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys remember two years ago, that was my favorite issue of the year. That Joker cat, I, I should have picked that issue because that issue is That's so good fucking issue. good. It makes me, it's it's the best It's the best Joker story written in the last five years, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Brandon, while I can agree with you about like uh, a lot of some of the dialogue stuff, um, certainly there's a lot of repetition, but I think it's repetition because he's trying to make a point. But again, if you read that concise, those points feel maybe a little too reiterated. Um, but the the issue with Joker and, uh, Joker and Selena talking with each other uh, is probably my favorite dialogue in the entire run. Um, it's it, it's I, really good. I can't tell you how hard it was because I really wanted to pick, and I really I picked something that I that I want that would that fit for you guys a little bit. It's just a little something for everyone, and like I I didn't want to make it ten issues because I'm not going to make you guys read ten issues of a comic. But like sure. there are so many single issues that I'm like, oh, this works so well by itself. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you like that one because that's no, that's, no, that's also sure. one of my favorites. Too. Um, I would uh, I would I would be happy to uh lend these volumes out sometime because i have them all in trade i'd be happy to lend them out to whoever wanted to read them at some point um i will also say that uh we all know that alfred is is killed hell yeah he is. um that moment really worked yes it does uh, that moment really really worked uh because I had not read it yet. And I'm glad I didn't know how it happened. I'm glad I didn't know the circumstances around it. And it's so sad. It, it lands. Because Bruce doesn't find out for so long. Yes. Oh, uh, it, it lands. Um, there's a lot of really good... Tom King writes a beautiful... It's also not something we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, annual number four is kind of his epilogue to his run. And it's all uh, pieces from Alfred's diary. That's, about Bruce. That's such a beautiful thing. Uh, day by day, and it's a really nice piece. It's just called Every Day. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I appreciate you doing that. All right. Should we uh, finally move into our bread and butter? No. Let's call it a night. I'm good. All right. Good night, everybody. Say thank you, everyone. <laughs> no, okay, uh, right then. And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. So, uh, Ryan, you said you wanted to put this one on here. Satoshi Khan. Yes, I'm so passed glad you away that. ten years ago today. So yeah, so Satoshi Khan, he, he, I know him from Paranoia Agent. That's the only thing I've ever seen him do. But he is apparently super, super, super well-known in the anime community. He's a he's a director, he's a writer, he's a manga artist. Uh, Austin Walker of the Waypoints podcast pointed it out. Um, he, much like a Hideki Anno, he was a guy who who made anime more than it was. He made things that like, yo man, life sucks, but you just gotta deal with it sometimes. Like that kind of anime. Um, oh, Paprika, I know Paprika. That's another sci-fi anime movie I'm aware of. Um, that dude just, he was he was so beloved and um, it's nice to just remember things like that. And, his, uh, his anime was wild out of the box. I, to this day, I have a hard time thinking of a more uh, iconic and uh, impactful. It's hard to say. It's hard. To, no, that's not quite right. Cause I'm sure Cowboy Bebop would rank above it, but um, it's hard to think of something that is so, uh, jarringly representative of something different as an anime intro than the intro to Paranoia Agent. The anime intro to Paranoia Agent is one of the, the most interesting, bizarre anime intros I've ever seen in my life. Uh, still. And um, and that, that show's fantastic. Paprika is a fantastic anime film. This guy, he went wild 
uh, out of the box with ideas, uh, certainly for anime at the time that he was making it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. funny enough, I actually watched one of his movies when I was younger and I didn't realize what it was. And it's a film I would love to go back to. And it's Perfect Blue. Have you any yeah. of you guys heard of that movie? I've heard, heard of it. I've heard it. Mag says Tokyo Godfathers 2. Yeah, yeah, Tokyo yeah. Godfathers. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, um, a quick synopsis of Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue is about a woman who's a Japanese pop idol, and she wants to move away from the pop idol to be her own person as an actress. But she has a stalker who's obsessed with her image as a pop idol, and she's also being haunted by said image of a pop idol. It's really, it's really batshit crazy. But it's one of those movies that a lot. Another uh, podcast I listen to, the Trash Taste Podcast, with a bunch of anime YouTubers. They talk to like, yeah, Perfect Blue. That that's a really good movie, and it, and it really talks about how people, how we perceive people, especially the, like in this today's day and age with the internet, people on who post on Instagram, who are on YouTube, what you see online isn't necessarily what they are offline. Yeah, right. Uh, there's it's a guy. Uh, uh, again, Austin Walker, he had a bunch of people respond um, with things. And, and one guy, Colin, said um, the way he talked about misery and self-hatred and par- paranoia agent and not being nothing ever gets better wallowing or look on the bright side platitudes. But instead, it's shit. But it's shit we can face and we can change it meant the world to me. He wasn't a guy who lifted oblivion and said we can't face it like Hideki Anno. He's like, he said, no, we can do better. Um, and that's just that's mm-hmm. really important, especially in a time right now. Yeah. Uh, Perfectly. 10 years ago at the age of 46. Yeah, yeah he died but, too young. Let's be yeah, I, I definitely need to rewatch Perfect Blue. Um, also, Paprika looks crazy. I love to watch more of his stuff. Yeah, anytime you can seek out uh, any of his work, I encourage it. Um, Paranoia mm-hmm. Agent is getting a Steelbook Blu-ray release, which is Ooh. its only... The only one. <laughs> its only Blu-ray release Yeah. Uh, through Best Buy, as far as I know, is the only place Steelbook. doing it here in the States. Uh, this is crazy because Paranoia Agent has been out of print pretty much as long as Neon Genesis Evangelion has been. And there's no other way to get that series uh, right now without pirating it. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be a beautiful high-definition release. Uh, people in the anime community are freaking out. They're super stoked about uh, getting this series on Blu-ray. I'm super stoked. I pre-ordered it the second it happened. Um, I would love, if you haven't watched it, this was on Toonami uh, quite a lot Uh during the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, if you haven't watched it, I highly encourage it. I, I'd love for you guys to see it. Okay. Um, all right. And then this week, uh, Ben Cross passed away. He's an actor of Chariots of Fire. Most recently, uh, well, not most recently, but like most probably famously to the nerd community, he was Sarek uh, in Star Trek 09. He was Spock's dad. Yeah. Married to Winona Ryder. Um he passed away this week at the age of 72 years old. In in the movie. No, yes. No, I, <laughs> no, I get it. Like, damn, Winona! <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, tragic, you know, in the nerd community. Yeah. Trek community. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, so now we're getting into some of the kind of the fun stuff, some news before our news. The news, <laughs> news before? before the news. <laughs> Speaking, we talked a little bit about death metal. Scott Snyder talked about uh, a couple times that he's going to be backing away from mainstream comics. And this week he launched a Kickstarter for his first uh, first new series in his best jacket press imprint that he's launching with Image. So, yeah, um, 
he announced this on or this is this is from the word balloon podcast that i that i told you guys about earlier in the week um mm-hmm. but best jacket it's not just jacket jacket is a is an amalgamation of his two sons names jackson and emmett i believe oh so cute jack um and his whole thing was okay so at first i was a little concerned because why is this superstar scott snyder going to kickstarter it's not like he needs help making comics right mm-hmm. so the re- the reason i uh, i I looked into it and I listened to the podcast and I'm like, oh, this is actually cooler than I thought. His whole thing was, yeah, I can go to, you know, an image or a skybound and maybe get my book published, right? Or I can do it on my own with the help from my fans and they get the book and they get all the behind the scenes and they get all the stuff afterwards and they are directly supporting me and the artist. And I think that's awesome. And it's instead of him having to wait for developers or for publishers, he just gets to make the comics he wants to make. And he's getting superstar artists. And apparently he has like nine books in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, And this Kickstarter is already successful. Um, I love Kickstarter. I think it's dope. Like help support artists if they need it. Um, Make more comics, Scott Snyder. That's great. Uh, So yeah, the first volume he's going to be launching with is Nocturnal, which he is doing with Tony S. Daniel. Yep. Um, Basically, I'll just read it. The series is set in a world where the sun's light mysteriously vanished 10 years ago. This never-ending shroud of darkness transforms humans into terrifying shades and forces survivors to hide from the monsters all around the world. The only way to travel safely is by enlisting the aid of ferrymen who travel in illuminated transport vehicles. The series' main protagonist, uh, Valentina Val Riggs, is one such ferryman, and she takes on a new job with the promise of a true sanctuary awaiting on the other side of the Rocky Mountain. Yeah, man, using light as a weapon. I'm all about that. Alan Wake's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, Tony Daniels is, is a great artist. They've worked together before, um, mm-hmm. like on Batman and stuff. So, like, uh, I'm, I'm cool with it, man. More, co- more comic books is always a good thing. Scott Snyder's great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of more comics is always a good thing. Marvel oh, is putting out... One more thing, sorry. In in that podcast, um, the interviewer asked him about Be- Best Jack, and he's like, "Hey, is this going to be just for you? Are you going to be accepting app- you know like submissions, blah blah blah?" And he's like, "Absolutely. Uh, it's not just going to be me writing comics. This is an imprint, so I can help other people. You know, all my friends get books. Other people, like lower, uh, uh, smaller creators, get books. So like Best Jacket is is much is another imprint where a bunch of new faces are going to arise, and that's always great." Yeah. Uh, Marvel has announced they're releasing. Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Uh, a new Wolverine four-issue miniseries with the first issue's creative team being Jerry Duggan, Andy Kubert, Matthew Rosenberg, Joshua Kassara, and Declan Shalvey. Those are all previous Wolverine artists, current X-Force artists. Those are all, it's a great creative team. Um, it's going to be a new four-issue miniseries that... Uh, Features untold tales from Logan's past. Um, it's, just, so, it's just funny. It's just funny, Brandon, that like two weeks ago, DC released something very similar. And of course, really? comics, take, comics take a long time to get made. It's just the timing's hilarious that there's also another black, white, and red comic coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm personally more excited for this book just because like I'm down to read Violent Wolverine. Like, yeah. I like Harley, but, like, I won't necessarily read that first, but, like, this creative team gets me going. I read the first issue of the Harley one because it was Stepan Cedric. Oh, is it good? Yeah. Cool. Excellent. It's a sequel to his Harleen, Harleen book. Oh, well, I can't read it then. <laughs> uh, well, you can. It's, you don't, it doesn't spoil anything. Harley okay. Quinn becomes Harley Quinn. 
<laughs> oh, no, um, other creators that are going to be on this book in later issues are Fita Ayala, Chris Claremont, Saladin Ahmad, Donnie Cates, Ed Brisson, Kelly Thomas, yeah, Thompson, Greg Land, Salvador Loroca, Kev Walker, Chris Bacallo, and Leonard Kirk, and they just say more, so more to come. Yeah, um, this is like like another fun anthology book. Yeah. I really wish that the next solo book wasn't another Wolverine book. There are literally a million X-Men who deserve books more than Wolverine, but they want to sell comics, so I get it. Uh, at least this creatively looks interesting. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm probably not going to read it immediately. <laughs> Uh, it will probably not be part, but it will probably not be in the checklist at the back of every X Men title. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I started following that now that I'm reading all the X Men books. Yeah, it's good. It's helpful. Yeah. Um, all right. Oh, real quick. So, so there's a couple. So there's the, there's the Empire X Men tie-ins, and then there's just the X Men books, which are also tie-ins. Mm-hmm. So the X Men Empire, or sorry, X Men has its own checklist, and then Empire has its own checklist, and they're conflicting <laughs> because <laughs> of all the X Men stuff. Because there's oh. just two X Men tie-in books, uh, and they're just it's it's, it's funny. Whatever. So much X Men. Yeah. Uh, X Men are man. I really like those books. Yeah. I've, right. I haven't picked up a single X-Men book that and I've been disappointed with it. Every single X-Men book I've bought, I've liked in some way or shape or real form. Quick, real quickly, X-Men stuff. How long do you guys think it'll take till there's a issue completely in Krakoan? That's actually a great question. And Jonathan Hickman is absolutely the guy to do that because when Johnny Storm died, he did an entirely silent issue after he died. So I would bet it's not a regular issue. I bet it's something like an annual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. Oh, yeah. Or I, I'm maybe. sure. I am sure there is an issue coming that is just or, in Krakoa. Or it's a giant size X Men about Krakoa. Yeah. So, because uh, the island's also mutant, and his entire book is in all Krakoan. True. Uh, Brandon, I think you're on something. I think, I don't think it's been announced yet, but I definitely think that's something that will happen. Oh, yeah. We should uh, totally keep that. <laughs> all right. Eternals. Uh, the Eternals are coming back in a big way. As we all know, there is a movie supposed to come out in a couple months. Now it's next year. It's November, maybe the same time the book comes out. Uh, this book will be coming out in November. Um, written by Kieran Gillen. Why. Remember <laughs> that? New, so remember, New Mutants was supposed to come out April 2017. There was a there was a New Mutants miniseries that came out 2017. Yep. Uh, they are going to be relaunching Kieran Gillen along with Asad Ribic. We'll be relaunching the Eternals book. Uh, at, initially, they only wrote "Never Die, Never Win," uh, but that is the tagline, not the solicitation. The solicitation came out uh, later on in the week, which says, "What's the point of an eternal battle? For millions of years, one hundred Eternals have roamed the Earth, secret protectors of humanity. Without them, we'd be smears uh, between the teeth of the demon-like deviants." Their war has waged for all time, echoing in our uh, myths and nightmares. But today, Eternals face something new, change. Can they, or anyone on Earth, survive the discovery? That's the most Kieran Gillen thing in the world. His whole thing's all about change. Can these people who've never changed, change? Um, <laughs> this is so exciting, you guys. Not just because it's Kieran Gillen, who's a space god. He's also relaunching the Warhammer comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Asad Ribic is a god. We all know his great work. Um yeah, this book, uh, it's supposed to coincide with that movie. Uh, it sounds like it's dealing with stuff from that movie, all the deviants and all the, their secret history and the secret war. Um, the Eternals, without a doubt, the thing that I'm least 
uh, least read on in the Marvel comics because there's not a lot of Eternals comics, you guys. There's the mm-hmm. Jack Kirby shit, and then there's some miniseries, and then there's some modern miniseries. There hasn't been an Eternals comic in a decade. Um, so it's very it's very interesting that Marvel's going so hard. Um, I'm very curious what everyone's going to think because these are definitely the most, like, Superman characters. Like, these are all, like, people who can't die. So how do you make that interesting? I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I might pick this one up. At least the first issue for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Speaking of Marvel, but the other side of Marvel, Sony's universe of Marvel characters. Some rumblings happened as far as directors. Craven. Craven has a director, guys. The new movie Craven coming out. Uh, whenever. Has a director. And JC Chandor, who directed uh, Triple Frontier. That's a decent oh. action movie. Um, I think we all agree. We don't get it. <laughs> no, I think I... we all. I think we all get it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a Craven movie where he's fighting Spider-Man. Nope. That is called Spider-Man. How about an origin something, movie? Something where he's fighting Craven. How about an origin movie where it turns out he's not the bad guy you think he is? What if everything you thought you knew? If I may quote one of my uh, favorite um, characters, how about no? <laughs> Dr. Evil's one of your favorite characters? No. <laughs> I started speaking, I was like, I just gotta finish it. I'll take it. It's just like, wow, I love it. It's one of my favorite, um, it is one of my favorite quotes, though. I only have Can you hear off. me? <laughs> I only yeah. have Venom to go off of, so no thank you. Yeah. Like, I, I am the most interested in that Morbius movie, but again, like, I, I'm, I, I'm interested too. Uh, between the two, like Morbius, at least makes some more sense to me. Yeah, he is. He is yeah. more standard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like Craven. I don't want to watch a dude just killing animals. Doesn't Craven hunt Spider-Man because it, he's, the ultimate, he's the ultimate? He's the predator. ultimate prey. He's ultimate prey. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. The ultimate, he's the ultimate prey. He goes after Spider-Man because he's. I mean, cool. We're watching a hunter. <clears throat> what? We have other Brandon, movies. Brandon, it's just, what it's is just a like, pre-fighting Spider-Man Craven movie? It's just him being a hunter, and I don't give a crap. It's what turns him into the ultimate hunter. I don't know. The, what turns him into the ultimate hunter is hunting down Spider-Man. Honestly, this- like I'll even give Venom a pass because Venom works on his own. But Craven, like I don't know the last time there was a Craven miniseries. You know, well, like Craven was a Spider-Man time, guy. The last time I read anything that had to do with Craven was Brandon's book club a few weeks ago. Oh, mm-hmm. actually, Craven was on the original Secret Avengers scene from the sixties. But that's well, an, that's wrong. that's something completely separate. Don't get me wrong, Craven's okay. a cool character. There are cool things happening with Craven that have happened recently in the comics. Yeah. Craven's a good character. Uh mm-hmm. he just doesn't need his own film. Oh, I'm not building up that he's not. Six, Yeah, they... I'm not saying that Craven isn't a good character. I'm saying that he doesn't need his own movie. Now, I didn't say you were saying that. I was saying I'm oh, they're, they are taking the Marvel approach, but in the wrong ways. They're like, oh, every character needs an origin? We're Oh, cool, Sinister Six, every villain needs an origin? Like, no, homie, that's the, we didn't say that. We didn't say Man, that. You look like you want to say something. What's up? Oh, no, I want to move on to the other thing, because I care more about oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Olivia Wilde. Actor, director, Olivia Wilde has been signed on to direct a female-led Marvel film. It's all we knew until she tweeted out a spider emoji. Mm-hmm. So it is Silk. Spider-Man related. Silk or Spider-Woman? Probably Spider-Woman. Probably. So so somebody brought something up to me 
and you're way, well, way more versed in Ultimate Universe. I had my mind entirely on 616, Hydra, Shield, Agent Jessica Drew. I did not even consider they can do they can do Ultimate Jessica Drew, who is mm-hmm. so entitled to Spider-Man shit. I didn't even consider that. So I don't even know that, what this movie could be. That'd be weird because uh, Spider-Woman in the Ultimate Universe is a clone of Peter. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, like, but I do think a silk film is possible. We we heard they were trying to make one. Um, that makes, yeah. I could see her do like Booksmart meets Spider Man with silk. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah, like like a young funny female that Spider Spider Lady movie. Like that sounds cool. Yeah, like people were saying Gwen Stacy, and I'm like, you guys are high out of your asses. What are you talking? <laughs> about? Um, uh, like, oh, is this that? Is that is this that a, a Black Widow Silver Sable movie? I'm like, no, it's not. Really? Uh, Sorry. Well, She's co-writing the film with Katie Silverman. Do we know what Miss Silverman's track record looks like? I forgot to look it up. Wait, I'll look it up. With the Silver Sable, that was it. Black Cat or Black Cat and Silver Sable, yeah. Then we're gonna have a team movie. I don't know why. And then they were gonna make Uh, it one or the other. Look at this moment in time. The Sony films for me are O for nothing. She wrote a new girl. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, The. The Sony films are are zero, completely, uh, for me because we haven't had Morbius. Uh, I I like Olivia Wilde. I just, I just, ah, I'm tired. I feel like <laughs> um I feel like uh Sony went to the Warner Brothers lot and it's like, yo, you guys doing a dark road dark board approach? Can we do that? It's like uh, Spider Woman. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what it is. You know what it is. Uh, I will have a better idea how I feel. No, you know what? I won't. I, I won't have a good idea how I feel till I see this. Because the thing is that like they can bring in someone talented to work on it, but I do not trust Sony. I do not trust them as a production company to not mess it up and mess with the film. I don't. I have no reason to feel that way at this time. I am not against Sony spearheading the Spider-Man side of the MCU and that being something that works together. And it's like, hey, here's a bunch of characters that we can work with. But everything that they've done and said is so wrongheaded. I don't have faith in them. Modern what? Even Madam, with Olivia Wilde. Web movie, right? I don't, I don't I have forgot. faith that going to make it bad. I forgot about the Madam Web movie. Yep. I. It's just I like, well, like Spider-Man has so many... And that's this is no disrespect to like to like Silk or whatever or, or I guess even Craven, but like they're, this the approach they're going for. I'm like, wow, did you really think about it? Let me put it this way: Would it shock anybody if in seven months we heard that Olivia Wilde decided to leave the project because of uh, creative, creative differences? differences? No, not, even. not at all. Where she wants to do something, and Sony's like, wait, but you got to include this. You got to do this thing. You got to do this thing. And she's like, I just want to tell this story. And they're like, Nah, we're Sony. So the nah. only vision of Sony that I even trust with anything Spider-Man related is Sony Animation, because right now they knocked. I mean, yeah, it's their one uh, film, Spider Verse. They knocked it out of the park. Yeah, that's the only one I'll trust with us. Everything else, no. Yeah. Um, that- all right. Let's move away from some of them. Fun, fun. Something that won't make me depressed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jensen Ackles has been cast in The Boys season three as. Soldier Boy, I'm into it. Thank you. Give that give it. that whole cast something else, please. Uh, <laughs> Jared Padalecki can can leave his career at San guys. Oh, he's got oh, wait. He has Walker Texas Ranger. Who Jared? Yeah, he does. 
That's uh, that's nice. He's the new Chuck Norris. That'll get yeah. canceled after one season, I promise you. Well, wait, um, Jared Padalecki is going to be Walker, Texas Ranger now? Is. There's a show currently on. Bullshit. On the Country Channel? Bullshit. <laughs> what? Where is this? Hold on, Ben. I also don't know about this. That's crazy. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not calling you a liar, but I do not believe you. Oh, my it's God. I, I know I know. Jared Padalecki was cast as the new Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't know that the show's on right now. Oh, um, anyway, oh, we got the CW too. That's awful. It's it hasn't premiered yet, but it's happening. Okay, yeah. uh, CW. Uh, CW. Here's the thing: I don't trust that Jared Padalecki will ever leave the CW. Um, but Jensen can, and Jensen should, that- and Jensen is, and Jensen's good. <laughs> Yo, man, like, <laughs> if, I don't know how old that dude is, but like, he he voiced Red Hood. That dude he would did. be a good. Red here's Hood. the whole thing. Uh, uh, Jensen Ackles was at least in the first round of stuff for Captain America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way back in the day. Him and Jim. Uh, so in the last, in the, what was originally supposed to be the last season of Supernatural, the fifth season, there's this one nod to around the time that he went to audition that Eric Kripke slipped in where he pulls down a helmet that has an A on it, mm. uh, which is cute. Now him getting to play a type of Captain America character on the boys, I'm like full circle, baby. But the worst possible. Yeah, full circle, uh, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Knuckles can totally do it. Oh my God, his name is Soldier Boy. Oh man. No, funny enough, I actually, re- the because I knew uh, um, Jensen Ackles was on, um, was big and supernatural, but I actually first started watching him thanks to Smallville. Because he was on Smallville for like, what, three seasons? One. Oh, one season? Okay. Yeah, he was on the fourth season, and then the year after that, he was on Supernatural. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, because I remember I was talking to Brandon because they kept calling him Jason. I was like, dude, I just, I'm just i just waiting for them to say Jason Todd. Lo and behold, he voiced <laughs> Jason Todd, and also yeah. he did that really cool cosplay that he posted on his Instagram a while ago. Yeah. And I'm like, just give him Jason Todd. Just let yeah. him have it. It sucks let that they couldn't get him back for the new death well, yeah, it sucks that they couldn't get him back for the new death of the family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jensen is very talented. I've seen a lot of the stuff he did that is outside of Supernatural, and he's clearly capable of more uh, than what... And, and, like, honestly, the first... I'll even give you the first eight seasons of Supernatural. He's, he's like, pulling in some good stuff, even with the worst writing. He's pulling in some, like, real strong emotional stuff. And then it starts to become, you know, eh, it's just formulaic. I don't blame anybody. It's just, you know, you've been doing it for forever and it's kind of the same stuff. Uh, but the guy works hard and yeah. I'm so glad he's getting this. I'm pumped, mm-hmm. pumped to see him in this. Um, all right. The new uh, Pinocchio film that Guillermo del Toro is doing released its cast. Um, this is a stop motion film set during the rise of fascism in Mussolini's Italy. Pinocchio, a musical directed by Del Toro and Mark Gustafsson. Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's a fascist musical? Hell yeah, all right. Uh, With a score by Alexandre Desplat. Ooh, yeah. Uh, It's a story of, of love and disobedience as Pinocchio struggles to live up to his father's expectations. Is Where was the origin of Pinocchio? Was that Germany? Like where did the story originally uh where did the story originate? It's in Italy now, Ben. Deal with it. Okay. Um, Gregory Mann, newbie, uh, new new actor. All right, I'll go on my phone too. Let's do it. No, um, I'm looking it up. Gregory Mann, uh, new actor, um, young actor, is going to be voicing Pinocchio. 
Ewan McGregor will be Cricket. And oh, okay. David Bradley Filch from Harry Potter. That's good. Um, will be Italian. Japan. It is Italian then. Cool. Oh, red. Oh, called it. Uh, yeah, so David Bradley will be. Geppetto's a pretty Italian name, I gotta say. Yeah, I I was gonna say it's like Geppetto does sound Italian, and I mean credit to the Disney movie for a little bit. Uh, wasn't the circus Stromboli or something? Yes. Remember yeah. that? Remember that? Uh, you guys ever seen that uh, Drew Carey Pinocchio musical where he plays Geppetto? Un- unfortunately, I've seen clips from it. Nope. <laughs> Okay, is that the one where Pinocchio is in kind of like a clown suit? Because I remember there was another one that came out of Christmas years ago where there was a CGI wooden boy. Not that one. That's the one no, with that's the. Different. That's the one with Home Improvement Kid. Okay. Oh, I, saw one, I saw that one in theaters, but the second Pinocchio movie where I think he's in like some sort of clown looking outfit, it looks stupid. I was like, nope, I'm done. It's called Geppetto, that Drew Carey Pinocchio movie. Yeah. Oh. What? <laughs> all right anyway um the rest of the cast includes though we don't know who they're playing uh tilda swinton christoph waltz finn wolfhard kate blanchett john Turturro, ron perlman tom blake nelson burn gorman those nice. are all those are all actors all right hell yeah yeah stop motion that's gonna be fo- that's gonna See, be sweet when, when i will believe it when there's a trailer yeah come yeah. on <laughs> you know how your tricks work He's co-directing this one. He's co-directing this one. I will be it when there's a trailer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still looking over here at the list of Del Toro films that he says he's working on. The biggest one is Haunted Mansion still. Oh, that'll never happen. No, it's not. At the Mountains of Madness. He'll he'll die. He'll die before he makes that. (laughs) Lovecraft Country's out. We don't need it anymore. All right. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I accidentally put the biggest news of the week uh, now. So um, we'll just say it. Uh, Will Smith and Kevin Hart are remaking Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, I I actually have no problem with this. Neither do I, actually. I like those people. That I mean, that movie is that movie is a classic. Uh, it's not gonna. It's still gonna be there if this movie is good or bad. That so movie. Like, that movie is a classic. And a product of its time. Yes. And I'm very interested how they're going to do, go about it. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I would almost prefer it being set at the same time as the original. Oh, for the but political But for black shit. guys. No. Be, well, that. But also because I don't know how you make planes, trains, and automobiles work with cell phones. Mm. Oh, that's a very good point. Mm. Because the whole thing is he has to get somewhere and like does the communication problem. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I'm not saying it can't be done. However... I will be way more invested if it's not just a modern remake. If it's like a period piece. But it's a period piece yeah. with them in it uh, early 90s. I'd be like, you know what? That's pretty good. Dude, That's 1990s cool. Will Smith, Kevin Hart. Yeah. I could be down for that. I'm, yeah. I've never seen the original, but I mean, Kevin good. Hart, Will Smith. I'm, I'm uh, not good actors. They're good comedic actors. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Definitely in my top three John Candy films. John Candy is, oh my God. Uh, Planes, Trains, and that's, Automobiles. Um, that's sweet, man. Perfect. Like a lot of people talk about what's a good Thanksgiving movie. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a fantastic Thanksgiving movie. Uh, it, it is occurring for that holiday. Bringing people it's together. It's a perfect movie to watch for that. That's yeah. also Steve Martin, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because the one I was thinking, oh God. What was he in? No, he wasn't Uncle Buck. That was Chris. That was Chris. Uncle Buck is John Candy. Uncle Buck yeah. is John Candy. Another performance. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's with uh, David Spade, right? David Spade. No, no you're thinking what? of you're you're thinking of um, Chris Farley. Chris yeah, Farley. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking that's, that's, what I'm with Chris that's not Uncle Buck. Uh, no. Yeah. Yes, um, Uncle Buck is uh, Uncle Buck is top tier John Candy. Yeah. Okay. Sure. okay. This film will be written and directed by Aisha Carr. So. Cool. All right. Um, Pedro Pascal has been cast in the unbearable weight of massive talent, which is the Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage movie. Okay. Um, I watched, uh, an interview, uh, not an interview, but like a, uh, a like fun, like Pedro Pascal and Oscar Isaac answer questions thing. And I got such a good idea of who Pedro Pascal is as a person. And that energy directed at, I'm a Nick Cage super fan. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm so sold. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm really excited. I mean, I, it, I, I mean, I like we love Nick Cage. That dude's hilarious. Yeah. Um, this this every once in a while, a movie gets made about celebrity where they play themselves. Like Jean Claude Van Damme's best movie is called JCVD, where he is inside of a bank playing himself when he gets robbed by robbers, and it's him dealing with the robbers, and it's very real. That my name awesome. is my name is Bruce Bruce Campbell. My name is Bruce. Yeah, that's an also that's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, I've completely forgot about that one. Um, but yeah, like I love the idea of just like Nick Cage dealing with a super fan, but it's also like played by a superstar. I'm like, mm-hmm. this just sounds so. Fun. And and like I can, I really hope that it's as as weird as I think Pedro Pascal can be. Yeah, having seen who he's like more on a personal level. Yeah, with uh things like those interviews and those questionnaires, I'm like, oh, you're nothing like the characters you play. You're super goofy. Yeah, there's a there was a the last movie dealing with a super fan was a John Travolta movie called The Fan, where he was campaigning for an Oscar. John Travolta didn't need an Oscar. I'll let you know right now. Um, but like most of the time you deal with the super fan movies, there's a Patton Oswalt one called Superfan, where he's an he's obsessed with a football player and it's like really dramatic. Most of those movies are super serious. So I'm really curious if this is gonna be more comedic because it's Nick Cage. God, I hope or so. if it's gonna like ride the line of being funny, but also like Yo, this is effed up. Uh, well, wait. Do you do you know the do you know the 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 do you know the uh, description of the movie? I I no. So okay, I have it here. Uh, the action comedy riffs on Cage's image in a meta way, with Cage playing Nicolas Cage, an Oscar-winning but debt-ridden actor in need of the one million dollar payday. Oh, Javi okay. provides for Cage's attendance at his birthday party. Things go haywire. And Cage, who was angling for a part in a Quentin Tarantino movie, gets pulled into an ever-growing web of intrigue between the CIA and drug kingpin. Fending for his life and trying to protect his family, Cage has to adopt the persona of characters he's portrayed in several of his past films. Oh my god, that sounds amazing! Is he going to be playing like the guy from The Vampire? Buy me a ticket for this movie now, Um, please. That sounds incredible. That sounds incredible. Do you know who? Do you have who's directing it? Oh, I forgot to look it up, but I, I, they okay, haven't started filming yet. It's com- It's coming. Okay. What's a what? What's it called again, please? Uh, sorry, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Gotcha. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. All right, uh, trailers, guys. <gasps> we're, here. we're here. Black no, Myth. We're... I was here first. Oh, I was your second. Uh, Black Myth colon Wukong. Yeah. A new video game coming out. Yes. Not just a new video game, 
a video game developed by an indie developer with a small team. This, this game looks wicked, you guys. I love the uh, Monkey King Witcher. We talked about Journey to the West earlier. This is Journey to the West. Yeah. Yes, this is. is Journey to the West, the video game. You're the Monkey King. Not, not. oh, it's kind of Journey. No, it's literally Journey to the West, the All video the game. enemies you fight are like dog people and cat people and animal people. And uh, then you, and then godlike beings. And then godlike beings, and you turn into a bug for stealth. Like, this game looks crazy. Are you kidding me? And yeah. it looks good. And it's one of the good. best looking PS5, Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series. Yeah, whatever. I'm I'm very curious if this is coming up next year because this game looks so it looks so far ahead. It looks like it's like ready, but it's mm -hmm. the first time we've heard about it. It said it was alpha gameplay, and alpha means it's still really far away. So mm -hmm. if this is what it looks it's like now. This game's gonna look incredible. Look insane. No, yeah. The, the combat looks smooth. How you can transition from being the monkey king to a cicada to go mm -hmm. fly away. I thought it was really cool. And I think we also, when we talked about Ghost of Tsushima a while ago, there's an option just to have the original dialogue in Japanese. Yeah. And I really hope you can do that because while I was watching the trailer, I mean, I don't speak Chinese at all, but the, the first part of it had um, uh, subtitles and then the rest of the game unfortunately didn't. But that still didn't matter. But I'm like, man, even if I do play this game, I would, if it has English, cool. But I actually might just take the plunge and just play this game with a Chinese, with the Chinese dialogue. Yeah, there, there are a couple games that come to the West, like the Yakuza games, a couple of mm -hmm. JRPGs, where they don't have English uh, English dub. Um, yeah. If this game is in Chinese, I, I honestly won't mind, because that, yeah. that will get me more into it. On, so on, 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 really, yeah. Yeah, Ryan, really deep cut on when Mega Man X6 came out here in the United States originally, they, that didn't have an English dub. It was English um, uh, text boxes, but yeah. the voice acting was all in Japanese. That's cool. Good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I didn't know anything about this until I have to give credit where credit's due on, on my end anyway. Uh, Pi, our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, shared this trailer uh, before I knew about it. And I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Yeah, um, I saw it on Twitter. The, the part where, uh, near the end, where he's just fighting all these dudes that looks like freaking like the best version of Dynasty Warriors, while there's a <laughs> giant godlike being in the background. I'm like, it's just cool, this is, man. This is going to be nuts. Yeah. I'm uh, ready. Kaiju Clash. side godlike beings. Clash Action Park. A new docuseries come to HBO Max. So. I've been watching some. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Defunct Land on YouTube. I've been watching a lot of that recently, just for shits and giggles. I'm really interested in watching a documentary about this. Apparently, the world's most dangerous theme park ever. Yes, real quick, Ben. Back on Defunct Land. Uh, all mm -hmm. you guys should watch, and you at home. Oh, I've watched. I've watched yeah, Defunct Land. It's about right. all the theme parks that have been uh, uh, gone to history. Yeah, uh, like, it's like the rides, awesome. attractions, everything. Like hour-long documentaries about like everything about it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, this place was real. Many people died. I listened to a podcast called The Comedy Button, and a lot of those guys grew up in Jersey and went there and experienced that shit. And the stories they tell were like, it was just a bunch of teenagers running the place, and like the owners didn't give a shit, and the security didn't give a shit, and the the safety was just horrible. But nobody cared. Everyone was just having fun. I'm like, man, like the, the, the '80s and '90s were crazy. <laughs> Did they you made, just a, that they made a slide? movie. They recently made a comedy movie based on. Yeah, with Johnny Knoxville. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe made it a little more fun than actually dangerous. Like, oh, we're having fun dying here. I'm like, oh, Johnny. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. seeing that water slide in the trailer with the loop de loop on it, I'm like, how? That's crazy. Are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> I think it's well, they say 
they say it in the in the in the trailer. They're like, uh, you don't want to be the second guy to get decapitated in, in the pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah you like, down the pool. Down the way pool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that place stayed open for years after it definitely should have closed. Um, the guy, he couldn't get insurance, so he created his own insurance company to insure yeah. himself. It, it's just things like that. Where I'm like, oh, this is so illegal and crazy. Uh, I can't wait to watch this one. Just so watching the, the clips from the 80s and 90s of people going to this park and drinking giant steins of beer. It's like, oh, yeah, people are going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I, you guys didn't have to watch this one, but the there was a new 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 trailer for Tenet that came out I this week. I, I didn't watch a trailer. I watched the music video. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the least Nolan-style trailer for a Nolan film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. This is straight yeah. up a music video, really, just using all the footage from Tenet. Um, guys, that movie looks awesome. Like, I don't know how I don't know how much more footage I could see. I'm sold on that movie. I don't, I don't have anything to say about it, because, like, I don't know what's happening. They, they've shown just me intrigued. so much more time stuff, where the people are interacting with, with going in, like, they're doing stuff into the future while the past is also happening, like catching bullets, stepping into a puddle and the puddle is like, like erupting under you. Like you're not, you're not shooting the bullet. You're catching the bullet. The trail, like the flames are going back to where they were coming from. Like so much time travel stuff happening in the real time. I just don't know how they film some of the stuff. It's, it's yeah. so impressive. This movie looks like every Christopher Nolan movie. I'm like, I love going to the movies for Chris Nolan movies. I can't wait to see it. Will I see yeah. this in theater? No, I definitely I don't know. I definitely got, I mean, obviously he directed it, but what I've been watching is I'm getting like Inception vibes. I'm getting like crazy high concept. And it's like, this is like when I got out of Inception, when I first saw it in theaters back in 09, I was like, re, or 2010 or whatever the fact that movie came out. I was 2010. like, 2010. I was like talking about it for ages with my friends about dreams and how they, and how like, oh, the concept of the film. I feel like this is one of those movies that when I walk out of there, we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited. All right. We are at the topic, which is more news. And more trailers. And more trailers. More trailers. Um, real quickly, though, uh, DC Fandom happened this week. Um, who watched the stream, by the way? Not all of it, but most. I watched most of it. Yeah, I watched the, the whole thing. Uh, I just I had it on. I cared about. Because I like I we specifically didn't want to watch the Titans panel because we haven't finished Titans, mm-hmm. so we didn't watch it. Yeah, I, I just had it on. Uh, you know, some of the things I didn't really care about, but I just put it on. Got me really upset at one point. We'll talk about it anyway. Um, but today they also released a new forty-five minute panel uh, that was the Superman Man of Tomorrow panel. Uh, they did this because when when they initially. Uh, when they initially scheduled that panel for the September 12th event, they didn't realize that the movie would be out. So they decided to do this. That's an oopsie. Um, I was going to say, I was like, wait, isn't that soon? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they talked a little bit about about Superman, uh, Man of Tomorrow, but the big thing was that they released the new animated films to come out next year. Uh, next year, the DC animated films, there'll be four of them. Uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon, which is one that we knew about already. Talked about it last week. Justice Society World War II. Thank you. I'm excited. That's a, that's yes. like, 
like last night or or something. Like yeah. it's so weird because we're still getting news after fandom. I'm like, why didn't you just put it in the fandom? Because they put it in this uh, this Man of Tomorrow camera, and that's where it was. Oh, released. okay, sure, 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 sure. And yeah. then they released it late. Yeah. Uh, the Justice Society movie. I'm so stoked for. Holy oh, shit! Dude, when I saw that on the thing, I'm like, yes, gimme. And Lots then. Of- JSA representation this 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 day, yeah yeah, uh, and then Batman: The Long Halloween Part One and Part Two, all coming out next year. I'd rather them do the two parters because um, that Dark Knight Returns two parters is it makes it so much better. Having yeah. not taking away stuff that's core to that book is really important, especially if you want to tell something like Long Halloween. You can't cut out some months. Some of those months are really no, important. You can't. Um, I just hope it's good. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm not even worried about it being good. I'm just like, I'm glad we got the JSA announcement. Why do the other three all have to be Batman? Because <laughs> Batman sells. When we went through all those previous animated films and like 75% of them are Batman, I'm exaggerating, but like it, no, a yeah. lot of them were Batman. No, and yeah. I'm like, I did. there's other people who I deserve have... animated movies. I agree. Give me a Flash animated movie that isn't Flashpoint. He can't get it in live action. Give it to him in animation. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree, but I've, I've been hoping for something for... Uh, I feel Long Halloween is finally getting a, a do, essentially, because that's one of the best... My favorite books of all time is a really good book. And, made it a book club, like, and uh, yeah, I made a book club twice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But long, it's one. It's what my. It's my personal favorite Batman story. So, minus all the other stuff, it's like yes, Long Halloween. But I do agree. Yeah, there's way too many freaking Batman stuff. I mean, JSA, woohoo, Batman, Batman, Batman. Why? Yeah, right. Just, just can we have other DC heroes, please? I'm, I'm. Green Lantern. Oh, well, there is. There are some other cool announcements. There are. There are. Yeah. And let's get right into them. Uh, the stream started. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You clearly had thoughts about Batman Long Halloween. No, I didn't. No? Nothing? No. Okay. It's whatever. It's Batman. I'll be honest. I don't know if we need an animated Long Halloween. No, I don't think so either. But I also didn't need a Batman Hush or a Batman, Batman, Son of Batman, or Batman, 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 Batman. Batman. We're going to get them no matter what. I, I guess I'll be more clear. I don't know how well that book will translate to animated. Yeah. That's the dude talking, discovering mysteries. You, you would have, you would have to change the art style. Mm-hmm. Not that they haven't done that in these movies before. No, true, yeah, but some. Out well. No, I agree. It's just when like they, when they try to when they try to keep to the uh, the story, they do try to keep to the animation style. We'll see. It, Too early to tell. You look at um, the Dark Knight Returns is a good example. It looks like Frank yeah. Miller, but three D. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, that, and those those two movies rule. I think that's a yeah. those are a, those are good. <clears throat> All right, so let's get let's get right into it. Uh, the event happened started right at ten o'clock. Um, I just had the whole thing on, and right away I, I kind of I thought, what are our initial thoughts of the the thing before we get into some of the bigger the bigger announcements? I think overall it was pretty great. Yeah, I did too. I left I left feeling next to, besides the comics because the comics is getting its own separate event. Uh, I felt really positive about DC, yeah, which is what I really, really yeah. wanted to feel. DC media, DC media, because sure. because like, we've talked about it, like the 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 comics aren't really giving me what I want, and like it's nice to see the future's bright, at least on this end. Yeah, um, I had the I just have I just had the panels listed, so just gonna go through them, talk sure. about them if we if we uh, have any major thoughts. 
Uh, but the first panel that dropped was Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, they did their little thing. You know, they're like they're a big, happy family. They all love each other. It's great. Linda Carter asked a question. It was great. Uh, but they showed the the new trailer, the second and last trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. Holy crap, guys. I'm so excited. Yes. She looks good. I think she looks great. Ev, ev, I thought that first trailer was pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, I think this trailer is pretty dope. Yeah. I... I, everything I saw, I'm still, like, I, I've now accepted Steve Trevor's in the movie, and now that I see he's, like, the comic relief, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Give me all the parachute pants jokes. Yes. Give me all of that. Um, Does everybody like, do parachutes? Like, yeah, I like, thought it was funny when they did the art joke, and then she's, and then the, the, the we got the parachute pants joke, I'm like, does anyone, does everyone just parachute out? Like, oh, Steve, yeah. no. Uh, he's a fish out of water instead of her. Um, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice reversal. Um, uh, I'm very curious about what the plot of the movie is going to be. From everything we've seen of the two trailers, there's a big satellite. I think that's where Max Warlord is giving his broadcast to get to the world. He has some type of magical artifact that brings people's dreams to life. But does that affect the entire world or just affect the characters in the movie? Because it affects Wonder Woman and it affects Barbara. But it has to affect everyone else. So I'm really curious about the state of the world that mm-hmm. we just haven't seen yet. Because there's, there's a lot of stuff we just haven't seen. Uh, I think Sheila looks great. I was really worried. I was really weird. We can get some shitty furry stuff. Uh, that was like a cheetah lady. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Kristen Wiig looks great. She does. Uh, this is really our first look at her playing Barbara, and yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. Um, I I'm very excited to see her bring uh, a lot of sincerity to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're, that was that was awesome. The panel was great. Uh, right from right away, I, I was like, thinking like, this is well done. You didn't need these to be any longer. Yeah. Um, the next panel was the Batman Gotham Knights trailer. Can I tell you what helped this whole event more than things like San Diego Comic-Con and everything? Yeah. The hosts for the panels that are there don't make it all about themselves. <laughs> True. And their appreciation for the fans. Yes! Taking a shot at Chris Hardwick, but there are other hosts that have done this where they have to, like, plug their things into, like, their own personal... Uh, attachments to things and all that. I'm like, just let them talk. Yeah, you I'm ask not... the question, you engage with them in a fun way, but you let them talk. I'm not there for the host. I'm here for the for the content. Yes. Yeah. Um. So the bat. So the Warner Brothers Montreal, uh, Warner Brothers game Montreal. They were going to announce what they've been working on this entire time, and they did. It is Batman Gotham Knights, which is. I, a... been... I think they should have switched the two game presentations because this game's coming out soon, and the other one's not. Yeah, uh, and I think mm-hmm. we're all in agreement. This game looks pretty sick. Yeah. At least for me, man. Like, it's the reason I started playing that Arkham Knight game again. Like, all I want is to play as the Bat Family, and there's nothing juicier than having a Batman game where he's not in it. That <laughs> is gonna. That makes me so happy. That that is such a that is such a hard thing to actually commit to. You're having a Batman game that Batman's not in it. Batman is your seller. Um, so they're relying on the family. And I think it's shown people like the family. Uh, like, mm-hmm. at least online, people are so stoked for this, dude. Like, I watched that gameplay footage in, like, 4K on my big TV, and I'm like, holy shit, baby, I'm ready. Give me this game. Playing it, my- I, it does look tonally inspired from the Arkham games, but they were clear it is a separate universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. It has to yeah. be. It has to yeah. be. Yeah, it does. Um, oh. And, and uh, it's not – It's 
it's not really a big deal, but I thought it was really cool that that half the cast are Asian actors. Nightwing and Jason Todd are Asian actors. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, I think all the characters look great. They all have like distinct looks. Like Jason Todd looks like he's been through some shit. He's like, got a big old scar and some gray hair. He's got some rogue action going on. Um, I'm they very also, excited. They all have a. Uh, they all have special special techniques. Yes. So um, they all level up differently. They're all going to have their own skill trees. Um, it's not. It's not like an. It's not like an Avengers. That's that's what everyone thought it originally was. This is a live service game. It's not. It's an. It's an Arkham Asylum game of four characters, which is great. Um, but they all have their own skill trees. You don't have to worry about like uh, mix and matching. They all have their own stuff, so you can play who you want when you want. Oh wait, uh, wait. It, this isn't a. This isn't an online four player no. co op. This is a two person co op game. It's a single player Arkham game, or you can play it the entire game with a friend. Oh, this is an Arkham game. Mm-hmm. I'm actually way more into it. Into it now. Me too. I don't care cool. about that successful game that much. No. So. <laughs> The fact that they mentioned multiplayer, co-op multiplayer, yeah. just makes me ecstatic. You can play the entire campaign with a mm-hmm. friend. Now, I yes. understand not doing four-player. That that might be too hard on the system, but it like might. two but, is still fun. That's really cool. But how cool would it be if all four of us were able to play online together co-op style? Yeah, for I think, sure. I think it, it might be just too difficult for the story stuff they want. It uh, might. I, I, think, I think on top of that, I don't, I don't get the impression that most missions, if any, are designed for all four characters to be in one place at the same time. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. I think every character could be at every location. Yeah. No, but I mean, uh, what I mean is like, they, it, it, what it seems like is that they're doing it, it more individual missions that don't involve, like you could have any character in a place but they're not designed for four heroes oh, no, to yeah. go through it. Mm-hmm. They're not designed to have that kind of enemy amount to equal to four heroes, oh, no, that yeah. kind of thing. The bosses aren't designed yeah, to it's, encounter it's, four it's heroes. It's two people at a time. You, you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not four players at once. It's you two I, of the So even though it's multiplayer, I can only assume it's multiplayer via online because having to do that split-screen couch co-op might be a little much. Yeah. Companies but, have unfortunately given up on split-screen a lot of times. Yeah, but if there is a split-screen option, yes. That'd be so much fun to do. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I understand why a lot of companies have given up on split screen uh, when it comes to games like this, because it's very hard to make the camera system feel like you're seeing as much of the game as you're supposed to and and feel functional. I I just really quick want to give credit. I think the game system that figured it out is actually the Lego games. Uh, where there is a balancing, like as two characters wander, a line appears and starts to split the screen. Yes. To directionally, and then yes. we'll recorrect as you come back. So, but not every game can do that. Here's the difference with that: the Lego games, those are narratively go through a a single player. Yeah. So they're only processing that level. Right. Uh, when you have a open world PS5 Batman game, you have to process both open worlds at the exact same time on small screens. That you're you cannot run that. You're you, you yeah, need a except PS, that one game. You need a PS6 for that, but that's not a multiplayer game. No, I know. That's why I'm still. That's why I'm still not sold on that game. Sure. Because you have to sell me on can you actually run two worlds at the same time. Uh, so mm-hmm. I get why this game would be a problem because you would need sure. a PS6 for that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But, but still, since we're still in quarantine and we all have PS4s, that shouldn't be a problem. Like hitting one of us up is like, who's free? Cool, let's go play Damn. some golf next. It's on PS4. Oh, oh, PS5. Sorry, next yeah. gen game. It's coming out next That's, year. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm super, I'm super stoked, especially now knowing that I don't need to play it online. Um, yeah, this whole thing. But you yourself. can play it mm-hmm. with one of us, and it won't hinder it at all. Great. Um, so how did that savings for the PS Survive come along, guys? I've already got the money set aside. Pretty good. Oh, 
I still ben, have a regular job. Ben, uh, we were all on an unemployment with benefits for a while. Um, we knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Then the Sandman universe started. Uh, this is Neil Gaiman just talking about Sandman universe with some of the people writing it. That was good. Did anyone watch that? Anyone have anything to say about that? I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch it. Um, did they did they talk about the audio play? Audio Yeah, they drama? said they want to do more. They want to do cool. more. That was uh, that's had... that's apparently Audible's most successful um thing that's ever been made. Like that's the most yeah. downloaded thing they've ever made is that Sandman audio drama, which is that blows my mind that enough people care about Sandman that it actually breaks number one. That's makes me so happy. The uh they just talked about the Netflix show. Uh, they're going to start casting again now that things are kind of getting a little better. Cool. Wherever he is. I don't know where he is. Um, Then the Multiverse 101 panel. And I found this very interesting. Did anyone watch this one? Yeah, I saw it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This had Greg Berlanti, uh, Jim Lee, Walter Amada, and that's in the... uh, Tiffany Smith was the moderator. That's all the four. Um, And they just talked about their departments, comics, movies, TV shows, and how they want to basically do what we've been saying that they're probably doing, building is, that kind panel, of multiverse. Yeah, this panel basically confirmed exactly what I thought it was going to confirm, which is Jim Lee going, um, all media exists in the multiverse, and all of it is connected, and we can pull from anything at any time. And they said, yeah, that's it. That's true. That's why we did the Ezra Miller thing. Uh, it's because... We, we're going to now say that this is all multiverse and we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, and they also talked about... It's, it's smart play at this point. Yeah. I agree. You know, they also talked about how, like, the Batman in its own separate universe, Joker in its own separate universe, the Snyderverse in its own thing, whatever. The, you know, they talk about, like, we're way more open to just embr- embracing it in film and then in TV and then in comics. So I will say, I know they said that the Batman's a separate universe, and I'm just going to say, I think, for now. But I don't think it will stay that way post a certain Flash movie. Mm, right. Mm. Speaking of, that was the next panel. Introducing yep. Flash. Oh, real quick. That was, um, a, that was a panel. Real quick, that multiverse panel. The very first question was about Watchmen. And Jim Lee's response was, uh, we don't have any plans to put the characters into like the, the minutia small stuff, but they will be evolved more in the event stuff. And that just broke my heart. Well, but he, I, said, he said specifically that we are we're just interested in exploring the Watchmen universe. We won't have any more. We won't have many more crossovers. I thought he said something about like the Watchmen stuff would definitely. No, still okay, be. hold on. <laughs> I wish we had the exact quote. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what was asked is they asked, "Will there be more crossing over in the comics?" between Watchmen and the DC characters. He said, well, we have Rorschach coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really planned for there to be any more. Like, we wouldn't be doing it in small ways. It would be saved for big event stuff if, yes. if it were to happen. Yeah. So it's not a no and it's not a yes. It's a yes. Yeah. It's a yes. Dr. Manhattan is on their billboard. It's a yes. And I see, I, I, again, sucks we don't have the quote, but I heard it, I heard it as, uh, we're, not, we're not interested in doing any more crossovers. We're more interested in exploring the world of Watchmen. But- I hope that's right. I hope that's true. Yeah. Uh, the next panel was The Flash, introducing Flash uh, with uh, Chokes a Girl, Ezra Miller. Sorry, Ezra Miller. Um, no, you're right. Before, however, before Fandom, and I figured out why this was before Fandom, it's because the contract was just signed and the panel was already recorded because all the panels were, were uh, pre-recorded. Right. 
It was confirmed by the director himself that Ben Affleck is returning to the role of Batman in the Flash film. Right, which we have to talk about. Um, it's, yeah. It is weird. I would think even if you pre-recorded stuff, I would record a new thing to be part of this, to be like Ben Affleck's in it. Um, <laughs> that's kind of important for us to talk about since it was leaked two yeah. or three days ago. Uh, it, the, the fact that the panel didn't address... so. I didn't love the, this 10 minute panel. I didn't think they told me anything really. Uh, all they told me is that it's Flashpoint. Flashpoint. We're doing multiverse stuff. Everyone I'm like, loves yeah, Flashpoint. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, know. I want to make me care and believe about it. And, I, and I'm and i having a hard time with Flashpoint that. and Civil War. The companies will never, never <laughs> get away from them. Uh, and I, I wish uh, that there had been more talk of like, I know they showed the image that's very clearly Michael Keaton's Batman, but that's still concept art. It's not an official confirmation that Keaton's in it mm-hmm. um, because we're not there. We did get confirmation about Ben. His Affleck's official Batman. Wikipedia page says he's in it. So oh, I'm going to oh. take that. As well. uh, but, but I mean, like that would have been a nice place to drop that information yeah. or something. Uh, the one thing I did appreciate is that the yellow lightning is back very clearly. Um, forget the Snyder blue lightning stuff, which is stupid. And just because he likes the color blue, um, um, I, the, I appreciate uh, the new. I'm excited that the redesign of the costume. That Me costume too. is a piece of shit. Yep. Um, uh, Christina Hodgson's is writing it, and she did Bumblebee and Birds of Prey. So, yeah. so I have no reason not to think that at least the script is going to be dope. Yeah. Um, we've um, we've all kind of talked to each other about this, not on the podcast. So I guess we should talk about it here. Uh, I am glad Ben Affleck's in this movie. I am too. I am glad that his Batman is getting kind of a closure piece. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it has not been officially said by like the director or anything, but a lot of sources have been saying uh, this is his last appearance as Batman. It's just this. It's a one and done. Um, mm-hmm. That's it. And uh, and I think that's really nice. I think that's a really nice thing to do transitionally. Um, certainly, if you're doing the multiverse explosion, it's going to change who Batman is in the main Ezra Miller, Gal Gadot, uh, Jason Momoa universe. Yeah. Then cool. I'm glad you're doing this. That's awesome. Uh, I'm super into it. And and I like the whole presentation of that. The fact that we're pulling in things that are leading into this bigger multiverse, that crisis into that. I still just wish the first Flash movie wasn't Flashpoint. No, I'm... and also like, I'm, I kind of want my Flash movie to be about Flash. <laughs> Why is it about two Batman? Why is it about the multiverse? Why does it have to be the first ones about the multiverse? Because people, I don't know. People who don't know Flash only know Flashpoint, so they think you have to do Flashpoint. Can I tell no. you another thing? I think I I think that they wouldn't be pulling so hard on this. We've got to include these other things. We've got to do Flashpoint. We've got to do multiverse stuff. I don't know they would be pulling so hard on this trigger if they didn't have the Flash, which arguably is the most successful of the CW shows yeah, as true. far as popularity. Yeah, true. Uh, and I think that that kind of makes them go, well, we got all that Flash. Uh, we don't want to do these same things that Flash is doing. We should do something bigger, broader, something that brings people in that's not just like the TV show Flash. And I can kind of understand that being the impetus. It still sucks. See, that, the, uh, that that that's all it is. Again, so Flashpoint it's, is he goes back in time to save his mom. We don't know Barry Allen yet. So like the Wait first the Snyder Cut, baby. Supposedly he's got a more emotional arc in that. Okay, sure, yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, him and Cyberg were cut from that movie. I'll actually um, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine with that. Yeah, actually, my, yeah. My uh, my thing is just I was also I was really surprised that after and you know what, glad 
after the role almost killed him, he decided to come back. He so there's an interview. I don't know where it's from, but it's with Anna Armas, and it's it's a very just like small candid interview about Ben Affleck and how like that dude. He was in a really bad place when yeah. he was making Batman, and 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 a lot of people are like, man, and I think Anna Armas might have saved this dude's life, like for real, because um, he he seems like the happiest he's ever been, and he's like lost weight, and like she said, like he wasn't at a point where he could be Batman. He's bad. He's there now. Like he's healthy. He's happy. Like he doesn't want to leave it the way it was. And I'm like, I respect that so much. I, I respect I, that. Too. I love. Mm-hmm. I he's my favorite part of that bad movie of that BBS movie. I think Ben Affleck brings it so hard. And we'll talk about with justice league. I'm excited to see that because we get to see the Batman that was in that BBS movie, not in that shitty justice league, uh, whatever that Batman was. So like, I'm very excited for Batman or for Ben Affleck to get to, to, to leave it the way that he wants it to not in a bad place. Cause like that dude went through some bad shit. Like that sucks that he didn't get to leave the legacy of Batman the way he wanted to. Yeah. And regardless of how I feel about the Snyder, uh Snyder's interpretation of these heroes and things like that. Ben Affleck did a great job as Batman. I, I can acknowledge that. And I and I don't want him to leave it on a note where he feels like he he didn't get what he wanted out of it or he underserved. So him coming in for this is really cool. Really, yeah. really cool. It's it just comes back to the like, but I want it to be about Barry Allen. I, just I want, want this I just like I just wish this was the second movie. I wish we'd already had a flash movie like two or three years ago. When when like they kind of originally wanted Flash and Cyborg movie. Whatever. Yeah. Like I wish we'd already had that. I wish we'd already had something that grounded us with Ezra Miller's interpretation of Barry before we get another kind of crossover film because that's all he's had so far. I would love because like despite Ezra Miller being an asshole, uh that dude's really charming and that dude is really funny and that dude is a really good actor. Um, I would love to see him just battle a couple of rogues just to know who that character is. Sure. I don't want your first movie to be the biggest multiversal event of the year when I don't know who you are. But yet. that's, but that's, you know, that we all kind of know we feel that way. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we're getting. Uh, I'm encouraged by what they said in this 10 minute panel. I wish that there had been more to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm encouraged by, by the director and the writer now for sure. Yeah. Then the- uh, one other note, um, they didn't show a lot of art of it, but they talked about that uh, he has a particular way he wants to display the speed force. Mm. And that just has me interested. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm intrigued that he has some some like concept art vision, high concept vision of how the speed force is going to look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the uh, Beyond Batman panel, which was just Kevin Conroy, Wilfred L., uh, Mystery Science Theatering, uh, Batman 66. This legitimately yes. might be my favorite thing that I saw today. It's just yeah. five minutes. Ben did, ben, did you see this thing at all by I chance? I didn't so, watch any of it. Okay, so it's it's Batman Beyond. It's Terry McGinnis and Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. watching Batman 66 footage and just commenting on it like with silly stuff. Like, nice. wait, why are why why is he doing that? I wouldn't do that. Are He's you like, kidding me? Does like, the Joker have a mustache? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the best bit is this Kevin Cutter just like, I just, what? And then, and then Wilfred, Wilfred was like, are, are you still looking at the mustache? And he's like, it's so mesmerizing. Yeah. Uh, man, it's like five minutes. Like, you should definitely at least watch that, if anything, because it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's just Kevin Conroy and Wilfred L just having a good time for five Did minutes. Did they put that um, up on YouTube, or? I have no idea. I wouldn't I be shocked if it's on YouTube know. by now. All right. I watched all, all, a lot of the stuff on YouTube. Because I, I would probably die laughing if they brought up the footage from uh, Batman, the the television, the, not the television, the, the film with the shark repellent. No, no, yeah. so it's it's specifically it's specifically a sequence of events from the clip, and so it's like okay. old man Bruce Wayne like taps into the multiverse and sees this other Earth version, and Wilfred L. can't get over Robin's uh, Speedo look. Oh. 
and he keeps teasing Bruce about about what's happening. But and Bruce like that's not me. That's not me. It but was kind of you. It was very cute. It's the kind of material that you wish that they would have the ability to play in between panels at a con. Yeah, yeah. There was there was like a lot of like is it is it Ardman who made those? It's not, it's, uh, I don't think it's Ardman, but, um, those are, those are older shorts, but they are really well done. The little clay figures, um, doing, uh, like children's voices as, uh, DC heroes um, and villains. It's really cute. All the, the interspliced, like, stuff between panels, I thought was really fun. Like, there wasn't anything that was just wasted. It was, like, Jim Lee talking to people about their art, or it was just random interviews with actors. It was, like, the, it was, like, the claymation stuff. Like, again, like, I think this whole thing was made really well. All right, yeah, so I, th- I think I found it on YouTube, so I'll probably get that watched later tonight. Cool. Then the Suicide Squad panel started. And that brought the house down, in my opinion. 100%. I, did anyone have an idea that that what was what the movie was going to look like? like? No, and oh, I'm so, right, so excited. Okay, so guys, there's a leak online about who the villain for the movie is. Do you want to know who it, who it might be? Sure. Brandon, you're going to lose your shit. You have one guess. Now, I want you to think about it. Think of a recent character in a comic book that's so crazy. So crazy. It's recent. It's in death metal. I'll even give you that. It's unbelievable. Lobo? It's it's Starro. You're shitting me. Starro the actual villain. That's why we haven't seen anything. Look, He's look, mind controlling all of these people. Look, uh, James, James Gunn, I'd believe it. This might be the greatest movie ever made. Are you shitting me? We're getting Starro and Suicide Squad and not a Justice League movie? It's a rumor. But like, like there's, there's a military general who's the villain, but like he might be being mind controlled by a villain. Like, we had We had no idea who the cast was until now. They said everyone, baby. We, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go through the list. Go through it. Idris Elba, Idris Elba has been confirmed to play Bloodsport. Obviously, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. John Cena as Peacemaker. Viola Davis returning as Amanda Waller. Jai Cordy returning as Captain Boomerang. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. Woohoo. <laughs> David Dosmalkian confirmed to play Polka Dot Man. Daniela Melquire as Ratcatcher 2. Uh... Steve uh, Agi, smoke Agi, smoke cat. So King, he, King he, Shark. Uh, you guys have seen Harley Quinn. That dude sounds a lot like Ron Funches. Yeah, he is going to be just like that. It's like I, I can't wait, guys. King Shark is coming, <laughs> man. King Shark fans win. Bring up really? that. I think hilarious. Um. All right. Uh. Sean Gunn is Weasel. I saw so much tweets of the picture of King Shark and then just King Shark is a shark. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, I fucking hate that line in that anime movie, but I respect what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Flula Borg is Javelin. Nathan Fillion as TDK. So, so for some reason, we know who that character hey. is. He's arms fall off boy. Yeah. He's a character who he can rip his arms off and grow them back. So I don't know why they're not just naming him. That's super weird. Uh, so I think he might have like a like a special part of the movie that they don't want to reveal, but it's so weird that he doesn't actually get named because he's just a yeah. dude whose arms fall off. Um, Peter Capaldi as the thinker. He looks so good. He Is does. the thinker that villain from The Flash who sat in that chair? Yeah. Shit, dude. That's <laughs> crazy. I, I can't tell you enough how excited I am about Peter Capaldi as the thinker. Yeah. I'm losing my mind about it. Yeah. Um, 
All right, Pete Davidson as Blackguard. Uh, Alicia, Alice Braga as Solsoria. She's in New yeah. Mutants. Um, Mei-Ling NG as Mongol. Mongal, sorry. Mongal. Mongal. <laughs> Michael Rooker as Savant. Storm Reed as Tyla, Bloodsport's daughter. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Holland as Amelia Harcourt. And Juan Diego Bota as Luna, El Presidente. Yeah, um, this whole cast is crazy, and you don't have a cast of like 15 people in a Suicide Squad movie if you're not going to kill most of them. So, guys, this is a rated R 1970s war comedy starring like the greatest actors of our generation. Like, I just don't, plus, maybe it has a giant starfish in it. The behind the scenes featurette that we saw is awesome, it's like better than a trailer, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it gets you pumped. Um, this so might have like next to the Batman, like this. Actually, I think some people are more excited for this because they didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I, well, I am excited for the Batman. I honestly, this took and the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. I was, I was pumped, but this took the cake. I was like, this is so exciting. It feels uh, like this so is much the like movie James where, Gunn. like, if I could rush to one of the movies they were they were talking about, this is the one I want to see right away. This comes yeah. out in exactly like one year, and I'm so glad that I get to say that about the Suicide Squad movie, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, on the fandom website, they had a secret DC Comics. Uh, I just want to talk about how uh, it, they talked about James Gunn talked about that he's uh, bringing over one of the visual effects guys from the MCU uh, and the, he said that there are more visual effects explosions and things like that in Suicide Squad than all of the Marvel movies he's worked on combined. He said this is the biggest movie he's ever made and we've seen Guardians of the Galaxy that's a cosmic event so this like old school war movie is going to be bigger than that like oh baby. I'm so excited alright so they had a, a secret DC Comics event what was that going to be? It sounded like Endless Winter it wasn't. It was Milestone Comics. This was uh, somewhat leaked like a day early, but uh, Newsarama, they kept po- posting multiple articles of like, <laughs> like, what's that secret DC event? Uh, we'll find out in a mile, dot, dot, dot. Stone? Just like a lot of silly things just like referencing and like, wow, um, like this really famous 90s guy who worked on Milestone is going to be at DC at 145. Wonder what it's about. Uh, so it wasn't so much a secret, but like a very nice surprise. Right. Yeah. Uh, Milestone Comics has not been published for a cup for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, we first heard about kind of a revival, I think about last year. Um, but now we got like, hey, this is happening. It's going to launch with a Static Shock digital series. Um, the previous Milestone Comics that were published will start being published digitally come September of this year in the lead-up to the launch. What was really interesting, though, was that not only is Static Shock getting two new comics, one a graphic novel for YA audiences, which, beautiful, uh, is that they're talking about a live-action movie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so Did stoked. Did they also something about a TV show as well? A podcast and animated uh, features. Okay, yeah, they for, they they're for milestone comics altogether. Right. Yeah, they're they're going super hard. Um, which is fantastic. Like I like I hey, we were all like babies when Milestone was around, so none of us were reading those comics, right? right. And then they're all out of print. So even if we wanted to, uh we couldn't without spending like hundreds of dollars. 
Um, Milestone was a was a honestly a groundbreaking thing in the in the '90s for for uh, for diversity. Uh, there's a, like it's all it's all diverse characters, uh, uh, and that's awesome. And unfortunately, it, it it didn't sell like it needed to. So Static Shock was successful. Successful it got a TV show and everything, right? What a, what an incredible gift. Yeah, like, and given the second. And life. if you watch that panel, um, they're talking about how like nobody was doing this at the time, and so like it was really them like shaping the future, and it just it it fortunately didn't pan out the way they wanted to. Um, a lot of these just, characters, a lot of these characters now exist in the DC universe. Yeah, um, and it's just, it's really nice that they're they're not they're not going hard like with like twelve titles all at once like X Men or something like they are starting small. But it's really nice that considering DC just had all those layoffs, this is still going forward because like this could have been a seriously bad situation of AT and T just cutting this off early, um, and that would have been really bad. So it's really great that Milestone's coming back. Like so many more diverse characters are going to get the limelight: movies, TV shows, podcasts, like. It's not a bad. I, I mean, like, and we've talked about like DC's current comic lineup and everything, and how Marvel's kind of beating them in the, the diversity spectrum because most of, pretty much every title happening right now is led by white people, um, and it, 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 both behind the scenes and on, on the comic, which isn't a terrible thing. But um, it's nice to see this sea change happening. Yeah. yeah, and there's another book we'll talk about too that's just adding to this. Um. All right. Then after that. It happened. The Snyder Cut. Oh, that was next? That was next. That was the next panel. Hot dog. Uh, this was Zack Snyder being asked questions about the cast and then interviewing his uh, followers. I do want to say that it was really nice just to see Henry Cavill attached to something DC-related again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was. He's also, it was. He's also on the set of The Witcher. Uh, so that's why he's wearing a hat. Can't yeah. see his head. He's yeah. a... <laughs> I'm so excited. Are. No, anyway, seeing Henry Cavill in a Superman suit again, it was like, okay, that's good. Seeing well, we're that, talking uh, about we're talking about his question. So Ben, because you didn't watch the the panel, um, what had happened was Zack Snyder had his little thing, and he was going to he had his cast ask him questions uh, from from fans, and then he brought in a fan to talk to. So this was the most recent thing we've seen of Henry Cavill being involved with DC because he. He did it while he's on the side of the Witcher, calling and asking a question. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I'll be honest. Like, and now knowing that the girl that he interviewed is also one of the the major harassers in the in the movement, like, I, yeah. I, I found the whole thing very annoying. I it's it's really unfortunate because, like, again, like we're I I besides the bad fans, I respect the people who really. They didn't get the movie they wanted. Imagine we saw, you know, a bunch of MCU movies that were the MCU, and then the Avengers was a Zack Snyder movie. Like that would suck, right? That I, yeah. I am, I a hundred percent understand not getting the Justice League movie you want, okay? But that that doesn't excuse like the the harassment or the abuse, all that stuff. But there are fans who really want it. It's just so crazy to me that like of the two fans that they talked to, one of them is a super racist, and you can find all of her tweets online about how she's really racist and gross, and it's like. Oh, I know she was one of the people who was like the, the start of the Snyder Cup, but like, man, do you, you guys could have got anyone else because like that lady that was talking, she's got some bad history. Right. That other guy's fine, but that girl had some has some tweets she should she should talk about. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like that. There's it, it's unfortunate that you know it, there never will be an acknowledgement of the viciousness of mm -hmm. uh, the Snyder cult movement. Yeah. I was telling Ryan that like really what the panel was up to the trailer felt like the Snyder cult's victory lap. Yeah. Um, 
where they get to go. Sorry, Brandon. I was just saying that uh, the panel up to the trailer just felt like the Snyder cults victory lap. Um, yes. And it's a shame that there will never, there's never going to be a moment where Zack Snyder condemns the behavior that led to this because he won and they won. And I, again, like I cannot separate enough. I disagree with Zack Snyder's interpretation of these characters for the most part. Um, I do see some value in some of the things. I even see some things where I need to revisit what's good about them. Um, but that being said, overall, I don't like them. However, I completely understand and agree with someone getting the opportunity, especially surrounded by the family tragedy he was, to be able to tell the story he wanted to tell. I respect it creatively. However, the movement and the acceptance of the movement that led to it, and, uh, and like you don't have to look far for the people who, like, the moment the Snyder Cut was announced, were coming after the people who didn't like the movie because they don't like the movie. And that's the thing. is like, and, and, and I'll acknowledge, I will acknowledge, there's definitely the people on the other side who harass the people who like the Snyder movie. Definitely happens. I know we do it every once in a while. We try to be better about it. I know I do it. But, but, that, but that movement had a lot of bad shit, and I wish that there would be some acknowledgement of, like, I wish Zack Snyder were the kind of person who could come, come out and say, hey... I'm really glad this is happening. Um, I definitely think that there were some some wonky ways of how we got here. I do not agree with a lot of the harassment. I think that everybody has the right to either enjoy or dislike the movie. Instead, but, um, he said that it's a movie for grown-ups and people who like uh, cartoons wouldn't understand. Uh, so, I, I uh, yeah. It's hard for me to give him the benefit of the doubt because I am trying so hard. I've tried so hard. <laughs> Yeah, I I just when he said the grown up line, like he tweeted that out like two hours before this panel, I was already checked out. I know. Yeah. I will anyway, say but I the will first say... Oh no, you go. Oh sorry, the, the trailer is out. It's a full screen yeah. it's weirdly full screen. Why? Uh but it is out. It is out. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And it will be a four hour long series yeah so it's it's a mini series it's it's hour long mini series that's that he originally said maybe it might be like like a six part thing um i'm personally happy uh uh with like a four hour mini cut he, the, the problem is he says he says we're making it in four hour chunks but also you could watch it as a movie movies and tv shows are not the same thing they're made differently well, I was going to say to I, I, what I said to Brandon on Twitter because Brandon was talking about how how large this was, and I'm like, here's the thing: he wasn't filming a four hour movie when he filmed it. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was filming a movie like other people film movies, and then going to cut things down. Mm -hmm. This sounds like there will be very little. Like, maybe you should have cut that consideration taken into this because yeah. you got to make it worth it for it to now be the Snyder cut. Yeah, uh, and that that's weird and a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will, I, I will, I will always, this has been my, my thing with this thing is I would much rather watch a bad Justice League than the studio mandated fine Justice League that we got. Cause there's no personality in that movie. That movie is 90. It's just, is it two hours? It's nine. What is it? Two hours, 90 minutes. It's like two hours, 10 minutes. Okay. That movie is, is, uh, it, it's just a fine movie. There's no depth. There's none of the Snyder trying to be smart, even if he's not, which I'd rather have because that's what Zack Snyder tries to do. So again, I am so much more excited after seeing this trailer and seeing all the new footage. Uh, yeah, Dark Side looks like shit. That movie's not coming out for a year. The CGI is not done. It's gonna probably still look like shit anyway. Um, Desaad, I'm glad Desaad's in this movie. I think Desaad's. Oh, that's what it was. 
Yeah, the sod's okay. cool. No, Look. when I first saw the sod, I thought that was um, freaking corset. What, what, what? Something glaive. Glaive. Corvus Glaive, yeah. He no, looks so much. I was like, hold up, I've seen you before. You're you're yeah. from Avengers. How'd you get up in here? So here's so here's my thing. I, I look at like movies like Eternals. You know, that's those are Kirby characters designed and and in the movie they're carrying on the color, like the, the Kirby-esque bright fun colors, even if the situation may not be. You contrast that with the new gods. Who are also Jack Kirby-like characters. Yeah. Who the hell said Gray? Uh, Zack Snyder. I splashed some color on that man. Especially oh, no, I, I saw it, man. It, uh, I would probably prefer the Joss Whedon look. But like again, like just for consistency of Zack Snyder's movies, I'm okay with the way this this thing looks because this is his movie. Mm-hmm. All those all those New Gods characters like look bad. Like I'm not gonna defend that. Um, we are getting a New Gods movie with Tom Tom King writing the script with Ava DuVernay, and he's he talked about that. He's still writing it. I'm like, these can't be the same characters, right? Because that's <laughs> not gonna look like this, right? And it's not because this is Zack Snyder's universe. You're gonna have the Batman in its own universe. You got the Joker doing its thing. You got the New Gods doing its own thing. I, this is a situation for me where you get to get, have your cake and eat it too. You don't like the Snyderverse? Guess what? Don't watch it. You got the Batman. You got Wonder Woman 84. There's no reason to continue to be mean for something that's oh, that's going to happen. We lost. It sucks. We lost. But I'd rather accept it and try to be positive about it than just be a Snyder Cut person and be negative. So He I'm makes accept- it very hard. Be better than that, Brandon. Two wrongs don't make a right. So I'm excited for this movie. I'm not attacking him. No, you, no, I know. I, I'm excited for this for this mini series. It's probably still going to be bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I would rather get this than the Justice League we got. And I remember reviewing that movie positively, thinking it back. I was stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. That movie. That movie is soulless. It's. I watched some clips and I'm like, oh wow. I'm so excited for Bruce Wayne Batman, the Zack Snyder Batman, because that's not the Batman in the Joss Whedon one. That's a funny Batman. That's a Batman who's got money. And I'm like. F that. Give me the give me that dark Batman. That's fine. Yeah, I'm excited for that because that's that's not a Batman wearing a wig. That's a that's 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 the Batman. That's a Ben Affleck who's there to be an actor. That's not a reshoot Batman. That's Batman. So uh, the performances are always going to be better because they're not reshoots. It's not going to look bad. It's not going to look different. At least it'll be consistent to the bad movies he made before. That's what I'm excited about. Uh, ben, what about I, you? What I hope you that this doesn't. Uh, the one thing that I want to carry on from just Joss Whedon's Justice League, everybody knows, is Superman. And I hope that this doesn't trap Henry Cavill's interpretation or Warner Brothers' perception of how they should show Superman in films back into nobody likes the 2017 Justice League, so not Superman like that. Because uh, yeah. that's the one thing that should escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, this hellstorm of what's this of what this has become. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Overall, I agree with you. Uh. You know. We. We. We just have to make the best of a bad situation. Um. In a sense. Uh. It, it's. It's really no different than like when we were originally going to be going into the Justice League to begin with. Except. Um. This is weird because there's no. Con- there can't be a conclusion to this. Not a real one. Yeah. Uh. This is setting up a, a battle with Darkseid that didn't film an ending. Uh, and foreseeably never will. Uh, that's weird. That is a weird space to live in. Yeah. To, I, to be seeing this. I imagine the finale will be like 
the Avengers finale, but if Thanos showed up. It is weird. You know what? It is weird to live in a moment where we are anticipating, whether in a positive way or a negative way, we are anticipating a film that represents a already dead universe. Yeah. Where there will be no continuation and we know it. Also, there will be no footage from that original movie in this movie. So we're getting an entirely fresh movie. And for me, that's very exciting. Like, we're not getting a half uh, a movie. We're getting a fresh-ass four-hour new Justice League. And for me, I'm getting another Justice League movie. So, like, good or bad, I'm still getting it. That's I find that exciting. I find yeah. that exciting. Yeah. Um, so I didn't watch the panel. All I just watched was the trailer. And when I first – like, the first thing you see when you click the thumbnail is Darkseid. And I had to convince myself that was Darkseid. If it wasn't for the giant Omega symbol on the chest, I'm like – that can't be dark side. Is that Bro's dark side? Hair. What? He's got chest hair. Hold on, Ben. What? It's not dark side. It's not? Ben. No, it's Uxas. No. Deep cut, baby. It's dark no. side before he was dark side. Yeah, they're doing, yeah. Oh, they're doing that. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. He, that's what he said. It's That's yeah. that's who that is. Okay. Dark side. Yeah, because remember, if you remember Justice League, um, that's probably when he goes. Uh, that's when he fights. All like, there's that montage, or not montage. There's that flashback of the that Green giant Lanterns war. and the Amazonians. Yeah. So yeah. instead of fighting Steppenwolf, they're fighting Darkseid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with Brandon. I hated Darkseid's color palette. It's like he put where's the blue. I mean, I know Darkseid's gray. Put some but color on the. Yeah. Where's the blue? Kirby. Make the eye. Make the eye brighter red. Give. Let you're, me, you're doing let Kirby. Hmm? You're doing Kirby. Yeah. yeah. You're um, doing Jack Kirby. Put some color in there. Yeah. Um. I'll just pretend that's like Dark Side's like little brother. Like you're doing, you're already like you're doing Superman, and Superman's been muted for two movies. Bro, he's gonna be in a black suit this whole movie. I know. Oh my god, that's right. They're bringing the black suit. We got the color Justice League. You can watch that movie. You own it. I know. You don't like this is not the color Justice League. This is the gray and black. Like I'm not. That's I'm not expecting that. I got that movie. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's. It's just hard for me to be. It's just hard for me to. Oh no! Trust me, I get it. Um. I will say the one the one thing I agree with Zack Snyder is he didn't like when Superman said "Do you bleed?" when he's under when he's like when he's like fighting the Justice League. That's the one thing I do agree with him. I'm like I also don't agree Batman should have said it, but I like that you think Superman should say it. At least you're trying, bud. At least you're trying. I mean, actually, I like that moment. You like that moment because it's making fun of Zack Snyder's moment. You know what? I actually didn't read it as making fun of. I thought it was homage. Yeah. It was just a callback. Anyway, all right. The Flash TV show had a plan, had a panel. Did anyone watch that? Really done, but okay. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh no, go. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Um. So, besides Darkseid, the whole time I was watching this trailer, I was, I was, I was done with it. I mean, you guys know what side of this whole Snyder cut, no Snyder cut, I've been on. And I mean, I am a little excited that we get to see something we've never seen because I do remember bits and pieces of that Justice League movie because when I first saw it, I. Liked it. I don't love it. I liked it. And now I think back on it, I was like, yeah, that wasn't that good. But we got it, and that's what we got. So, you know what I'm, I'm excited for is Cyborg. Because that one scene yeah. with his dad was actually yeah. pretty dope. I, yeah, that that was, was, I was actually yeah. looking more forward to seeing more Cyborg stuff. Because one of the things that I was really bummed is that – Because we see Vic playing football and how good he is. We never got that in the original. We, he was already Cyborg when that movie starts. They filmed that, they filmed that sequence uh, when they were filming Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. And now to that we actually get to see a really good scene with his dad in a mother box. It's like, oh, this is gonna probably have some good tragedy. We're gonna get some more of Cyborg and Flash. All right, that's cool. I like that. 
like the whole thing with cyborg is like that dude was built from a mother box so like he mm-hmm. could be like a secret like enemy without anyone knowing it and that's yeah. like a whole aspect of the movie that's just gone yeah so like if any of that shows up in this movie that it's a little yeah. kernel where i'm like cool there might be yeah. something yeah. instead there, of just surface level justice league i mean who knows this might actually be a really good thing this might not be bad and I mean, who knows? I, am I going to watch it? Yeah, I'm going to watch it because I'm still kind of interested in seeing Zach's whole 100% vision. That's 100% him. Got him Gal Gadot, the got, uh, uh, ben Affleck. I got Jason Momo. Like, I like yeah. that cast. I'll watch them for yeah. one more one more outing. Yeah, I, have, only, I, have, I, have, I have zero desire to see this movie. Yeah, but the only thing, the only thing that worries me a lot are the fans once this movie's done. Because Sparks, you said it. We're not going to get anything else after this. This is a dead universe. Well, at least we think it is. If the Snyder Cut fan, or as we've been calling it, the Snyder Cult fans, after we get this and there's supposed to be a lead-up to a bigger battle with Darkseid, with whomever, there could no- a new hashtag could pop up saying revive the Snyderverse. And oh, then- no, it will, it will happen. I just... Yeah. I, I think I think luckily, unless the thing makes like a billion dollars, and I don't know how it could because it's... It's streaming. Because it's free, but also he did say he's gonna find other ways to stream it, so you can probably buy it on Apple to Apple or whatever. I don't think that's even what he said. He said distribution, so I think that there's going to be a Blu-ray release. Yeah, uh, I think that Zack Snyder will make that happen because HBO Absolutely. Max has been a uh, weird launch, so it's not available in a ton of markets, um, and it looks like that will continue to be the case. So I, I actually respect and appreciate that he's like, you know, we're gonna try and get it to the audiences that want to see it that don't have access to HBO Max. Totally, I get it. Yeah, cool. I wish people were more like that about physical media in general. I'm not going to knock you for wanting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I move on. Uh, I did want to talk real quick. The tone. I just, e- even with what you're saying, I feel like the tone of the trailer was weird. No, because Hallelujah is a bad choice because you already used yeah. that in the movie once. Yeah, it, that was it. That was a weird. It was a whole weird presentation. It wasn't what I expected from this. Uh, even even knowing what Zack Snyder does, I was like, this is a such an odd tone such an odd thing to live in what what a weird moment the, it also feels a little like self-congratulating like hallelujah the 100%. yeah yeah um 100%. also somebody god somebody made an endgame trailer using hallelujah calling it like the Zack snyder edition and it's just the end it's just endgame with hallelujah and i'm like that's not i saw it too it that's not bad. a Zack snyder movie that's just using the same song he it, used. it looked bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. whatever i'm done with this right. i'm done I'll let you know when it, how it is when it comes up. Yeah. Well, honestly, as Sparks has reminded me, we'll probably have to do it for the podcast. All right. The Flash TV show had a panel. Anybody watch that? Probably not, right? Nope, we did. No, we did. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I like, I'm still watching that show, so. Yeah. Um, they're in a weird place because, uh, because of coronavirus. Like, everything they were showing in the sizzle reel, none of it's the new stuff for the next season. It's actually like the end of the real end of season six that's now the beginning of season seven yeah uh because they haven't gone back to filming yet uh so it's it's a weird place to live uh and it's weird that like that that kind of thing has now been carried into this big season opening uh carryover but um uh i I know i'm not the only one who felt this way um it looks like uh the guy who plays cisco uh uh carlos valdez uh is done and I wish that they would just let out. him. That, that honestly, like, if you're watching the show, to me, like, it's not just that Cisco's character has been written poorly for the past couple seasons. I don't think Carlos likes playing him anymore, um, and I don't think he's been written well for the past couple seasons. That might have a lot to do with it. Like, he's if he doesn't like doing it, he should leave. Yeah, 
Honestly, like he doesn't look like he's enjoying it like he used to. I when will we started. say I am like both on and off screen, like a season and a half or like two seasons behind. But like these trailers always do a good job of making me want to watch it. Yeah, I thought this was a good trailer. Yeah, like that's not always indicative of the season, but like I think that was a pretty good trailer. Yes, um, I mean like overall, I think Flash is doing better now than it was in its middle. The Mirror Master stuff uh, looks super cool. I can't. I it can't looks deny. so cool. Look, man. I talked to Ryan about this. I I can't deny that I'm really pissed that they made Iris really competent and like functional and have a lot of good ideas and even good points against things that Barry thought were smart. And she's like, actually, I think this. And it was like, that's a good point. And the entire time that that was happening, it was actually an evil version of Iris and not the real Iris. It was a mirror like, wow, universe. That really the sucks Iris. that you made her the character I wanted her to be, and she was bad. Yeah, that's a shame. All right, then the Black Adam trailer panel sorry the black adam boss, motion lo- boss logic motion comic what um there was a trailer for black adam no there yeah, was a well, motion, motion trailer which basically gives black adam's history which is probably going to be oh. With oh okay so they did reveal in that panel that hawkman dr fate cyclone and adam smasher are all going to be in the movie i'm gonna get dr fate as yes. as the justice society of america Yes. yes. So okay. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, I remember when we, it was first announced that Adam Smasher was going to be in this movie, and I'm like, like that's, like that that's a cool like like a smaller character, but it's just so odd to have him be the singular like old school character show up in this Black Adam movie. It's weird that he's the guy. But now that you tell me that the rest of the JSA is showing up, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious if this is a is a period piece movie. If this is them dealing with because like if if it's a Justice Society, it could just be an alternate world. But if this takes place in like World War II or even after, uh, and it leads up to like when Black Adam uh, uh, is like imprisoned and escapes or whatever, um, I think that could be really. Or dope. even before, or even in the nineteen thirties. Yeah, any. I'm yeah, sure. Any I'm sure that they want to. I'm sure that they want to tie Black Adam in with Shazam. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, so. there's obviously the representation of the person who had the power before in the Shazam, Shazam movie is the Rock. It's yeah. very clearly The Rock. So it is meant to be connected. Isn't the wizard Jimon G- Hunsu? Yeah, yeah, when they show the motion comic, it's the same wizard. It's, like, it's, it's yeah. definitely tied to Shazam. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Shazam is tied into... Well, we, you know, I assume it is tied into whatever Wonder Woman and Aquaman are now, just not necessarily the Snyder version of things. Yeah, so I yeah. think that that's good. I think the canon facts of how, where continuity worked before are going to get a little loose and weird. Mm-hmm. I did like, um, I saw on Twitter, I, uh, it was like a, a banner of The Rock's face, but it said, I said it first. Yeah. I I really like that tagline, to be perfectly uh, I, I actually thought this was a, it started really weird because like, it looks like they're in Condock and like they're in this like giant mausoleum, like the CG mausoleum. And it looked it, like The Mummy 2. It looked like The Mummy 2. And then just The Rock, <laughs> the rock is there, a t-shirt and jeans going, what's up, Comic-Con or whatever? And I'm like... Oh, this is weird, but it actually, I thought it was one of the better panels, because The Rock, obviously, is so per, uh, he's so charismatic, he's so charismatic, and he answered all these fun questions, and, like, actually questions that, like, I was curious about, and, like, he's really really hitting home the fact that, like, The Rock always plays heroes, Black Adam is not a hero. He is an, he is an anti-hero, he can be a villain at times, um, and The Rock really smithed the fact that, like, yo, this dude will do whatever it takes to beat you, and I'm like, that's awesome, because I'm tired of The Rock playing just good guys, same with Will Smith, like, you guys can have some nuance, it's okay, we'll allow it, mm-hmm. um, I'm very stoked. And then again, the JSA, like, Hawkman. Oh, that that news was topper. And I am excited that Dwayne Johnson basically flat out said, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna come for the whole Justice League eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I believe that they'll let him because he's The Rock. And I'm like, I'm yeah. sure, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock is the reason we get the next Justice League movie. Yeah. No, um, the fact that they're bringing, because 
full full, full thing. Doctor Fate's actually my favorite JSA member. I love Doctor Fate, and he's in, in a movie. I'm I'm excited. I'm super yeah. stoked for this. It was now. the it was the double header of Hawkman and Doctor Fate. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, The Rock posted it was originally supposed to be a hot girl, but because behind the scenes problems, they couldn't do it, and he'll tell you about it way later. So I bet there's some gross sexism that The Rock was trying to get over, and they were like, no, make him Hawkman. Uh, so I, I'm very curious about that story. Because, uh, hey, man, Hawk Girl's pretty cool, too. You can have, you can have, you can have both. Daniel uh, Jackson from Stargate SG-1 was Hawkman in uh, Smallville. Yeah, barista, six months, baby. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see who's playing our new JSA. I'm, I'm very pumped for Black Adam. Me too. I, I am too. Like, in, I was so curious. Like, how far in development are they? It's like the way he was talking. Like, cool. They sound like they got the script done. But then he was talking to Noah, who plays Adam Smash. He was like, Yeah, I was looking at the previs of all the fights, and I'm like, You don't do previs unless you're like you're like pre-production in a movie. So mm. I'm like, Oh shit, that movie's happening. No, I. Yeah. Like, I used to think that Black Adam was just that thing that DC said, hey, we're making it, and then they just swept quietly. If you recall, Ben, if you, re- if you recall, Ben, he was the first person cast when they released the first ever DCEU lineup mm-hmm. before Batman v Superman came out. Oh, yeah, Brandon, I remember. Brandon, we can't forget you bring it up on the podcast anytime <laughs> Black Adam comes up. Listen, <laughs> it's, it's a tale as old as time, The Rock and Black Adam. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I this panel got me really stoked. Um, like we're getting again, we're getting the GSA on multiple fronts. Like we're getting movie stuff, we're getting an animated show. Like the, they're in the comics right now with Injustice. Like everything you love comes back eventually. It's just it's love really cool. the GSA. Yeah. All right. I wonder. Then... I wonder if they have this stuff tight enough where we're gonna see a, a Jay Garrick in the Flashpoint because of this. If they were smart, we'll see. If they were smart, they do that. I All would right. be okay with Carrick and Flashpoint. After that was the Titans panel. In watch. Uh, they did say that they're going to bring in Scarecrow and Barbara Gordon next season. We knew cool. about Barbara. I'm I'm hella stoked. I think for that. we actually even knew about Scarecrow, but that might be new. Um uh, we were only like a couple episodes away, right? From the four? <laughs> four? Okay. And then one other character that's a spoiler. I won't say. Did it make you want to watch it? Any other clips from it? I know Honestly, they look good. Stuff. I like the Superboy stuff. Like the Superboy stuff. Season, two's good. season two is miles better than season one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Outside of the Hawk and Dove stuff, Hawk and Dove stuff is still quality choice from season one, for sure. Yeah, uh, seeing Crypto was cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice that that's, that's getting out of season two. Oh, yeah, there's Crypto, baby. Oh, that's awesome. With laser eyes and everything. Even better. Uh, yeah, he and uh, he and Superboy fight a whole bunch of luther corp uh agents on a farm but not the farm you think (laughs) all right and then the aquaman panel which was just patrick wilson and james one gabin that's that's cute yeah yeah um i I wanted them to talk about the i wish they would have talked about the hbo max series just a little me too then the harley q a which was just uh harley quinn from the harley quinn animated series just answering questions in a little in a cool little animation. She was asked the question I thought she would be asked, which is, "Will there be a season three? And she's like, "Boy, I hope so." Yeah, confirmation, <laughs> but I don't think they would do that unless, yeah, I, they wouldn't use that question unless it was probably happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she she was asked, "F Mary Kill," and she was like, "Well, F Wonder Woman, kill Batman and Superman, and Mary Ivy, duh." Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, the Wonder Woman 80th panel, I missed that one. Uh, that was that was Gal Gadot and uh, oh, what's her name? Linda Carter. Linda and Carter. Patty. And Patty Jenkins just chatting, talking. Nice. Uh, they were talking about the the legacy of Wonder Woman, and uh, they revealed the Wonder Woman 80th logo. Oh. There's a uh, there's one of the smaller panels that I would quickly want to talk about. There was the voices of Batman, and it's all the voices of Batman from around the world. So it's Will Arnett talking to the Hindi Batman, the Spanish oh. Batman, the Russian Batman. Yo, guys, the Hindi Batman might be the best. That dude is so <laughs> sick. He's got so, the coolest voice, like the Spanish and French Batman. I'm like, man, I, I never considered, like, you like Batman. I never considered it. Um, that's just a fun little, like, 10-minute thing you should watch. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that. I enjoyed that immensely. Um. Tomorrow's superheroes. Speaking of Batman, uh, they talked about just kind of legacy of the super, of of what new characters could be, and took the opportunity to give us more confirmation on the John Ridley Batman book. Uh, oh, yeah. It was announced earlier this week that he was doing that. Um, before that, we had suspicions he was doing it for five G, whatever yeah. that was. Uh, but now we know it is going to be a four part miniseries. Uh, which will introduce a new black Batman. Yeah, uh, and it's it's. I don't know if it's if it's if any of the um, like Lucius Fox or any of them or um, Luke Fox is if that's who it is. But he said that the Foxes are are heavily involved with the story, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, I'm very curious if if this was the plan that got turned into a miniseries. I think so, uh, because th- these are things we've been hearing about for a while. Um, yeah. Which is good. Like I want this book to come out. I'm very curious about it. I think this was meant to be the next Batman ongoing. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, maybe trim it down. It's making a mini because we yeah. canceled all that shit. Yeah. But they did say he did say like it's going to have huge ramifications for the bat for the DC universe for Batman in general. So it's always interesting when you have a mini series do that because not everyone reads the minis. You know? Yeah, I'm not against it. It's just like interesting choice. But that's cool. I'm excited. He's coming up with the other the other history of the DC universe soon. Uh, yeah. you know, he's uh, really cool. Shazam had a panel, which I thought was fun. Uh, they, were, they did the they did it on Shazoom. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, but they, they they couldn't say anything, and Zachary Levi kind of made some fun of, of, over that. That oh, we did. Sorry, the Chris Darty performance was awesome. It was alright. It was okay. I, I liked it. I just thought it was interesting and out of nowhere yeah did you see his deadpool statue dressed up like batman batpool i I will say i always knew that dude was a super fan uh so i'll give him i'll 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 be a little more lenient on having a random acoustic performance in this comic con um that's a lot of cool batman merch i'll say that uh all i could think when the kids besides faith were popping up for the shazam panels i'm like they're already too old. Getting old. They're already too old. Oh, did you see the joke that David Sandberg made on Twitter about it? He, it's the fake Shazam sequel. The kids all have mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them literally has a mustache. And I'm like, they're uh, already, they're already old. <laughs> yeah. They um, they released the the title. Yes. Shazam Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yes, oh. and they announced a new cast member. Oh, Sinbad. Yeah, Sinbad. Yes. Sinbad? That was funny. Really? Sinbad! Do you get it? No, he doesn't get it. No. I think I do, actually. So Kazam is a, is a real movie that came out starring Shaq. 
Hell nope. yeah. He's, he's a genie in a boombox. Shazam, starring Sinbad, is the movie everybody thinks that is. <laughs> Wait, is Sinbad actually in the movie, or are they just making a joke? You know what? It's not 100% clear. Because I, I wasn't sure if they were just making a joke, but like everyone's reporting Sinbad's in this movie. And so it's, it's, it. I, I will be clear, it is really not clear. Yeah. Like, you could watch it. And, and here's the thing. I think it probably was a joke for this, and, and now, now it will be real. A meme turned real. Yeah. Um, then it was the Were- Wonder Woman 1984 cast play Werewolf 1984. Uh, hold on, sorry, because Ben didn't watch it. I want to be clear. Sinbad was on the panel talking okay. about the movie. This wasn't just like, oh yeah, Sinbad's going to be in it. It was an offhanded joke. It was a whole gag where Sinbad got in on the call and he's like, I'm getting fit. I'm pumping up. I'm going to be in this movie. They drew him into the poster. Oh, um, wow. He's, he's really gunning for it. Uh, even, he even said there was a joke where one of the kids was like, don't you mean Kazam too? And he's like, I'm in that too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that looks so bad. Um, all right. So then the Wonder Woman 1984 cast play Werewolf 1984. It's a cute little thing. The Wonder Woman cast playing uh, playing this game. Apparently it's something they played on set a whole lot and they bonded over it. So they yeah. did it for the panel. That's a, that's a fun oh, game. The, the, um, the Suicide Squad cast also did a game, which I thought was cool. They did, yeah, it was cool. They have some good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, Rocksteady's new game. We knew this was coming. Yes, yeah, so real quick, a Suicide Squad game was in development before this game was, and that game got canceled. And whatever Rocksteady was working on then also got canceled and they took over making a Suicide Squad game. And that was around 2016 when that movie was coming out. So this game has been in development for many years. Um, I think they banked on that movie being really good, which is why I think they're doubly thankful they have a good one coming out next year to match mm-hmm. with it. Um, I'm really conflicted on this game because Rock. I was just playing a Rocksteady game earlier. They have great combat. The games look great. I just, I'm really tired of, of fighting Superman or Superman being bad. It's every all the movies and Injustice and then this game, Superman's always the bad guy. And I'm like, can't he just be nice for once? Can he just be nice for once? Can't he just be Superman? Can't he just be Superman? And I do think all the the Task task Force X, I think all the character stuff's really good. I actually thought that scene with them in Deadshot was funny. Again, this is in the Arkham universe, but the Deadshot in Arkham Arkham Knight is white and this one, he's black. Yeah, that's fine. They did say, you know, the arc. This is the next set. The next Arkham story. The yeah. next in the Arkham Arkham universe. Um, it's got uh, Harley Quinn, King Shark, yep, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. Uh, this is a four co-op online multiplayer yeah. game. So, this game comes out in two years. Maybe not even in two years. Maybe in three years because this was a trailer and saying it's coming in twenty twenty two. I, I don't know enough about the game to really be sold on it. If it is, again, like another type of Arkham game, but it, if it's like Gotham Knights, but with bad guys, cool. That's great. Um, I There was a rumor that this was not just a four-player game. This was more like an Ultimate Alliance game with a lot of villains. And if that's not the case, I'm way less interested. Mm-hmm. Um, King Shark's really cool, but like, I don't know if I want to play an entire game as King Shark. So I, they, I, they, they did say that you that this game can be played single-player only. Yeah. And you can have you can just level up your characters. It's like, it's like Avengers. It's, it's like Avengers. Yeah. 
Uh, in that in that sense, not yeah, necessarily yeah. in gameplay, but like in that sense, it's it's you know you can have friends hop in with you, or you can play it all by yourself. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you can do that at any point throughout the whole game. Um, which is nice. I think that is actually different from Avengers. They were very specific about that point. It sounds like any part can be multiplayer, not just the parts they designate that way. It sounds like the whole game that's the option. Mm-hmm. Um, which is different. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the moment where um boomerang asks who's the alpha target and they all like point at superman really <laughs> in awe and afraid uh was cute yeah mm-hmm. but it's hard for me to I, I very much echo what ryan's saying it's hard for me to be sold on this um it's just not not only is it not necessarily what i wanted from the studio that made the arkham games um it just doesn't feel like not that i need the same tone or anything like that it just doesn't feel like the kind of thing that's getting me excited like those did uh i'm not i'm not sold on this premise like i was sold on arkham asylum from the first Even trailer Suicide Squad or movie. arkham city from the first trailer yeah. or arkham knight from the first trailer yeah um i am happy that the tone isn't isn't an arkham knight dark grim i do yeah. like that it is a little more funny and again they do have a comedy writer who, who wrote this game um it's just i hate when they re- when they release trailers for games that are so far away because like i'm gonna forget about this game for an entire year and it mm. could be it could be different in a year. You know what I mean? Like also, it's a bummer that everything around the trailer after that was not done. I don't think was done well. Mm-hmm. It didn't do enough to tell me about the game to get me into it, and uh, it did. I don't think Will Arnett's bits working in with it worked. Oh. I think they had him there to try and make the game seem more real quick. We didn't talk about this with Gotham Knights, but Batman's dead in Gotham Knights, and the Court of Owls were the villains. So this is an entirely new oh, man, sto- we didn't talk an about entirely new story where if we've all read Court of Owls. That is so Bruce Wayne centric; it's insane. So the fact that Bruce Wayne is ripped from that story makes it. Could, they could do anything, and makes me so excited for the future of what that game is. This Suicide Squad, I was like, cool. I'm gonna be fighting the Justice League. Like, I don't know if I just want to do that. Like, I'm sure it could be fun, but like. Show me what it is. The trailer's yeah. cute. The trailer's cute. It, it's a cinematic trailer. It's a cinematic trailer for a game that you, that doesn't have any gameplay to it. So it's like, okay, that seems cool, but I do agree with Ryan. I don't want to kill Superman anymore. I don't want to fight Superman anymore. I want to be Superman and save people. I don't want to keep beating him down for being like an oppressor or brain controlled or whatever. Just let Superman be Superman for crying out loud. too hard to make because, he's in, because no one's read a Superman comic apparently. <laughs> Uh, I want to say the Lego games did the best Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, it's, it, I know it's just a cinematic trailer, but I, I go back to Rocksteady's own Arkham series, and I'm like, the first time I saw the cinematic trailer for each of those games, I was sold. I was sold on the game. Every, I was sold on the premise. Every single one of those games I knew I had to own in Arkham one way, shape, or form. Say no place for a hero, and they're like, all black and white and red. And I'm like, oh my god, yes, Batman! I'm like, yeah, Harley's cool. King Shark is played by a Samoa Joe, who's a wrestler, which is, oh, that's great casting. That's awesome. Um, I'm like, I like all these characters, but I'm just like, uh, I don't know if this is what I want. You know what? I pinned it down even more. Um, it's that this isn't even a cinematic trailer. It's a cinematic teaser. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's no real pageantry to it. You're not showing me much of the dynamic of the even kind of what I might see yes, in the game. That's true. Even outside of it not being gameplay, I'm not seeing what this world is going to be like. I'm not really seeing what this is going to feel like. Yeah. I'm just being shown a scene. Yeah. And I, I, I believe in Rocksteady. Like, again, they've made three incredible Batman games. So, like, I'm sure the combat's going to be great. I'm just curious, like, what is that? What is the, the, the day-to-day of that game going to be playing like? Because you can't fight Superman the entire time. You got to build up. So I'm curious, like, are you just fighting a bunch of goons? Are you fighting like Justice the rest League? Of the goons? Justice League, yeah. Like, or are you fighting, got... we're fighting Brainiac? 
Brainiac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So Brainiac's the guy who takes over. That's not as that. Okay. Whatever. Could I'll be Starro. Could be Brainiac or Starro. Pick one. Give me two Starro Suicide Squad things, baby. I'll take it. Um. Yeah. I, I, it looks all right. I um. I don't think it's it should be connected. To, I don't think it should be connected to Arkham. For real, these games like they'd have to mess with some of the Gotham Knights stuff, but these totally should be switched. It doesn't. This doesn't feel like the Arkham universe that Gotham Knights would so does, even though it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just weird. yeah. There's just no reason. Like you could just make a new. This world. doesn't feel you like you don't the, have to make it. I just Arkham played Harley Quinn. I just played Harley Quinn in Arkham Knight. That does not seem like the same character. Yeah. All right. Then the final panel of the day was Matt Reeves talking about the Batman. I love Matt Reeves. He needs to talk about this movie all the time. He came in like the anti-Zack Snyder. Yeah, 100%. Oh, man. Yeah, that dude just that dude just seems to get Batman. Like, uh, that dude reads comics. Like, even if you don't read comics, like, he seems to get what, what the character's cool, like, what's cool about the character. Um, guys, that trailer, I don't even... That's the real deal. To me? That's, so that's the to, real deal. To me? That, that made the event for me. Yeah. yeah, that's twenty five to thirty percent of the movie. Holy shit! Right, and they're still casting new characters. Like some kid just got casted today. Yeah, it's like a, I'm like, it's so funny to me how much of the the Snyder Cut trailer we saw, and then this, and I'm like, wow, this isn't even nearly as much as that. And I'm like, this is so incredible. Um, that suit looks great. It does. Yeah. When he just like grabs the dude, just wails on him. <laughs> Holy crap! I, okay. Were you guys thinking he was going to say, I'm Batman? Because I was not expecting him to say, I'm Vengeance. I mean, I think we figured it was going to be on Batman, but on Vengeance, that's way better. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's so striking and so cool about that moment is, so Batman grabs a dude, and he beats a shit out of him, and he pauses, and then he continues. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you are young and unhinged, and you're going to learn to be a better Batman. Um, this is like, oh, my God. Thinking, again, going to Zack Snyder, like, you start your Batman with The Dark Knight Returns, that's at the end of his career. This is what you. This is this is so good. This is Batman Year Two. He's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Kyle. You get this is like seven. If it was a superhero movie, like the the Riddler, bro. I didn't know that was the Riddler until somebody told me online. Like with with I, with, the, with, the, with the with the the goggles. Um, mm-hmm. did you guys know that was Colin Farrell as the Penguin? That is the most insane co- uh, uh, practical effects I've maybe ever seen on a, on a person. I need to, I need to rewatch that trailer because I'm not. Just look up a picture of Colin Farrell Penguin. And it's unrecognizable. And they talk yeah, about it. He's not. Here. He's not. He's not the penguin. He doesn't like being called the penguin. He's just Oz. Yeah. Yes, uh, that that it was one of the things he said that I really like. That it's like a, this is a this is an Oswald pop before he becomes the penguin. This is him pretty much being Oswald. Yeah. You see, Selena still just wearing uh, just like a black a black ski mask when she robs. Um, yo, guys, if this is the start of some bad cat shit, oh, baby, I love this so much. No, um, I, okay, so I actually figured out it was the Riddler once we got like the question marks for the 2020. I'm like, who else yeah. uses the question marks? That has to be the Riddler, yeah. guys. Jeffrey Wright looks so damn good as Gordon. Yeah. He's, yeah. Got, he's got that mustache. I, still I can't love that mustache. A fourth of the movie that's like this is all the beginning stuff of the movie, it looks like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that's. That is not Colin Farrell. You're lying to me. Yeah. That is so good. Um, Yeah, dude. Like, this is, like, the... You're taking it seriously. Like, it's honestly... This is the perfect Batman movie for me. It's it's between the Chris Nolan and the crazy comic stuff. It's the perfect mix in between. You can still have all that, that crazy realistic crime stuff, but also be a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's... God, you're that right. Suit, that makeup is insane. 
that this might be my favorite Batman suit for real. Like it, I, it just looks so good. Um, I just love it. So I, much. right now it's my favorite, uh, my favorite live action suit. Yeah. Okay. Live action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gotta, I gotta point out that uh, I appreciated Megan appreciated that. Um, when Robert Pattinson isn't wearing the cowl, he's got the dark eyeshadow makeup. Mm-hmm. It feels sincere. It feels real. There's, there's um, yeah. There's a moment in Batman Returns where Batman, um, there's, so he has the black eyeliner, and then it cuts, and it cuts back, and he doesn't have the eyeliner, and then he rips it off. And yeah, it's yeah. so blatant. It's so, and it makes it's me so mad. clear. So every time, yeah, I'm yeah. like, what? I'm, I'm so glad so that easy. they're committing to the fact that, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's there. That's what he does. We're getting our emo Batman. We're getting our real emo Batman. <laughs> um, I really appreciate that Matt Reeves explained that, uh, you know, it's not going to be an origin story. However, there are going to be elements of it by Bruce investigating the corruption in Gotham and then questioning how the Waynes might have been involved. And I'm all about that. That's such That's a good a take game. to have him like revisit mm-hmm. his parents, but not be like hitting. The origin of Batman that you've seen every freaking movie that's ever come out about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's really awesome that that's going to be part of the take. Uh, I really liked everything he had to say about the Gotham PD series mm-hmm. for HBO Max. Uh, that is year one. And uh, it's going to be very focused on the police department. And he said specifically on one cop and that the whole thing is generational about the corruption in Gotham and that it's essentially a battle for his soul. And I'm going to tell you right now, if that one cop is Bullock, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, this looks, this is... This looks like it might be my favorite Batman movie. Uh, I'm stoked. Can't wait. Bat- Robert Pattinson looks great. He does. The ears look so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy. The for dude, him. like the old school cowl that goes like down, or sorry, the the the, the uh, cape. Cape. The collar. The cape goes like up in there, and it it shadows his neck so he can move his neck. That is so brilliant. That is. Yeah. It looks so good and so gothic. I'm such a fan, you guys. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. That's DC fandom. Uh, all in all, I'm really excited for a lot of this stuff. The only thing I wasn't interested in was the Snyder Cut. Everything else, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Give it to me. I, I came in mixed on the game from Rockstar as well. It's just, oh, that's fair. Like, that that Snyder Cut were like both my kind of like, you didn't you didn't meet my expectations, guys. I'm sure. not going to lie. No, yeah. I'm more excited for Gotham Knights and for the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Give me all those movies, though. Like, for right. Like yeah, uh, Suicide Squad still like blew me out of the water. Oh yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad too. That was- uh, the, the way they did the announcement, the way they did the announcement with the visuals of them in their outfits, and we were seeing them, and it's like this is them. They're this, and I'm like, dang, dang, I'm so man. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd uh, Comic Shop. Yeah. Hi. Um. Do you have any books? Uh, can you be a little more specific? Um, anything readable? All right, so Ryan, it's your book club. It's me. Do it. Hey guys, as 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 you know, we all like Batman, and somewhat recently, Tom King left uh, uh, a little early his Batman run, and um, I never I never wanted to like put you guys through like a, a deep dive or anything. Sparks did it to himself, which I super appreciate. But uh, I just wanted to highlight some of my favorite issues from this. Uh, almost 90, 90 issue run, including the annuals and stuff of of the most human Batman has ever been in a comic book. This is the um, when you think of Batman, um, there's an event happening right now, Death Metal, where the, the 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 point of that is a multiverse of dark, evil Batman have taken over our universe. Right, that is the most big concept, big bombastic thing you can think of that centers around a human being. Right, uh, I sometimes want 
the human being to act like a human being. Batman is often uh, a god while also being human. He doesn't feel like a human a lot of the times. This is the most human I've ever felt him in a run. Um, I, I think also he channels a lot of Alan Moore into some of these specific issues, which work and, and don't work. But I think um, I think for the most part, I think these issues are all pretty dope. And I just uh, like to get your opinion on them. I got this my, this Batman Brave in the Mold signed by Mitch Garrods at Comic-Con, the Swamp Thing issue. Uh, shall we go issue by issue? Absolutely. Which is the first issue? Is it 23? Uh, yeah. So, guys, issue 23, Swamp Thing Batman have a crossover. I love it. I like this I like this issue a lot. Cool. I just love how when Swamp Thing just, like, pops up and uh, Gordon is just like, the fuck are you? And then and then he's like, oh, yeah, Batman's right behind you. And he's like, of course so, he is. Uh, many members of the Justice League appear to Batman uh, and Gordon in this in this series. Uh, and Gordon's always just like, like, like for Swamp Thing, a giant Swamp Thing just appears behind him and he's like, takes off the glasses, okay, okay. So you guys know each other, right? Okay, cool. I'm gonna leave. Um, Gordon is great. He always does that, like, especially with the Wonder Woman we'll talk about later. Um, this is this is the most Alan Moore comic written in the last five years, uh, maybe besides that Swamp Thing annual, which also I think you guys read. Um, this is just a story about uh, Swamp Thing's dad getting killed and the mystery behind it and uh, two different people's... Um, uh, their, their grasp on humanity and the different ways they deal with it. And you think Swamp Thing would be... And death. And death. And you think Swamp Thing would be less emotional than he is. You think Batman would be less emotional, but they both end up... Uh, uh, oh, don't do that. Astra. They both end up... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Um, I love this issue specifically because this is the way I like Swamp Thing written with the ellipses where he's where he's very deep in thought all the time. He's not he's still not connected to his humanity. He's always He has to think about everything he says, right? Um, until the end where he just much like a person would, he rages out because his father is dead. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is so powerful and that's so beautiful, especially with Bruce at the end, because Bruce had something with Swamp Thing where like, oh, uh, uh, Swamp Thing says dust to dust isn't a real thing, right? Uh, life changes. Right. And then at the end, Swamp Thing's like, oh, maybe not. And, and and Batman's like, wait a minute, so are my parents not, are they not? Tell me, gonna, tell me my parents are falling back tell into me, life. Yeah, he's basically like, so mm-hmm. are my parents okay, Swamp Thing? And then Swamp Thing just leaves? Mm-hmm. That is the most Alan Moore shit of like no. shouting coward. Yeah, at him. that's yeah. I love it so much. Um, it is, it is, it doesn't give you an ending. It ends on a sad note. Um, we don't know. I guess oh, we know why the why his father was killed by that by the headhunter just because the headhunter knew superheroes. Yep, that's the only reason he was killed. So he, this guy can get close to superheroes. And Swamp Thing kills him, and Batman's pissed about it. Um, um, Mitch Garrett is a is a great artist. I think the nine panel layout works really well for this. Especially there's one. Um, there's one uh, double panel spread of Swamp Thing on a couch that I think is beautiful. And he creates his own little teapot and drinks it. Uh, I think this is just fantastic. I also love the, just the, it's a one page joke, but it's uh, Swamp Thing and Batman in the car. And he's like, why do you need a car? Why do you, you need, need a body? body? Yeah. yeah. I took a bunch of yeah. pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good one. And then he's just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my pictures. I'm like, that's okay. Um, yeah, I think this is one of my. This is again. I picked this one because this is like I think a fun little standout issue. You don't need to read any of the rest of the book. Do you um, want to answer mine? Are you good? Oh, that's a fun. Oh. Um, okay, so yeah, there's one part where uh, so this headhunter. I've hunted him before. He runs. He hides. This will not be easy. He's in the museum. Uh, the grass told me. And Batman's <laughs> like, I'll get my car. Yeah. Uh, the world's greatest detective beat by grass. Just little moments like that. I really like. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, 24. 24. Um, yes, uh, Date Nights, Last Rites. Uh, this is probably my favorite, honestly, my favorite issue. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. No. 
issue 24 is not the annual. They just they have similar things. 24 is the proposal. Sorry, they're all yeah. right. Um, yeah, it's just Batman talking to Gotham Girl, and you guys don't know who Gotham Girl is unless you read the last stuff. Um, she's a superhero. That's all you got to know. And she was training with Batman. That's all you got to know. Um, I think you get. I really enjoy the conversation they have together. I think again, these are conversations that don't often happen in Batman comics. We're just two people talking about Batman's happiness. And like, Batman, why can't you be happy? Oh, because I'm Batman. I can't be happy. Well, why not? Like, well, uh, are you ever scared? No, I can't be scared. Because if I, if I, if I'm scared, then I'll, then I'm insane. But I don't want to be insane. So I'm not scared. And it's just Batman fighting, fighting, being Batman. That's this entire run is him fighting, being Batman. And Gotham Girls is like, why, why can't you just be happy? Why, why do you want to fail? Uh, and I just think it's a really sweet, beautiful conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Interspliced with Batman chasing Catwoman, um, who's going to propose to her. Um, I just think it's a really nice conversation, this issue. Anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> ben? No, 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 I, no, I, no the because I was a little confused at who Claire was, and then it's like I was like, okay, but they're, they're close. I was, I was, everything I was you need to know. Uh, she has powers. If she uses her powers, she dies. My family's dead. Help me, Batman. That's all you got to know. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that Batman's like, oh, I can't be happy, and her challenging is like, why? Just that doesn't make any sense. Like um, Claire calling out Bruce on his own bullshit, and then he, and then I love that when he goes to Selena and he's like, hey, you remember that diamond that stole the first time when we met on the boat? And also another thing that's that I love how both Bruce and Selena can't agree on when it was the first time they met because Selena says, oh, we met on the street, and Bruce is like, no, we met on a boat first. But which, he which tells, we get into into the annual, which I yeah, like. yeah. But he brings up the diamond that she stole, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know the one that you stole?" She's like, "Yeah, well, I bought it, and I've had it for years. I think I've always known." And then he drops down and says, "I love you, marry me." I was like, "Well, that's really good." This is uh, this, this is, is the David- art with the bat signal, the, the bat signal on the back, and the rain just pouring down on him. It's it's yeah. just so good. Uh, yeah, this is definitely um, one of the most beautiful Batman runs because every art, this is, so this is David Finch. Um, that was Mitch Garrett's on the Swamp Thing. You got Joelle Jones on the Catwoman. You got, uh, you got uh, uh, Mikhail Janin on the, on the uh, 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 Thomas Wayne stuff. All these issues were so gorgeous. Uh, big fan of the art. Um, there's a couple things from this conversation that I don't often see in Batman comics that I really like. It's like, what's normal? You know, you know not saving people, just living, just living your life, right? Uh, do you like your life? It doesn't matter what I like. Well, you know, do you like being the kind of person who says they don't like their life? Uh, it just seems like that. No one ever challenges Batman in that way. And it's just, it's just mm-hmm. like this teenage girl who's a superhero. now. like, well, Batman, I'm a hero and I feel kind of happy. Why can't you be happy? Um, it's just a nice, it's a nice thing that I wish more Batman artists would or Batman writers would explore. Because, hey, man, that dude's a dude. He's not Superman. He's a dude. He gets yeah. backaches. He gets backaches? He gets backaches. Oh, oh, does he, Mr. Bane? <laughs> um, yeah, I, really you, Batman. I, I like this issue a lot. Um, it obviously stands out more in the in the entire run of things for sure. Um, but it's a, it's a solid, solidly well built up issue, I think. Yeah. Um, especially for introducing the concept of uh, him and Selena getting together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I... right? What me? Yeah. Thoughts? You... Oh no. Uh, yeah, I like this episode fine enough. It, just for, for for me, it's just like, th- yeah, this is definitely a mo- more human story, and I'm into the story. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to read because it doesn't feel like these people are talking like people. Um, but ultimately, it's a good it's a it's a good story, and I like the I like where it ended. Cool. Yeah, I I I won't disagree. Like sometimes he doesn't talk like people, but also, uh, I 
Tom King definitely writes more poetic than a lot of other people do, and that is to his to Sparks's boy detrimental at some points. But mm-hmm. I I rather I'd rather someone take the risks and fail than just write dialogue. You know sure. what I mean? I will say more often than not, I think Batman still sounds like Batman because Batman doesn't talk like people. Yes, he's more Rorschach. Yeah, but I can agree about other characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there. I think I want to say it was yeah, it was the first one. We see Kite Man. Hell yeah. And oh, then because yeah, like, yeah. Kite Man's around, he goes, Kite Man, and Batman drops on and goes, Batman. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Kite Man yeah. has such an arc. good usage and an arc throughout. Uh, you can thank this run for making Kite Man possible in Harley Quinn. Because without really? Harley uh, yeah, this is where Kite Man got famous and got, <laughs> this is because of Tom King. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good. Kite Man was nothing before this book. Um, I mean, he existed, but like, he, nobody cared. Yeah. Um, you so, are yeah, nothing so, before me, Kite Man. <laughs> Kite Man, you just fly. Um, so from 24, let's just go directly to the annual, because that is technically the next thing that did come out. Um, and it kind of ties directly to dialogue from 24. Um, Date Night's Last Rites. This, this was actually the second annual. The first annual sorry, came after Sorry, 24. second annual, yes. Sorry. No, yeah, you're, you're right. There's a lot of annuals, you know. Um, <clears throat> this, Lee Weeks, I forgot to mention Lee Weeks. Lee Weeks might be the best comic artist on the planet right now. This book is so gorgeous. Lee Weeks drives such beautiful people and the physicality of people. Um, it, it only gets better and better as, as he draws more Batman. Um, I found this issue so fun and just going through the history of Batman and Selena, also showing a fake future or an alternate future, which deals with some Helena stuff, which is really cool. Um, I just thought this was really, really sweet. And I, excuse me, I really like Selena's drive to want to make Batman better. Uh, I think that's a really noble kind of goal. Um, and it's, I just think it's it's two broken people finding each other. Uh, I find that really, really sweet. Uh, I really like this one. This is my favorite. Alfred. Cool. Alfred is why this is my favorite. Yes. Because yeah. there's some uh, really good Alfred stuff in this. Oh, my there God. Is. This, this the, When I saw this page, the next page, this, like, floored me. I yeah. love it. Is, it is so gorgeous. Uh, the spread where they're on the Lee, roof in yeah. the rain. Lee Weeks draws just, like, the most insane things. Like, that dude is so talented. Um, when Alfred. I have. When, Al- when Alfred's just like, if she leaves another mouse, can you ask her to leave some money to feed it? Yeah. Um, I will say that I think uh, one of one of the characters I think Tom King writes best is Alfred oh. in this mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, it sounds like Alfred is the best. I, I think Alfred is written extremely well throughout. Uh, oh, Emma got caught. She in is all board. caught up in all my courts. Oh, no. Oh, no, Emma. Okay. Emma, why? Okay. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this one. I think it works extremely well. It's just a one-shot uh, portrait of Batman and Catwoman I, and their relationship. I love when, when Selena is taking, um, she takes the pearl from the, from the safe, right? And they have that conversation, like, my, my parents died. Everyone knows your parents died. Um, and uh, she knows he's Batman. So when he's chasing her, and she's like, I called the cops on myself because I'm such a nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been really funny when I jump out this window and Bruce Wayne follows me, huh, Batman? And he's like, oh, my God, Selena. And he's like, he's about to jump out a window with all these cops. And I'm like, that's good. That's a good moment. Um, mm-hmm. I think all the stuff just with him is super sweet. And uh, I, especially that ending stuff where Batman has dementia. That is, that is a dude who has memorized every single thing on the planet. And this is a dude who starts to forget the simple things like turning off lights. That was so so sad, and like if you if you have family members who get old, man, like like Batman is not someone who deals with that. Yeah, and especially like some of the other issues I read, man, like oh man, yeah, I, yeah, I think this I think this is a standout issue. One of the parts I loved about this about the annual specifically was that I mean it was their first date, and I was would assume their first kiss, but then when you get to um, 
old Bruce and old Selena in the doctor's That's office, and they're still and they're bickering, and it's like it's like they're still bickering on when how they first met, and just um her and Selena talking to Helena, seeing Helena for the first time, or for me the first time in a while, and that just the last page with that adorable little kitten and the no on the collar just broke my freaking heart. The first time I read that, from I the, cried. From I swear the first. God. From the first kiss to the last is very, very sweet. Yeah, and yeah. then she's just with the little kitty. Like, that straight up made me cry the first time I read that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm she's a sitting, in the, she's sitting in the car, and then she looks down, and she hears a little, Ow. Yeah. It's uh, it's very nice, because it's like it's just a few pages of a very nice whatever happened to the man tomorrow ending moment for Bruce yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Selena, yeah. which is just a nice little... A nice little thing to imagine, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad we get that. Uh, I, I really like uh, for the last thing of this book. I really like the um, when Helena's like, I went to talk to Zatanna, and like, there's just nothing we can do. It's his time. Like, yeah. I, like you know, he's a human being. Um, and and uh, Selena's like, listen, I was, I am your 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 mother. Your, I am his wife. I completely understand that you have to go. Like when she says yes to go, and I'm like, oh man, that's so good. Uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, date night's the next one after this, right? Yes, uh, issue night. 37. Um, I kind of wish, I totally understand, because, you know, we can only do so much for this book club. I kind of wish we'd done issue 36, because I think I really like issue 36 as yeah. lead-in, which is uh, Clark and Bruce are both being talked to by Lois and Selena, respectively, about how one needs to call the other to congratulate Bruce on the engagement to talk about, hey, I want, I want to invite you in celebrating this. Uh, depending on which one you're talking to and uh and the two of them like talking through how basically each of them thinks the other is uh just a better man than he is and it's hard for them to connect with each other because of it Mm -hmm. uh which is a really nice little issue i i love i love their their little like friendly rivalry yeah i I, it's so it is it is so fun I, I want. I just want a Super Friends miniseries of just them hanging out as friends. Because this, this, this is my second favorite issue. All these are my favorite issues of the run. I love all these books so much. But like this, oh my god, eat the dog, Bruce. Like I got, I'm gonna kick so many trees. And he's like, oh, I kicked a tree once, and I felt so bad. I planted a bunch more. I'm like just the the, the way uh, Tom King writes these two interacting together is so fun. Uh, especially with Selena, like, hey, so they go to this fair and you have to dress up as superheroes, right? And they just go in regular clothes. Uh, so they realize, okay, we're gonna have to switch outfits. Yeah. Uh, Selena's like, listen, we came all the way out here. Are you really gonna tell me, uh, my beautiful, loving uh, fiance, that you're not gonna do anything you want for me? And he's like, no, I'm not wearing Superman's suit. Next scene, he's wearing Superman's suit. Yeah. Like, no, I just love it how they, when they give it to, like, when Clark gives it, he's like, oh, the S stands for hope, the bat stands for a bat. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that. Yeah. Um. I. I really like. Like. It feels like. Like. It feels like Clark is like Smallville Clark in this. Yeah. Like he's, he's still wearing like, the glasses or the cowl. That's yeah. I think I, that I, is so cute. I love it so much. Um. This scene where they're in the the love boat. Uh. Oh, and yeah. Clark, Clark and like real, wow. real quick, real quick, hey guys. Uh. I'm gonna. I'll be back five minutes. Uh. Keep going. No problem. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, the scene, uh, uh, Clark and Lois are like, oh, this is so sweet. And then the next scene, it's uh, it's uh, Batman and Selena just going hard on each other, making out. I'm like, making these are out. Just these going are out like two horny teenagers in a parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, again, this this is a beautifully drawn issue. And, like, the mm-hmm. way – is this also Lee Weeks? Who is this? Can you, can you, is this Mikhail Jan? Look it up, please. I'm not sure if it says uh, – I think it's Mikhail Jan. Um, 
the way that he draws Bruce Wayne where his like beady eyes and like I, I love the way he draws these characters and like Selena and Lois are are they're so beautiful and like they're yeah. they're, they're drunken talk about like oh, I'm too young to get married. And like, what do you see in him? He's so Batman. Like, yeah, but once you get to know him, he's still Batman. <laughs> like all that yeah. stuff is so charming. Or how they're like passing a flask and that question guy comes and, st- and like takes some. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was, because I had to keep reminding myself that Lois is dressed up as Catwoman and yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed up as Lois's uh, dress. And that's another thing. I liked when they're switching off it. And then like Slayer's things, it's like, don't worry, it stretches. It's just like, it's better. Better, I'm not a superhero. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the question then, yeah, like the, the the question steals it, and then like Bruce uh, not like throws a baseball, knocks him out, and then later on, seems like, hey, this is the wallet from the mugger who took the thing, and she's like, oh, you're so bad, and she's like, I know, right? Yeah, uh, I love talk is just freaking hilarious. I love it. Yeah, um, the 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 math because you know both Bruce and and Clark are very smart people. So when the question guy's getting away, he's like, "All right, so it's gonna be six feet three inches that way. You do it a degree over there, and three, two, one, boom!" And it's like a team up. Um, man, the end with like with the bickering between like, can Superman throw a ball past uh fast Batman? Can he strike out Batman? It is so good. It is so wholesome fun. Um, and the final scene where Lois and and uh, Selena are like jumping in the air for joy because Batman hit it, and Clark's like, "What?" Uh, I just it is this is the type of story that I just don't get in regular Batman books. No. There is I don't know if I've ever seen a double date Batman issue in my entire life. Right? No, it's just it's just very cute and well imagined. It's, it, it's so fun and wholesome, and it's it's in between all this dark shit that's happening. Like yeah. you can have you can have all of it happening at once. Um, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, and if you like this issue, I highly encourage like checking out. There is an issue in the arc called Nightmares uh-huh. uh, that it revisits the relationship essentially between Lois and Selina. Uh, that is really good. You know which one I'm talking about, which is the Bachelorette party. Yeah, um, that's a really good like kind of spiritual follow up to this. Again, there were sense. so many ones that I wanted to pick, man. No, no, no. If, I get you. I get you. Making this too many. Comments. I'm just recommending to to Ben specifically because yeah. he enjoyed this uh, as much as he did. Yeah, like yeah. this specifically. This look is so good yeah i love that bruce wayne in the superman look just going no he looks so good <laughs> yeah and then after this it's 73 74 right uh no it's um oh 39 39 40 ben did you like the fantasy stuff in this one? Oh, i loved it no, no, I brandon, liked it. uh before we move on brandon any thoughts on the date night one no more than i already shared okay right. um and yeah. 39 and 40 yeah yeah so i love it when Jim's man no, so I love it when Jim Gordon's rushing him. He's like, how many damn mammals do I have to send? Only I get to touch a signal. When I was up there, I'm going to murder him. Oh, oh Miss Diana standing woman. right there. Miss Woman. <laughs> Wonder Miss woman. woman. Again, like, Jim meeting with the Justice League, and he's just like, I'm not used to this. This is still weird to me. Uh, yeah. And then, of uh, course, he's like, oh, yeah, I need to talk to Batman. And then Batman just, like, flies up. He's like, you know you could just use the community. She's like, ah, this is more fun. Uh, I love the way Tom King writes Wonder Woman. She uh, he writes her with a a almost like joking misogyny against men. Or like, wow, you boys look so lame when you when you're soldiers. You should leave all the fighting to the women. I'm like, that is exactly what a douchebag man would say to a girl. And I love that. Like Wonder Woman is kind of like she's like, I'm an Amazon baby, f men. I'm like, that's that's a tough lady. I appreciate yeah. you. Uh, the gentleman. Uh, oh. He guards this place. The ho- the horde is everlasting. You guys. Uh, one second is a day. So anytime you're in this parallel world, one second a day, and the and the, the gentleman did not like, tell. One second Batman. in our world is a day in 
that world. Yeah. This is some interstellar shit. Um, and you don't you don't age. No. You don't age, but time does pass. But the gentleman did not tell them that time works this way. So it turns out Batman and Wonder Woman are stuck in this place for 40 years together. Um, just doing badass shit, killing mm-hmm. demons, I almost cheating. So when, uh, so when Batman no, shows no, up in the armor, almost, almost, almost. They, were, they get close. They get really close, but Batman's like, nope, can't do it, can't do it. And even Wonder Woman's like, yeah, I got Steve, can't do it. But when Batman sh- is talking to Selena about how they offered the gentleman a break and he's taking them up on their offer offer and he shows up in a full suit of armor with a sword and she just well, looked yeah it's Batman so has never looked cooler are you kidding nope. me he's evil he's, he's straight up that guy he looks ridiculous she is and then she's like you look ridiculous or that even before something she says like i'm gonna tell clark you said that no you won't yeah um yeah even one woman's like no you kind of look silly yeah um yeah. And she even his pointy ears throughout the whole book, throughout the whole time they're fighting. She ends up, she ends up liking him. You know, you're stuck with someone for 40 years. Um, uh-huh. The side story of, of Selena and the gentleman is also really sweet because the gentleman uh, has a wife that he hasn't seen in a long time. And it's, it's this is what I, what I love about the, the, uh, issue 40 is Selena realizing what love is, not through Batman or Wonder Woman. It's through the gentleman. And the gentleman has been defending this this other reality for thousands of years, and it might only be a, a couple months or a couple years in this world. But the gentleman, that's an entire that's eternity. So when he's talking to his 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 wife, and Selena's like, "Bro, we gotta go," and and she's like, "Can I please have like can I have like one more hour?" And he's like, "How long is that for them?" And he's like, 50 years." And he's like, "Jesus, please take the time, as much time as you need." That is so heartbreaking because like yeah. she realizes how much the gentleman has gone through. To save the world for his wife, yeah. uh, I think that shit is hot, you guys. Yeah, because he's like, just give me an hour. She's like, how long? Uh, a decade? <sighs> Do it. And then we even Bruce and Wonder and uh, Diana, they're in that world, and they're and they're just like. Like just when they're eating, like oh yeah, like the scene where they almost kiss. I'm like, uh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. The end but of then, 39. It's spicy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then they're just like, I miss my dog Ace. And then she's like, yeah, I miss. I this. miss my kangaroo. You have a I kangaroo. Mean, you never talked about your kangaroo. She's like, yeah, her name is Jumpa. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I also love them making fun of uh, Superman in year nineteen. Uh, uh, how many times does he have to say it? Up, up, and away. Up, up, and away. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Um, again, like to show that both of these people um, are trapped in this alternate universe for forty years, and they have the willpower not to cheat because these are two of the the hottest people on the planet. Also, they're superheroes. Uh, like the willpower alone is like good for both of them. Because I know, I, man, I, not not willpower, nobody. Not willpower is. Willpower is Green Lantern's thing. Thank you very much. Sorry. Um, Batman's just not hoarding enough, I guess. I guess I not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, yeah. Uh, this The Gentleman, I believe, is like a new character. And like, I, I just think the premise for this two, this miniseries is really fun. The way to get Wonder Woman in while also being like a fun fantasy story. Um, and the end is really sweet because like Selena's like, how? so what happened? And he's like, you know, I was, a good, I was good, but not good enough. And she's like, just do better. And I'm like, yeah, all right, Selena. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, it was a nice little different mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Yeah. There's one. Let me see if I can find it. Um. He isn't. He is in fact a new character created for this one. Hell yeah! Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, there's a great scene. Uh, because every time uh, somebody meets Selena, they're like, "Oh, you're a criminal, right?" Because she she is. 
But Wonder Woman's like, you know, maybe I think everyone's wrong about you. I think maybe you are a hero. And I'm happy my friend has found love in you. Uh, and that's just a sweet little Wonder Woman moment. And in, in the date nights, in the, uh, sorry, the Super Friends uh, date episode, I was like, you know, you picked the winner, bud. And Bruce is like, you did too, bud. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that's really sweet. Lots of cute, wholesome moments before we get to some uh, sad family shit. <laughs> yeah, which is next. Yeah, 73, 74. Yes. And again, I wanted I wanted to pick 74 and 75 because, um, spoilers, at the end of 74, it's Thomas who leaves the cave. It's not Batman. And Thomas is the new Batman in the city of Bane. And Professor Pig is the new commissioner. And all the villains, it is... It no, is, no, no, no. Uh, sorry, Hugo Strange, Strange is the commissioner. Sorry. Pig is a cop. Yes, he, he's like... Leading. He's a pig. He's like, he's a pig. <laughs> I'm nose there. Um, but I decided to pick 73 and 74 because I think the lead up, you would need more lead up. For 74 um but yeah this is after batman's lost you it, it tells you that you don't need more information than like bane beat you you lost and i'm here don't worry baby boy my sweet baby boy bruce i'm here to save you i'm here to reunite the family this is not weird at all don't worry nothing's crazy about this situation nothing's I'm crazy about me dad. taking your taking your the dead body of your mom to this thing yes um to a to a um oh my god i was about to say a sarlacc pit oh my god a uh, lazarus pit, pit. A secret Lazarus pit that can revive you basically no matter what. Like it's his, it's the last bastion. Um, with a sacrifice. With a sacrifice, yes. Um, I I will agree with you, Sparks. I don't think the music stuff with Thomas Maine works, but I do think the conversations between Bruce and Thomas. I I eat that shit up. I eat it up because this is a conversation that we've never had. What do you do when you have your Flashpoint Batman, who is Batman, and he doesn't want his son to be Batman? They're teaming up. Like how does that work? And it turns out uh, Thomas is a big, bad, bad man. And he helps Bane to take down Batman because he just wants Bruce to be a, a little simple boy. He doesn't want him to be Batman anymore. Uh, he's also really jealous that it's like so many. Thomas is so effed up, you guys. I, I recommend reading the series just for him because that dude's so uh, this is a This is a good example of like what I was talking about in the larger sense of Tom King's run where sometimes it gets a little too pretentious for its own good. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a story they're referencing that he read to Bruce and that they tell in full in words uh they visually showed and told the same story in an earlier issue where he's chasing uh a man who shot at nightwing and when they do that kgb's yes kgb's and in that issue um the context of it doesn't really line up very well other than the sense that the story is inherently a russian children's story and kgb's is russian outside mm-hmm. of that it doesn't connect yeah it doesn't really mean anything until it's referenced again here and i'm like this is where like yeah that was cool but it didn't it was pretentious to put it there in a sense i, I don't like using that word uh, overusing the word pretentious but it, it felt very like I'm, I'm putting this here to make you think and i'm like but i don't know what the heck i'm supposed to think about yes, with no, this in connection agree. to that yeah uh, but then when it came up here i'm like oh now that story makes sense yeah 30 issues later yeah um the the music the the music things were a hard hurdle for me to kind of because I couldn't yeah. match the tone of what was being sung with the I don't I, I didn't like I didn't like him singing home on the range I didn't think it fit I agree yeah. I understand yeah. I do the fight scenes I think all the the art and stuff is great but I him singing that specific song is is odd um, I mostly picked this issue for uh, these issues for the conversations between the uh, the father and son mm-hmm. um, but man yeah like uh thomas again again like just touching on that like it didn't feel like the song informed anything connecting to who thomas is Uh it didn't it didn't feel resonant with who he is what he's thinking what he believes okay Uh, um this is me extrapolating just now home home on a range with the deer and the buffalo play where the deer and the antelope play okay home home on a range is thomas now home and he is the deer or the antelope that gets to do what he wants as batman i mean you you can i'm just i'm just throwing it out there it's not impossible but like it's 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 on a level where, like, I don't, 
I don't think, and I tried to think about it, yeah. and I don't think it informs well enough. No, I agree. Um, especially not to be used more than once. Yeah. Um, in in these issues, uh, go ahead though. No, I yeah, uh, I hundred percent agree with you. Um, I I do think the stuff where where uh, uh, Bruce is like drugged up and he's like, where are we going? Uh, and he's like, oh, that's the drugs you'll remember soon. You're the world's greatest detective, right? And he just keeps like harping on his son. He's like, oh, like or like um, the death in the desert, who is Rosal Gul's personal uh, like defense uh, at this uh, Lazarus pit, right? Uh, they keep showing up, and and Bruce keeps. Uh, uh, he's asleep during these fights, and Bruce Wayne seems like, "Wait, how do how do they keep getting past me? I'm Batman." And he's like, "Yep, you're Batman, bud. You're the best <laughs> Batman, all right." He's just he keeps shitting on his son while also like trying to help him, and it's just like, man, Thomas is so bad, you guys. He's so gross. And like after this, he takes he beats Batman up and he takes his spot because he wants he thinks he's the better Batman. Uh, he'd rather he'd rather leave his son for dead. Uh, then let him achieve his dreams in a way. It's it's really messed up. Well, he doesn't uh, want his son to be Batman. He's he like obsessed with that. Yeah. My son can't be Batman. Yeah. Uh, so he'll take the place in in order to do that, and he will work with Bane to systematically ruin his life. Because that's the point he makes. He's like, listen, Bruce, you're so you're a super strong dude. I recognize that. But I had to beat you up mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, I, every way I could to make sure you realize you're not. You shouldn't be Batman. I love you though, and that's like that's the most effed up part. Because like this is his dad doing it. Yeah. Um, and then they get stuff with the mom, like wanting to resurrect the mom to make the perfect family. Like you don't need to be Batman anymore. Look, we're both alive. Your trauma's gone. Trauma just disappears, right? That's how it works. Right. Uh, it's so it's so messed up on a personal level. Uh, again, nothing like this. Maybe except Grant Morrison's um, uh, R.I.P. run, where Thomas Wayne came back to life, but it wasn't really Thomas Wayne. Um, Doctor Hurt. It was Doctor Hurt. That that shit reminded me a lot of this, and that's that Grant Morrison shit is the good shit. Um, I do really like uh, two bits about this where Bruce is talking about how the reason that he wanted him to keep reading the story is he's like, uh, I was waiting for someone to come out. I, I wanted the story to end differently yeah. every time. I, I was holding out hope for that. And I really like that. And I also like when he's punched back into the coffin and it reveals that he buried her uh, in the it's, desert it's and his, never his chance is lost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I find, you know, when Flashpoint happens and you get Thomas Wayne, that's super cool. Then you get the button. And and Thomas Wayne's like here, and I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this, but the way Tom King goes about it, and it's like, yo, man, all the Waynes are just jacked up. They're just they got so many issues. Uh, no matter what universe you're in, they're all jacked up. Uh, and I found it very cool, except for the the music stuff. I do agree. Yeah. Um. What I what I do like is you know by by a part of this is that on some level Bruce uh knows you know you're you're my father, but you're not my father. Yeah. And if I bring back Martha. Uh, it is not your Martha. Yeah. Um, this is not your family. Yeah. There's this slight moment where I was like, <clears throat> "What happened? What happened to Martha?" And he's like, "I, I, I can't talk about it because there's a whole Brian Azzarello miniseries you can read about that horrible, mm-hmm. horrible stuff that Martha went through." Um, yeah. I, I probably could have picked better issues for these last <clears throat> two, but like, I really wanted to get the Bruce and Thomas stuff, like sure. the center of it, because um, that's what I think is really interesting about this run. Um, I think, I think this 85, 90 issues minus some issues i think is a really strong build-up kind of thing that that hickman and morrison do probably not to the to the strengths that they do but i do think it is it is a one-of-a-kind batman run that i appreciate for trying to do something different instead of just doing cookie cutter batman because this is anything but cookie cutter ben any last things about uh crazy parents no i was trying to oh man the crazy parents thing was like was because I had a feeling like when uh, Br- when Thomas was telling Bruce all those things about how he's like, yeah, you're my son. We're gonna we're gonna be together. I'm like, 
Thumbs up. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't like the way you're because this is because like, because I I did I was able to read that Flashpoint Batman miniseries and I know what happened to Martha like so I don't know why she's dead but I was like I know that Martha is messed up in yeah top. you do wait she dies at the end of the miniseries oh yeah you're right it's, it's been a long time dude it's been like ten years it's it's been a while since I last read it just saying whole, yeah but the whole time um, I mean seeing uh thomas and bruce together at first I'm like oh this is great this is a great for a lot of some time but then i was like but yeah but thomas wayne is really messed up like really messed up up in the head so especially when they when they started talking about the the storybook about all those um the animals getting stuck in the pit and eating each other and the fox tricking them all tricking the pig i was like there's some correlation here and i don't like it Someone, this is not going to end well for any for anyone. Whoever gets out of that pit, someone's someone. I mean, now that I know that it's Thomas who got out of the pit, because I was really hoping Bruce was going to get out of the pit. Me too. No. And you had that next issue of like the setup of City of Bane issue one. Um, I think that's a dope issue. And it's just like it it is the the villain taking over the city thing in like a Arkham City esque way, but it doesn't feel like post apocalyptic. Where like a lot of them kind of feel that way a lot of times. Um. Mm -hmm. He's trying to have some order while still being the worst person on the planet. Yeah. Um, the yeah. Thing, there, was the, there was the forever evil uh, Arkham War, which ba- when Bane took over Gotham. Oh, yeah. Was that at the same time? That was the story of Forever Evil. Oh, the, sorry. The, the forever Evil, not uh, uh, the, the year of the villain or whatever. Okay, no, gotcha. that was the yeah. year Forever right, Evil. Where just, Bane becomes Batman for a bit. Yes, yeah. I do remember that from New 52. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did want to say about all the books that we read for, or all the issues that we read for this, it made me really want to start getting more into Tom King's Batman run because I've always been interested in starting Tom King's Batman run. I just know there's a whole lot of books, and I and since they're all out in trades, I just have to hunt down those trades. Not a big problem. I like I like looking down. I like hunting down trades. But now, but there's one of those things is before. But if before this, I was like, "Oh yeah, someday I'm gonna. It's gonna happen." After today, now it's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna find some Batman trades. I'm gonna find the Tom King Batman trades. If I could get the entire Tom King Batman run, or at least read it, and then uh, once the Batcat stuff starts coming out, I'm good." Yeah, I am yeah. still very excited about the Batcat Phantasm stuff I'm for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm very excited about it, especially as follow up to this. Um, yeah. I I think that. Uh, I, I just really appreciate whenever a writer, even if uh, even if I don't like everything about it, uh, when they clearly have like something they want to say with their run, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of the reasons why the initial rebirth uh, stuff for Superman was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they really wanted to say something about who Superman was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite on this like extent of a, a journey that uh, Bruce is supposed to go on with Tom King's run, but it's a um, journey, all right. But it's always nice when it's like that. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I, I like the choices you made, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next week, it's my turn. I don't know what I'm going to do. I had it, but I forgot it. So I'll announce it on social. Hell yeah. Other than that, next week, we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music, a proper review, guys, the new movie. Ex- it's like, excellent. <laughs> And hopefully New Mutants. We'll see. I'm still not convinced that movie's even coming out. Oh my god, it's happening! Did you, real quick, I already told him, did you guys see any of the New Mutants spoilers that have recently come out? No. no. Okay, good. Just try to avoid it for a week. I saw it. Did you? Is it I'm cool? Like, 
Yeah, it's really cool. I'm confused. Me too. So uh, try, try not to look it up, but there's right. a character. You should know me by now. I avoid spoilers like the plague. Yes, um, but it just happened to me on Twitter. Like people are just retweeting it. But there's some stuff that's very exciting. Maybe <laughs> I, I hopefully. I'm so excited for that movie if it's real. <laughs> All right, we're gonna try and do this before I cut out again. <gasps> um, <laughs> we have our YouTube page. If you're watching this. Please make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. We got a couple new subscribers this week, so welcome. Um, we have another show, Fake Nerds Watch, on this channel, which we are currently going to go through uh, Lovecraft Country. We will also do Umbrella Academy uh, coming soon. And um, maybe the boys will talk about it. Oh, we'll definitely do a season wrap discussion. It won't be immediate, but we will do a season uh, two discussion on the boys. Oh yeah. Um, we also have basement arcade, uh, which you guys just put up the Avengers stuff. Yes. Yes. Good night, yes. Mag. Thanks Mag. Uh, Thanks, good night, Mag. Yeah, have night, a good, Mag. good night to you too. And party um, on dude. Party on dude. Yeah. Cause it said be excellent to each other. I saw. Um, so the basement arcade uh, of the Avengers multiplayer and single player for the beta are up now. Yeah. More man, basement if you guys uh, are, are curious about that Avengers game and you're not sold on it, watch one of the videos. Because um, I think a, a lot of us are more sold on it than we were before. So check it out. And uh, we also have our Fake Nerd Book Club, which we are currently going through Power Rangers. We didn't get Volume 2 and 3 recorded last week. Uh, maybe this week. We'll see. You know, we have, uh, lives are starting to pick up now. So it's a little little tricky. Yeah. We also have a Patreon. Uh, link in the description for our Patreon, if you're if you're listening to this, our YouTube videos are in the link in the description. Um, we have a the two tiers on Patreon, a five dollar tier and the twenty five dollar tier. Thank you to Joey Zahn for the five dollar tier. Uh, we also have T Public, a lot of cool shirts, bread and butter, Victor Book Club, Victor Podcast, Suburban Proctologist. Want that shirt? Uh, that's all on on our uh, T Public page. Link in the description, or you can go to our website www.fakenerpodcast.com. I just put up a new article on that site. Check out links to everything we got going on. And we also still have our Fickner podcast masks, which are in the description below. Still got a couple guys. They are they are running out. So get 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 yours while they're hot. Let's beat this thing right here. I know our uh, audio listeners won't be able to see, but yeah, still got mine. Uh, yes, please. Uh, I went to see people today, and I'm. Very uncomfortable in social situations now. Wear your mask. Let me go outside. <laughs> uh, hey, so don't, hey, don't don't if you don't don't go to restaurants. Just don't. Save Please. Ryan. Don't go to Save. restaurants. Just don't go to I restaurants. I mean, go go and pick up your food and then take it home. DoorDash, Grubhub. Yeah. Don't don't be there. We live in Silicon California. We're in the middle of a heat wave. Don't go outside. All those links are in the description below. So check go take a look. All right, guys. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to people who are watching this. Uh, thank you to Jimmy Bellucci for our interim music. If you're listening to this on the audio and you've listened to the theme song and our interim music, all great stuff. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. He also does a podcast called Suburban Proctologist. Uh, you can find that on iTunes. There's nine episodes out now. Very funny. He does it all mostly by himself. Uh, you can find that at facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist official or Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike, you've done three logos for us now. Uh, Fictor Podcast, Miscellaneous Book Club. You're great. We love you. Um, he got a crib. He built a crib. I thought he built it for himself. 
Yeah. I was like, Mike, are you I pregnant? Too. I, th- I saw it too. I'm like, is your wife having a baby? What? Nope. Baby Matola. Uh, you can find him, him at uh, Mike Matola. All right. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for us, all at Fickner Podcast. Fickner, guys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BenMagnet27. It's really late right now, so I don't know if I'm going to write that article tonight, but it is going to come up hopefully before Wednesday or sooner. I don't know, but it will be up this week. Sparkles? Uh, you can find me going back to school at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty, and also hoping for the best for everyone suffering from the wildfires raging across our state, yeah. uh, specifically in Brandon and I's home area. Yes. Michael Carls of the Downright Nerdy Podcast wasn't on our Downright Annoyed movies because he was fighting fires on Saturday. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, Ryan? It's me. <clears throat> Today is the birthday of a man who has taught me before better than any teacher I've ever learned. Lessons of freedom, loyalty, connection. Kojima showed me another face of this world, and until my death, I owe him. Happy birthday, man of video game. Happy birthday, Hideo Kojima. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you're watching this, like and subscribe. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Until next week, guys, stay fake nerds.